How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Hammer to Crash Course podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign, KI6NAZ. And I'm Leia, KN6NWZ. Sometimes I forget the opening. Let's get started, shall we? Boy, man. Last week was a roller coaster. This week's all right, though. It's pretty chill. This week. Or should I say, how are you doing, Leia? <laughs> I don't even know what happened. I have no idea. Podcasts you know, are you know, weird, man. Do you know how quickly I jumped on, like, trying to mess with the settings so that it would get fixed and i couldn't immediately make it happen thank you to everyone in the hrcc podcast channel of the hrcc discord Mm -hmm. for telling us that we sounded like two jabas talking to each other (laughs) Uh, okay so let's let's diagnose this a bit because for some people you're like i don't even know what's happening so I like problems that fail completely or don't fail at all. That's my I like way it that to roll. Don't fail at all. No, like if That's it's gonna like... fail, I want it to fail right up front and be like obvious, and then we can just fix it and we can move on. I have done failures on my own where I posted the podcast wrong, and I fixed it, re-uploaded it. We're good to go. The problem with this issue is only Spotify. And oddly enough, Podbean's own embedded player. On Android, though. On Android specifically. Right. Had this problem where he sounded like Huts. Yeah. Right? Like Java. Everyone else is fine. So if you had a traditional, what I would call a podcast player, where you actually go to the RSS feed and download the audio mm-hmm. to a player, like I do on my phone, yeah. No problems. If you were using a service other than Spotify that will like live stream, you know, it will buffer and live stream the yeah. pods so you're not storing it locally, mm-hmm. you were fine too. Spotify, for some reason, got wild. They got jiggy with it and decided to super slow it down and then make it so that you couldn't fast forward. <laughs> so you, you, were, you were locked in, baby. That was it. Spotify was like, they this were is how ins- we're doing it. They were insistent on an eight-hour podcast. They were like... We, we podcast is not long enough. You, podcast is you team. have decided for us. You thought team one X crew was <laughs> the 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 most legit. How about point two five crew? <laughs> That's where Spotify rolls right now. That's how much of a fan they are of the long form podcast. They were like, we've told you they need to be longer. We will do it for you. So what's what's the most interesting part about all this is Podbean is also relatively proactive. They started emailing us saying people are commenting that the podcast has problems. No, I emailed no, no, no. Podbean that. No, 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 no. They also sent me an automated email. They sent you an automated email of what I sent them. Also yours. Yes, there's literally a couple of email threads that I have from different people from their actual comments that they typed. Like, why that did you Podbean screw up my podcast? Yeah. <laughs> so Podbean's like, yeah, man, what's wrong with your podcast? And I'm like, I don't know, Podbean. It's a podcast. <laughs> it's the That's audio your file. black magic. It, it's audio file or nothing from my, it's like nerf or nothing. You serve them the audio file. They download it and play it. And I'm done. We're done, right? Yeah. And they're like, oh, what's the problem exactly? What are they saying specifically? So I was literally well, taking- Well, we sound like Jabba's. That's the problem. <laughs> and I said specifically on your player and Spotify. 
And I was literally taking screenshots mm -hmm. from the Discord and from the comments and sending them via email on what people were experiencing. And they were like, oh, okay, that's kind of unexpected. Uh, we'll look into it. And then the whole weekend went by and I said, yo, dog, what's up? And they're like, oh, uh, one of our advanced technicians did something. That was the last that I heard on this. So I don't even know if the last podcast is You're good telling on Spotify. Me that they had an advanced technician that is an undercover agent from NOAA. No, he's that like a Jedi. To... He's a Jedi. He speaks hut. He <laughs> he knows how to deal. Or he's or he's a bounty hunter or something. <laughs> a Mandalorian. I don't know. But uh, yeah, he, he figured it out. I, I don't know. But I don't know that it's fixed because I don't use Spotify. I mean, I guess I could pull up Spotify right now and, and try and listen to it. But um, yeah. Why? But I tried it on Spotify. And it sounded okay? Yeah, but I am on Oh, right. Apple, you have to be on Android. And I don't have Android. Wow. But yet another reason why Apple's better. Until next week when we sound right. like Java's on the Apple But then we, we sound, we're actually sped up on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apple, on the other hand, does not suffer long <laughs> podcasts. And they're like, you got to wrap it up. You got to, you got to sort this whole thing up. We have been told from our market research that 2X. Noah has informed us. Yeah. <laughs> that you've been talking trash. It was actually Sterling. <laughs> right. Sterling kept writing in telling us. <laughs> so guys, we apologize. This is a long open to to express our <laughs> so sorry sadness that you had to experience the podcast in that form. Or I guess uh, you're welcome because it was quite funny for some of you. Thank um, you to the three to four thousand people that stuck it through. <laughs> even though, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know the, the the listens on that are probably tanked. But you know what can you do? It is what it is. But anyway, thanks so much. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, although we have already kicked off the Hammer Radio Crash Course podcast, we like to kick off the Hammer Radio Crash Course podcast with the Hammer Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And today's Hammer Radio Minute is, we're all APRS now. What? We're all APRS now. I'm APRS? You're APRS. You're APRS? I'm APRS. The kids are APRS? We're all APRS. Now, okay, this is a dumb way of just saying, hey, uh, I made a video. It, it's actually got some legs under it looking at the analytics on youtube like it's people really like it so great i love that what i was talking about was aprs enabled radios i think we've talked about that on the podcast leah right handhelds specifically was the topic of discussion and they're like the for the longest time aprs enabled handhelds specifically of the japanese manufacturer right usually the most expensive handhelds they get a lot of interest because it's like the the new hotness right and two of the radios i talked about completely discontinued but what i want to remind people and everybody in the hammer in a minute is that your radio has three things going for it one an audio out port on most of them in the form of a 3.5 millimeter jack an audio in port in the form of a 3.5 millimeter jack sometimes different kenwood likes to be different sometimes and then on the mic port, there's actually a ring or tip or however they have it wired to PTT your radio. So your radio is just a little audio in-out device, if you get right down to it, that will listen for the, you know, take the demodulated audio, but then any audio in, it will modulate that into RF and, and shoot it out over the antenna. So your radio is just kind of like a little pew pew. It's like a little wireless modem if you think about it. Not not really. Don't don't at me in the in the emails and the comments and all that. But 
So you can plug your radio into anything that knows how to handle that incoming and outgoing audio, and you can do all the things with it. You can do data modes. You can do WinLink email. You can do APRS, and you can do it with a Baofeng. It doesn't have to be the high-speed, low-drag, super-expensive HDs. You can get something very inexpensive, and that's that was the point of this, is that technically every radio you have and it's currently in your control, likely a Baofeng or something like that, you really just need an audio in-out capability and some way to PTT the radio. And you can do APRS with a little cheap tablet, which I've uh, talked about and uh, we've we've covered on the videos. So, yeah. We're, You're saying you don't even need APRS on board. Everything you don't, APRS. You don't, you don't have to have it. And in some cases, it's actually nicer to use something like a tablet or a laptop because you've got the big screen to see the full screen map. You can see everybody all out on the map displayed, which is really nice. So anyway, that was the point of that. So hopefully um, hopefully everybody considers taking a bit of a deep dive into APRS because I, I think you really will for, find it rewarding. Now bring the beer. Today I um, mixed up some more soda water and ginger ale and Coke and I just threw a shot of vodka in there. So that's our drink. That's it. That's all there is today. Wow. Soda stream. Yeah, I I don't know. The, the instructions say specifically to put the the juice in, the flavored juice, after, juice. right, after uh -huh. you carbonate. But I'm thinking put it, it in before. It, it makes it um, flat when you add it after. It does flatten it, it like, considerably. But from if I remember correctly, when people tried to carbonate alcohol mm -hmm. in the soda stream, that caused an explosion. There's a guy who's made a ton of videos. I think it's Big Clive. Big Clive's done a bunch of videos on carbonating alcohol, like wine. He's carbonated Jägermeister, which if you can carbonate Jägermeister, I'm going to go ahead and go out and say, you're probably all right. You, you probably can. It can probably handle it. So I may have to consider trying it at least once. So mm, Can you try it outside? Just, nah. You know. Nah. Nah. I don't think so. I think we're good. No, you're going to try this outside. I want you. Eh, all right. I'll consider it. Join the conversation by leaving a review on the Apple podcast for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. Specifically Apple podcast because apparently it's the only one that the podcast is playing on. So, hey, thanks for <laughs> listening. And or emailing us at leia at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious, and we appreciate it. And today, Leah, we have a review. <gasps> so, we do? Is it about so a oddly enough, like our, our Java, our Java <laughs> podcast episode got a review, but our normal podcast of the last two weeks didn't get actually Next three time, weeks. Gollum mode. It's <laughs> <laughs> my thing, but I don't know why you sound like... <laughs> Mr. Smithers. <laughs> Some Smeagol, Mr. Smithers. <laughs> it's my D74. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I don't know. I'm just exploring the space. You gotta go. It's my precious. <laughs> this is from KE5ADX. Have you seen Lord of the Rings, dude? Uh, yeah, and read it. <laughs> this is from KE5ADX. Tune up Cell Tower. Awesome podcast series. I finally got caught up and really love Congratulations. your... Congratulations! That's quite the accomplishment. <laughs> and really love your life interactions. One quick question, though. 
when I connect the coax core to the tower and the wire shielding to the ground. Uh, yeah, hypothetically, though, you're probably going to want to use uh, some kind of an antenna match system, like an antenna tuner or something like that. And you're going to let that do the work. Because I doubt even if you had a an antenna tuner inside your radio, like a three-to-one variety, it probably won't just tune up a tower of, of any sort. I could be wrong. You'll, you'll, you can take out your uh, antenna analyzer and check, but generally, yeah, you have some kind of radial system, um, and then you have the center connector go to the tower itself. But of course, that depends on the makeup of the tower. It depends on how isolated the tower is. AM towers are... Um, the whole tower is part of the antenna, so um, don't do this with. Mo you know, be careful! Don't don't go fry yourself. <laughs> I guess is the point. So I know it was probably a joke, but I got to get that warning out there. Okay. Are you ready? Well, thank you so much for the review. Are you ready? Thank you Are for you the ready? reviews. Thank Are you. you. Into the unknown I will go, for I shall fear no man of peace. One foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. Okay, this is the preparedness corner, where Leia introduces us to some wackadoo concept in this the world is, of personal preparedness. That's true. And I wasn't going to go r slash preppers today. But how could you not? Except this is from user Tony Stark 29 So I was like, who am I to deny the best superhero? That's right. <laughs> In Marvel, well, anyway. She, I, don't know, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore with the voices. My voice thing is just completely cracked. I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't know what that turned into Jordan Peterson. You really I, broke some things I, in I, your brain. I did. My brain's broken. Either you know. either we're having a, a carbon monoxide issue in our house mm -hmm. or we're severely sleep deprived because my brain is mush today. That's not good. I, I was at a board meeting. And I'm typing the notes as mm -hmm. we talk. And I'm literally, as I'm speaking, I'm typing different words. Oh, that's not good. And then, and then I have to go back and erase them and type in the right word. And then when you looked up, you were in the lumber section at Home Depot. <laughs> like, how did I even get here? They're closed. <laughs> I am sleep deprived, though. Yeah, yeah, you uh, are. Like, extremely disjointed sleep. Um, but because I'm working on a deadline, right? I'm done though. So, <gasps> yeah, I, it's, it's, I, it's a clappy. Aside, no. <laughs> However you want to yeah. play this one, really up to you. Uh, so I was working on the deadline, which means I have to stay up late, but then I still have to get up in the morning to get the kids ready. Yeah. So it's been brutal, but um. All I want to do now is sleep. I bet. I just, I used to think that my dream day was like getting up, going for a hike, then having some brunch with bottomless mimosas. Oh my God, a little day and drinking. Then, and then go, uh, go <laughs> shopping wow. at like Crate and Barrel, maybe some restoration hardware, uh, mm -hmm. Zara. Oh, Zara. Wow. Yeah. Um, and then get a massage. Wow. That's you know? a lot in a day. Man. Yeah. And then go to dinner, fully relaxed. Mm -hmm. Now my dream day 
is not waking up for all day. <laughs> just gonna... I think we call that depression. <laughs> I think that's just... what it's known as. <laughs> I just want to be fully rested. I mean, I guess I could get a massage while I'm sleeping. <laughs> that would be probably okay. I slept in the. I took a nap in the massage chair today. Was it great? Yeah. I'm still like we're still in the world of the massage chair being broken so it doesn't recline Mm -hmm. which is it could be way better if you could hit that zero G spot like it's supposed to yeah and then you just float and get the massage because you're like laying on the massage thing so it's even deeper Mm -hmm. and then I would I would be able to sleep in that no problem wow I mean human hands massaging me while I I'm I'm fine with a robot (laughs) it's not the same to me okay But I'm glad you have the robot. Yes. (laughs) All right. So Tony Stark asks, what is the most efficient, the size efficient emergency food? That is the smallest amount that will last you the longest. Um, And uh, he references in Lord of the Rings, there's a fictional bread. Or (laughs) lamnus. That one bite would be enough to fill your stomach. I know this is impossible, but what is the closest thing in real life? Yeah, that's the joke in the Lord of the Rings when they leave uh, Gladriel's kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gives them a bunch of, I think it's lamnus bread. Mm-hmm. And they weren't given the instructions that you're just supposed to take one bite <laughs> and it fills your stomach for the whole day. And I think Larry and Pip, uh, Larry, uh, Pippin and Mary had like two each, the whole bar. <laughs> And then the, did they have to poop or? They're like seagulls. They exploded from the inside if you give them Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> Just like that. Same concept. So obviously, uh, lumbus bread, lambus, lumb- Lam- lambic bread is uh, probably an offshoot of uh, hardtack. <laughs> hardtack is not a good survival food. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think? people would suggest in this arena uh lembus lembus bread so i i, I said it wrong Lem, lembus lembus bread obviously beignets uh, for... <laughs> <laughs> uh there would be two routes i would go uh, it, okay it, it i guess it depends like if you're if you're not going anywhere and you don't need portability it's it is that's a part of the question is portability it's the smallest serving with the most calories. Oh. Pemmican. Yes, people suggested uh, pemmican. Someone said, I recently learned that people have fought and lost their lives fighting over pemmican. Have you ever eaten pemmican? Yeah. Disgusting. No, it's Disgusting. not. I hate pemmican. Do you know what do you know what pemmican, like what it is though? It has currants in it. It doesn't have to. In, in no like, way. Isn't it, it just like fat and protein? It's tallow and, and usually mashed up beef jerky. It's all mashed up together. Yeah. I'd so just it, it rather just adds the fat. Beef jerky. Well, so the whole concept of, of these food stuffs that you carry with them, right? What are they trying to do? They're trying to remove the water. Mm-hmm. If there's moisture, it, it creates a situation where there will be rot. <coughs> so you... You dry the beef to take the moisture out, Mm -hmm. which lightens it, makes it harder to eat to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. But you still get the protein. But you still need fats, too. A human needs fats, particularly Mm -hmm. if you're working really hard. And so they they reintroduce the fat in the form of tallow, which has had, again, the water removed so that it's altogether a little bit more shelf-stable. 
Mm-hmm. And there's some kind of magic mixture in there that I'm not, I don't remember, but I, I generally I'm okay with it. So apparently the highest calorie food by volume is oil, but oil okay. goes rancid. Right. Right. Uh, honey lasts a long time. Uh, it, technically it has no. No fat or protein though. No fat or protein. And could get you, uh, what's the botulism? Get botched. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, the moms in the OC just rubbing it on their face. Yeah. <laughs> Grabbing bees, trying to manually sting themselves. Could I do that? That would save me a lot of money on mm-hmm. Botox. No. I don't think I've ever been stung by a bee, so I actually don't know if I'm allergic. Let's avoid that one then. No. <laughs> I should just go hang out at my mom's house for like all day. Just wait. <laughs> wait for the bee sting. <laughs> no. We're good, man uh peanut butter peanut butter fat high in fat protein calories somebody says honey has plenty of protein if you don't remove the bees first (laughs) that's funny uh oh somebody else recommended pemmican yeah but using grass-fed or wild animals only what who cares I mean, in that sense, it's not. It doesn't really matter. It's a you want a you want a protein, a high high grade protein. That's it, mixed with fat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nuts in general, but okay. somebody suggested Ritz peanut butter crackers. Huh. Okay. I mean, there's two things you're looking for, right? I mean, what what do humans need, right? Particularly if they're out hiking and moving around a lot. Carbohydrate. They need they need carbohydrate to turn into sugar. They need proteins to not degrade their their muscles, right, over time, and they need the fats as well. Mm-hmm. And of course, water. But we're not talking about that. So carbohydrate you can get in easier forms than you can the proteins and fats, technically, mm-hmm. right? That's why. You know, there's the whole, like, they, they starved on eating rabbits. Right. Because rabbits have no fat. Mm-hmm. They're all lean muscle, like 100%, right? Stuff like that, right? So nuts actually do have fats. Mm-hmm. So avocado. You know, uh, the thing that I think of when this comes up is that brick that's in the kids' survival kits. Mm-hmm. I've got those little, little, the easier storage ones they're they're individually wrapped yeah uh are those lifeboat rations kind of yeah okay well there we go you think dear listener of something that is smallest biggest bang for the space food and you let us know i could see going lumber spread i could see going with those survival bars and like pemmican just to balance it out all right you still need some vitamins, too. So, you know, something to think about. Anyway, you can email us at layathamtactical.com if you have thoughts, preparedness thoughts, on this topic. What's happening? The staircase has changed, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. And before we start our ascent of the Ham Radio Crash Course Email Correspondence Tower, a mention of Hagrid, rest in peace. 
Oh, the actor who Hagrid. played Hagrid in the Harry Potter movies has passed away. So that's that's a sad one. So, all right, we have, I guess, entered the courtyard of the email correspondence tower. To your left is the shipping and receiving department. I have not gone to the post office, so we will just we'll just leave that closed for today. And to your right, we have the voicemail annex. These uh, this location is full of reel to reel players. <laughs> dictaphones and fisher price microphone <laughs> speaker combos that will accept uh, cassette tapes and those cassette tapes are delivered to us via a series of pneumatic tube and carrier pigeon do the carrier pigeons go in the pneumatic tube yes <laughs> that's exactly uh, the occasional bow fang will get sent through the tubes too, but they're just, it really takes out some pigeons. <laughs> it just murders everything on the way. So uh, sometimes people can't get their voicemail in. That's why errant bow fang in the pneumatic tube system. We still don't know how this is happening. I'm Blade Podbean, obviously, for the distribution on this one. Um, so yeah, there you go. And Leah, if someone wanted to get a uh, get their audio turned into a cassette. Or uh, Edison vinyl wax tube, yeah. Or a reel-to-reel mm. recording. Mm -hmm. What what would what phone number would they use? Five six two three three four two three eight nine. Excellent, excellent. All right, and away we go. Hi, Leah. MB for your barometer millibar. Many barometers. Mucho. As it goes up, means you're going to get rain. That's what MD stands for. Millibar. We know. Thank you. We looked it up. <laughs> did we do it live? Yes. We did. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for reiterating. That man obviously had to pull over immediately. <laughs> to voicemail because we answered our own question on that episode maybe maybe that's the only so java he could understand though you know yeah that's... as a as a barometer inspector i was very oh upset. my god i have so much to do i need to get information out about my brand but all these social media posts are so stressful why are you making it such a big deal just advertising a podcast does that really work? Yes. Podcast advertising is, is one of the most effective ways to advertise. And it's easy. I don't listen to it. Just go to podbean.com forward slash brands. The I have to try this. P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com forward slash brands. I'm on it. So, guys, I thought I would... Get the <laughs> ad in there for you. Great so you cold read. Um, allow Nathan, you. this week to be wrecked by the advertising somehow. Um, and I'm sh I'm not blaming you guys. I'm blaming Podbean. Um, well, and, uh, we, we know much. we can this blame Podbean. One Mike Alpha Zulu. Thank you, Nathan. Thank we you. know we can blame Podbean because many people got it fine. Right. <laughs> I don't run Spotify. <laughs> I don't run this system. The, the, once I upload it and I do my little doobly-doo in the description, I'm done. But also, I could I'm not, done. for the life of me, figure out how to turn off the ads. I could, like, 
I tried removing all the ad placements. Yeah. And it didn't fix it. Look, I, I think <laughs> I don't know how to I don't know how to make this funny, but how many hours do we spend on this thing? If they send us a couple of bucks, I'm okay with it. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, but but what I'm saying is that remove. First of all, it wouldn't let me remove the ads. <laughs> like, no, you're locked in. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. And then I was like, Podbean, fix this. <laughs> like, you're my only hope. <laughs> Podbean, take me away. I. Um, it's funny that you said I don't listen to the podcast. I also do not listen to the podcast mainly because i'm in it right? right but also because i'm i think it's kind of like how there are some um people who are like on tv shows mm -hmm. that never watch the tv show yeah because i will sit there and cringe at myself yeah yeah it, yeah, for sure it's yeah. not it um that that's a real thing by the way there, there's that's one of the reasons why people don't last on youtube is they hate the sound of their own voice mm -hmm. or they hate the, or they're constantly like over editing themselves and they're constantly doing a thing. Right. That's if you can't do it, just, just don't listen to it. Right. Like don't be the editor, figure out a solution where someone else can edit mm -hmm. it, you know, that whole thing. And then just don't listen to it ever. And then you're fine. There you go. Yeah. Solutions. I think so, but. We do appreciate you listening to it. We do. And it's okay if you cringe for us. Yes. I just... <laughs> Immediately pull your car over and send a voicemail. <laughs> but for me, I uh, I cringe at myself. It's, it's not... I good. feel like my days of doing that are long gone. Yeah. I mean, I still cringe at myself on some things, but it's... I don't know. I cringe at you sometimes. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure lots of people do. But I, I guess I just don't care. Oh. I've had that beaten out of me a long time ago. <laughs> That's so like a, of you. Like a tasty, tasty goat. <laughs> <laughs> Which is still one of my favorite stories of all time. So everybody knows my... Uh, I'm positive we talked about this on the podcast, beating I, the goat. I'm just going to have to bring it up again okay. because it's been so long it's that so I don't remember if we funny, talked funny about story. it. Funny, funny story. Yeah. But uh, my parents are immigrants, right? Right. They, they went from... Vietnam. Refugee camp to refugee camp. But they started right? in Vietnam. Yes. Yeah. Um, and my, my mom and dad told us a story about how uh certain countries get goat not to smell gamey <laughs> like to taste gamey right yes and it's by putting the goat in a bag and beating it <laughs> and once it's been thoroughly beaten it just it's not gamey anymore <laughs> Just eat it. And I think it was in the context of us eating goat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And them saying, oh, they didn't beat this one. <laughs> I, I think it was, it was literally that line. And I went like, hold up. <laughs> I think your brother was there, too. And he I, and I were on the floor. The, the, thing that, the thing that got me is they never were really explicit on whether this was before or after the goat was killed. <laughs> That was the thing I didn't understand. Like, no, they didn't they just, answer it. Are they? Just, yeah, they, are they just chasing a goat around the stick, just beating it? It's senseless? in a bag already, though. Well, okay, that's not much of a sport then, <laughs> to the goat. 
there's no chance for the goat to to get out of this one and i was like i i think i'd just rather the goat to be gamey it's, like, it's fine yeah. if you could avoid if the... you put enough curry on anything it's gonna be fine guys all right you know the... and the other thing that i thought about when i was listening to that story is much like much like the the you know dudes all get together right smoking weed and somebody goes you know who's the man who like went around smoking plants until he found the one that got you high <laughs> who figured out that if you beat a goat no 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 that's not the funny <laughs> oh. part the funny part is so like how many hours did you beat this goat <laughs> What was a sweet spot like, for the goat beating? Was there a point of diminishing returns in the goat beating, <laughs> my guy? That's like that's the part that cracked me up. I'm like, so was this just like you're on this Malaysian island, got nothing better to do than beat a bunch of goats? Like, what are we doing? Is this like an underground goat fighting ring that we've got going? You don't talk about goat club, okay? Like, how did you know it just wasn't naturally a less gamey goat? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like... Diet? No. Of course not. <laughs> no. It was the... Well, how we discovered it was one particular goat fell off of a very tall cliff. And his meat was the best meat of all the goats. Have you ever heard of milking a cucumber? <laughs> Is this a not safe for podcast thing? No. So what are we talking? Whoa. So okay. you know, sometimes cucumbers can be bitter, right? But the way that you get a cucumber to not be bitter is you cut off like a part of the end. Yeah. Right, like a, a small part of the end. Uh huh. And then you rub that small part on to the end you cut it off of. Right. Uh huh. Until milk starts coming out. Leia, you have to stop. <laughs> you just... Where? What? Did you hear this? I saw it. I, I saw it myself. And then I tried it and it works. It takes all the bitterness out of the cucumber. It's like all of all of that milk is actually the bitterness. Yeah. And then the cucumber's way more relaxed. <laughs> yeah. For the rest of the prepared... Yes. Prepared. And I also wonder who figured that out. Ah, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So, wow, Leah. <laughs> up to the last voicemail for I guess for if, today. If you had to ask me how I'd like to go out, <laughs> by goat or by cucumber, <laughs> I'll go with the cucumber, I guess. But you get the tip cut off. And then, oh, you're right. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to rethink this. And then tune in next week for for Josh's decision, Sophie's choice. Aside. <laughs> Seventy-three. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that okay. I was like, man, this is going on a little bit long. <laughs> you know who also has like no concept of whether he's cringy or not? Nathan. <laughs> like me. Just like me. We just send it. Full send. I'm kidding. That was not cringy. That was very funny. Best way yeah, to wrap that was that hilarious. One up. Thank you so much. <laughs> Good use of the uh voicemail net there. <laughs> that was yeah. Didn't cool. fully time the repeater out. All right. Now we will ascend. Oh, it's time to go up the email tower. It's it's our weekly cardio. That's it. <laughs> Wouldn't it be good if we did this podcast while on treadmills? No, there'd be a bunch of <laughs> motor noises in the background. What if we just did it on like, what if we had under the desk um, bicycle thingies, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the pedally thing. Yeah, absolutely. And we just like pedal the whole time. Uh huh. And so it would really sound like we were you know getting what? winded. You know what I I remember when I was like uh, when I was riding to work. Do you have one of work, those? Is how like I was really good at having a conversation while I was riding <laughs> to work. I was really good at it. Do you have one of those? What those bicycle things that go under the desk so you can pedal while you work? No, those are stupid. Why? You take the little ones that just sit on the ground with the pedals? Yeah. Oh, those are horrible. And then you just oh god, but you keep no. moving. You know what I mean? No, I'm doing it right now. It just sounds fine, right, everybody? <laughs> horrible. Uh, Absolutely horrible. Fine. The next email, or rather the first email. The next email. <laughs> it's all just one big email course this hour, if you think about it. It's actually, it's continually being built. Our entire life this is, is how... all one big email correspondence tower. <laughs> the tower is actually Everyone's life. how you do EME. <laughs> it's, we'll get to the moon. The body, yeah, to the moon. Yeah, we're going to get there before yeah. <laughs> uh, Dogecoin. <laughs> Diamond hands. <laughs> what? Do you know the guy who was like, he, he got so rich off of Doge. Yeah. But he was like, I'm going to hold it till it reaches a dollar. <laughs> My guy. <laughs> diamond hands. <laughs> what does diamond hands mean? What do you. That means you don't sell. Diamond hands. Don't be paper hands. Be diamond hands. This is a stock term, I'm assuming. That's no, this is, this is a Reddit stock manipulation. Don't you remember when the. Um, yeah, uh, it was Wall Street Bets or whatever. Yeah. Dude, Wall Street <laughs> Bets was the coolest. <laughs> I used to watch videos on people like retelling the stories of Wall Street Bets, how people like they were breaking websites because they figured out that they could get like free credits for trades. They got some nominal dollar amount mm -hmm. and they would put that amount into penny stocks uh -huh. and then they would just bought it. So they were making like thousands of trades uh-huh getting a, a fraction of a cent per trade oh and they were just bumping up their portfolio based off of volume wow just massive amounts of trades right uh-huh getting like fraction of a fraction of a cent per trade yeah right even and, and it was like all it was like a margin call involved in it too or something like that but anyway isn't this the premise behind office space <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. It, basically yeah 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 yeah. well technically superman 2 but <laughs> very funny but uh diamond hands came from wall street bets when it was like the GameStop. what what yeah. else was and it? uh 
Regal Cinemas. AMC. AMC, that's it. And and Blockbuster. <laughs> and people were like, Diamond Hands to the moon. To the moon. People I, just people don't understand resistance lines. Like they don't Well, no, it's so part of the part of the hilarity and my story on Wall Street Bets predates all the shenanigans with with bumping up those sure. businesses. Part of the joke with Wall Street Bets was pointing out that at the end of the day, Ponzi scheme's too strong of a word, but it's all a facade. Like they just had enough people that they were able to take businesses that shouldn't exist and pump them up. The fact Blockbuster existed and they were actually able to make it something that where people were trading at value for a while. I, I feel like you actually don't understand what happened. <laughs> I absolutely do. There were large amounts of short positions on these stocks. Yes. And when you have a short position, mm -hmm. that position has to at one point be paid. Yes. So no matter what, they had a large number of uh, like stocks that had to be purchased. Right. So they, they were hedge fund managers that were shorting the stock yeah. and they bumped the stock prices up to make them lose money. Right. That's they also weren't part trading of the, at value. No, that, but that's also part of the joke. They did actually trade at value because the stock price as a byproduct of all this pump that was happening did go up. That's not value. Okay. Well, technically, there's no value in a stock. Yes, there is. Okay. Because how do you theoretically? Okay. Well, okay. Theoretically, here we go. <laughs> that's how you can only describe value when it comes to a stock is theoretically. <laughs> It is the company's assets. Yes. Divided by the amount of outstanding shares. That yes. is the value of a stock. Correct. Now, the wonky part is kind of like when someone, <clears throat> a bunch of people go in and inflate it arbitrarily. It's like goodwill. Like, what is <laughs> there's this made up number? The point of their what they were doing was very much to point out what hedge fund managers do. Oh, 100%. And people with massive portfolios that pump stocks up, mm -hmm. get a whole people to bunch of people to jump in under perceived value and then bail. They pull the value out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. my use of the word value is accurate. They just did it against them, they did a Robin Hood maneuver on these hedge fund managers. Using Robin Hood. Using Robin Hood. That's right. <laughs> I forgot about that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who really let everybody down, you know? What do you mean? Oh, Robin Hood? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That whole thing was wild when they were releasing their, that they were locking people in that they couldn't sell. Mm -hmm. Or no, they couldn't buy. Selling wasn't the problem. They wanted you to sell, technically. It was the buying. They wouldn't let people buy back in. Is that right? Yes, yes. No, they couldn't sell. No, nope. Nope, nope, nope. Selling was fine. They wouldn't let people buy in on on uh, GameStop and AMC, I believe. Yeah, but didn't it turn out that it wasn't like purposeful manipulation? They just didn't have the one hundred percent. It was purposeful capital. because they have ties with some of the managerial funds for the hedge funds. We're bringing up some some five panoramic, year old. I don't even some like, panoramic was it, was pre panoramic, panoramic history. Yeah, no, it was during the panoramic because I think we were in. We got in an argument on a Zoom while we were in Oceanside because it was the panoramic. Do you remember the kids were virtual schooling so we could do it? And this was your cousins. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's where Elon Musk came up, right? <laughs> yes. And a couple of them were like real big fans, and I'm like, you guys, man. 
dumb fanboys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I expect you to be smarter than this. But hey, you can't even change a tire, so. Yeah, that was my. <laughs> I think that's how I got up. Like, I'm sitting here listening to a bunch of people that can't change the oil in their car tell me about something that they've never dealt with. What's happening here? I don't have to change the oil at a Tesla. <laughs> right. And they can't change the tire either, so back to square one. <laughs> yeah, a Tesla, so that when it rains, you, everything in your trunk gets wet. <laughs> Sorry, your car's too cold. Get open the door. No, the the way that the Tesla is designed. Yeah. The gap between what's like the trunk cover mm -hmm. and the <laughs> the area <laughs> that uh, that it needs to open. Yeah, the, the, everything slides off the trunk when it's an open position. Uh huh. Into the trunk. <laughs> so, oh, on the flat, yeah, it's so flat. Nice, so good. So I, I don't know a, much of the facts on this one, but I literally watched a clip of a video of a guy who got trapped in his Tesla because he drove the battery dead. Yes. But then, what sometimes happens is you can't, you don't want to deplete any kind of like lipo battery or anything like that right dangerous well it started smoking while he was in it but then the doors locked oh no so he couldn't get out he literally had to kick the windshield out mm -hmm. and by the time he got out it, it burst into flames burnt the whole thing to the ground wow so he would have just died that's worse than an engine fire oh yeah because you're sitting on the thing that's gonna burn yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah whoa yeah not good that's wild i'm trying to buy a minivan I, you know, I, I, for everybody who doesn't know, California is supposed to be moving off of gasoline based cars by like, what is it, 2035 or something? I don't know. So 2045. I don't know what the number is. People are losing their minds over that. But now I just want to hoard gas cars, <laughs> just have a lot of gas cars. <laughs> that's. Dave saw this coming. That's. <laughs> just become a car hoarder <laughs> we're all car hoarders now it's gonna start looking like cuba around here you, you right we're all like how you can't in cuba because you of the trade embargo new, yeah you can't buy new yeah, anything so, yeah. so all of all of the cars are stuck right from like the 50s or something which is super cool because they have to keep them maintained it's, right it's okay so like the what the streets look like with all of these old cars looks like a time warp. Right. Right. Uh, not super cool for Cuba, obviously, but I mean, visually. And, yes, Leia. <laughs> but that's going to be California. We're just going to be, we're going to be stuck in this genre of car. We're all going to be riding low riders. <laughs> like civics. 50, 50, no, 50s era low riders. Like no. bombers. No, I mean, we'll... We'll all be a part of lowrider clubs. We'll be stuck in the... We'll get those cool gold signs and put them in our back windows. The mid-2020s. We'll, <laughs> there'll be a requirement that if your car is of a certain age, must be on airbags or hydraulics. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, I'm trying to find a gas minivan right now. That's... Okay. That's the pursuit. Before I can't seems, have it anymore. Seems like it's not going to be difficult to find one of those. I just don't know what people are going to do when they have to like, so they have a car and right now with a gas car, you can drive it 
what, 10, 20 years at least, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You have an electric car. Yeah. And that battery goes, the battery replacements are like five figures. So you're basically buying a new car. Five figures? Not always. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Easily. 10 to 12,000. Almost. It depends on the age of the car. Like if you took a car. Okay. And, and, and I'm going to buffer this by saying. Have you replaced the engine on a car before? Yeah, but you just rebuild an engine and maybe that's like 5,000. You can unless you're getting a brand new engine. But you don't but need to get a brand say, new engine. So, so you just... You can get a rebuilt engine. No, 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 no. See, you're speaking out of the both sides of your mouth right here. You can get a rebuilt battery. There are third parties that rebuild batteries. How much is a brand new engine worth? Depends on what you're talking about. If you're going for performance or if it's a computing car. Like I'm only looking at like new engines if I'm putting it in like a muscle car, like a hot, like a sure. hot you can, crate motor or something. Though like you that. can take your engine and have it rebuilt. Yes. You can take your batteries and have them rebuilt. How much is that? It depends, but it doesn't have to be a lot. Okay. And specifically when you get on the plus side of six to seven years, that battery is going to be available by all of them that have become trashed, destroyed, salvaged, etc. You know, and I'm rebuilt. sick of you defending electric cars. I'm not defending. <laughs> I'm just pointing out. I, I agree with you. You can rebuild an engine. You can rebuild a battery. You Listen, patchouli hippie. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is the problem with being objective about things is that you look like whatever the other person doesn't like, whoever you're talking to. Like, I am both in support of internal combustion <laughs> engines and in support of electron, uh, uh, like a battery powered or electric cars. I like them both. They all have very specific reasons to own them and use them. I am not 100% pro or con either way. But to say, like, if I took a off the lot car, an electric car, mm -hmm. and had to swap the battery, yes, it would be five figures with a brand new battery mm -hmm. and likely that would be the only way to go because whatever was in that car that battery carriage case whatever there's probably not a lot of dudes in a garage somewhere rebuilding those that, but if you get that's yourself future business it already rebuilding but that's what i'm saying it already exists like i can take my leaf and i could go get a double capacity battery for that right now i could take any old prius you can get a huge battery pack in old prius old teslas like first all versions of Teslas. You can go get third-party batteries now. It's not easy, but it's only going to become better and easier over time. Hmm. Assuming, assuming, and this is for everybody to get behind if you're not already, right to repair. Right to repair is the thing that we need in the future, no matter which way you believe cars having internal combustions or electric engines, anything you own, right to repair is very important. All right. Okay. Well, on to the first email. <laughs> we already did the first email. No. What? No, I just introduced the first email. We haven't even read it yet? No. Oh, my God. Thanks and a shirt idea. And this is from Austin. Leia and Josh, I, I'm i an HRCC YouTube subscriber and now podcast enthusiast. Oh, thank you. Well, welcome. Boy, is there a lot of Skyline Chili talk in the 2021 podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yes. As a guy that spends a lot of time on the road, every time y'all would mention it, I would crave it. Okay. So what was hilarious is that we went to a Cub Scout meeting. Oh, this Where was there funny. was a can drive. Yes. And I was looking at the pile of cans and I was like, oh, I forgot to bring the cans. But then somebody 
had put in Skyline chili cans, which is wild because most people here don't even know what Skyline right. chili is. I, and then how dare on? you donate it, this gem of a yeah. of a food. You have ruined everything. I was like, can I go home and get some cans and like swap them out? I mean, I'll leave them, I'll leave them positive. It'll be a net positive. But yeah. I need to get these. Yeah. I need to I'm going to bring some cans. stag chilies. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We're going to... What are your feelings on a like two to one Hormel swap here? <laughs> What's the exchange rate for a can of Skyline? <laughs> but I was just, I was so excited when I saw it. And then I was thinking to myself how I should make some Skyline chili. Since I love it so much. <laughs> Well, Austin continues. Anyway, I wanted to reach out and say that your YouTube channel kept my interest going while I was studying for the technician exam. Excellent. I had some real difficulties with the first set of online VEs I was coordinating with and almost threw my hands up and said, screw it. I went back and watched some more of your content and I knew I couldn't give up. Good. There are so That's many excellent. cool things that you do with radios. And I got back to studying. I found a much more encouraging and welcoming VE group to test with and finally got my technician. Congratulations. Congratulations. However, the thirst is not yet quenched. I am currently studying for my general. You and me both, bud. So excited to have you. <laughs> <laughs> is that what you call what you do? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm going to take it to the end. What does that mean? I'm going to... To like, the end of the road. Like just right before the question pool resets. <laughs> gonna, Don't do that. And they're just going to... Why do people it's do gonna that? It's going to add so much pressure to passing. <laughs> just like the day before the question pool expires. I'm going to be like, all right, it's time. <laughs> and then I don't pass. And I have to start all over. You don't have to start all over. The questions don't change that much. I heard that they're completely different. No. All of them. Who told? They reset every single one. Who has one. time for that? <laughs> That's what our FCC fees go to. <laughs> it's the Princeton Review of Ham Radio. <laughs> the FCC doesn't even do the questions. The VEs do why, the questions. Why can't you just yes and sometimes? <laughs> <laughs> because it's factually incorrect. We'll get emails if we don't. Fine. I am a yes and guy most of the time. Nobody expects me to know what I'm talking about. That's what, <laughs> yes. And I only some of the times know what I'm talking about. When it's a blatantly wrong answer, I have to step in. All right. Well, Austin says, I've learned so much from your videos and podcasts and wanted to say thank you. Well, thank you for listening and watching and doing all the things. We really do appreciate it. And you're so welcome. All right. That's indeed for the shirt idea i was thinking about a hawaiian shirt i have been a strong participant in the weekly hawaiian shirt friday since i was in high school in the early 2000s and thought i could definitely rock an hrcc hawaiian shirt if they made them i tried to design it myself and send it to y'all but photoshop was giving me all kinds of fits and i just shut it down so to the idea Take an antenna symbol with the radiating lines and mm -hmm. blend it with a palm tree. Then throw some HRCC logos in there just to mix it up. You could even add the technician general or extra badges just for added flair. This is a really good idea. But it is. In reality, I think what you're supposed to do is 
throw the antenna into the tree. No, he's um so there's a there's a an international logo for ham radio. Mm-hmm. It's like the grounding symbol. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a line and a curly cue that's an inductor yeah. and then there's like an antenna. And I think he's saying take that and make that into a palm tree. Oh. Okay, maybe. This is a good idea. It if is I can really figure out how to do this, this might the, happen and you will get one. The problem is, is the way we do things is it's a print on a shirt versus a Hawaiian shirt would have to be up like a fabric. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of like the FT8 sweatshirt that we have. Oh, you can do. Oh, yeah, oh. I can do patterns. Did you order me one of those, by the way? No, I didn't. I forgot. Okay. I'll, I'll remember one day. Like when it starts getting cold, I'll be like, "Oh, Josh is probably cold. I'm gonna get him a, I'm gonna get him a hoodie." <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do have a camp out coming up here. When? November 11th, 12th, and 13th. Oh, it's not gonna be that cold. It, it will be that cold. <laughs> it will be cold enough to wear that, for sure. Well, that's awkward. Yeah. So. That was one of the reasons why I asked. For okay, it. I'll I'll look into. And this. reminder, we'll put it in the show notes. Uh, we're going camping. It's a simple campout with Adam K six A R K. It is at Thomas Mountain. So this about is a, midway point between he and I. This is Southern not California. a me. This is not a me. This is campout. not a you. This is the the least organized type of thing. It is show up. You're under your own power and energy. Um, we're gonna play radio. I'm gonna have the buddy hex and some other antennas and radios we're just gonna have a fun weekend friday saturday sunday go home bring your own food handle yourself it's a camp out awesome yep all right that's a drive up too. drive up dirt road don't drive your civic or accord but a crv would be fine subarus anything bigger than that you're good excellent austin signs off anyway i always enjoy the shows you guys rock 73 austin kq4 dky Thank you, Austin. Well, thank you so much, K-Donkey. <laughs> K-Donkey! <laughs> On to the next email. It's titled, Firefly and Happenings. All right, here we go. I, I do have to say. be really careful with this one. I have recently gotten into a slew of sitcoms that have only run one season. Right? Mm-hmm. At most two. There are a lot of really good sitcoms out there that just didn't make the cut. But there's this one sitcom that I think did two seasons, and it was called Nightcap. And it was about a (laughs) show, uh, like a talent agent, and like the behind the scenes of a, um, a night show. But not like the top night show, like, like Letterman or something. Yeah, it's like the fifth ranked night show or something like that. After Conan O'Brien. Exactly, exactly. And so you would think that the sitcom would then bring on people who would be like uh, actors pretending to be guests, right? Like they're acting like some celebrity. This sitcom brought on the real celebrities, Okay, so like Alec Baldwin was in this sitcom for one of the episodes mm-hmm. with his wife, Hilaria. Hilaria? His wife is named Hilaria? Yeah, and she used to speak with an accent, but then it turns out she has like... 
no background in the country. <laughs> what? It's very strange. Uh, so there was like Alec Baldwin, um, Christy Brinkley was on it, uh, Mark Cuban, J.J. Abrams, Mark Hamill. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it is a really funny. Is like... this the Johnny Knoxville one? No, that's a reboot. Uh, this is a very old sitcom. I think it's from like the 2016, 2017 or something. Very old. Less than a decade ago. Yes. Very good, Leah. Right. But my point is that it's got 30 rock feels. Oh. But is a... <laughs> is Judah in it? No. Oh, okay. Uh, but we should watch it together because it it's very good. Not a big sitcom fan. You know that. You you need to have Hulu for this to work. <laughs> if you would also like to watch the ridiculousness. Uh, okay. There was an episode where they figured out that the Q score for, and you know what a Q score is. It's like the combination of um, social media, uh, TV, movies, like essentially no likability of a celebrity. It's a Q score. No idea. Christy Brinkley and Rachel Ray were told that their Q scores would skyrocket if they were in a lesbian relationship with each other. So they did. <laughs> okay. It was excellent. Great. Really enjoyed it. Okay. The the but, lesbian relationship you really enjoyed? or No, the whole, the whole episode. Okay. But also seeing Rachel Ray again because I hadn't seen her in a long time. She's still out there. She's making dog food, which is not a testament to her cooking skills. <laughs> dogs love it. Like, such, dogs love everything. Dogs love cat poop. I'm such a great chef that now I make dog food. <laughs> That's, yeah, that's reckon, uh, un- <laughs> <laughs> My core market. Under-supported in the market, dogs. <laughs> I think it's called Nutrish. You know how she issues everything? <laughs> nope. No, I don't. What about E V O O? That was That's primal branding is what okay. that is. <laughs> All right. This email is from Don. Josh and Leah, in my continued search for a desk mic for my Yesu FT one oh two, I am listening to everything from eighty to ten, but cannot transmit. Lots of good stuff going on there. Why can't oh. you transmit? I don't I, he's looking for a desk mic. His radio didn't come with a mic? It's a Yesu FT-102. That would be a 10-2. Okay. Yeah. So he's asking for a recommendation. I'm not sure, but maybe you can give him one. I'll continue while you figure that out. Oh, okay, okay. As for Firefly, there is a DVD set out that has seasons two through four. What? A real fan would not only know that, but own them as well. What? Is that true? No. No. This is... You're going to get Rickrolled or something. <laughs> like you're going to click on Firefly Seasons 2 through 4, and it's Rick Astley. You guys, no. Firefly Lane. Wait, what is this? Firefly Lane. That's not, That's a lady show. Firefly. There's only one season. Nathan Fillion. Yeah, this is a joke. There's 14 episodes, one season. Yeah, you really got our hopes up and uh, a large dose of skepticism. 
That was correct. All right. Well, Don. I, I did not get any of my hopes up. Yeah. I would have. There is no way this would have gone under my radar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like I, you know, when you get that feel of like, there's no way this slipped by me. Yeah. That, that would be like if the name of the wind came out. Oh, my with, God. We, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we've been talking so much crap about Patrick <laughs> Missed it. He, he, he released the book two years ago. It's done. All of this social media that has been listening to me, no one's told me. No one corrected me at all. It's not like I have been quiet about my, my distrust of the man. I made sure that Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter heard me. <laughs> So that the direct ads for this would come to me. I mean, it's not It's not just... Okay, Firefly, the show, came out a long time ago. Yes. In Leia Parlay. But <laughs> it actually was a long time ago. Like, actually, legitimately a long time ago. They would have had to snuck those seasons by me, two and three, like, somewhere in the last two decades. They would have had the budget to make those seasons... <laughs> While only ever airing one. Well, yeah. What, in what world? We're going to go ahead and spend the money on these next three seasons. John Abadeo is feverishly typing. Out. <laughs> oh, yeah, we made the second season. Put it in the can. Yeah. Bad year. Bad year to put it out. We can hang on to it. Just make it's the next three. Well. The next three seasons. You know what? You know what your customers like is is them knowing you've got it and just not giving it to them. <laughs> Don't give it to them. Also, the best thing for a TV show is really not releasing it. <laughs> That's the best thing you can do. Really leave them wanting oh more. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that's like last man standing right they've got like 10 more oh seasons. yeah yeah yeah. fox they're fox just... paid in like yeah <laughs> first seasons deep however long it was from the last one. Oh my gosh uh <laughs> no <laughs> okay so do we need to answer the mic question yeah well i mean every yesu okay yesu radios have a specific pinout. you can buy a conversion a Heil makes a conversion that goes from a Yesu mic pinout to a Pro mic. My recommendation is generally go the Pro mic XLR route. Phantom power mics are fine. You just have to have a mixer in there that has a preamp or something along those lines. Are you using? No, you still need you still need a preamp to provide power. The advantage of that, though, and and kind of my recommendation is, don't really have a desk mic, something that sits on the table. Although I'm saying this as, as we have two desk mics for our podcast. In my ham radio station, I have my mic on a telescopic arm that isolates the the whole thing and makes it a little bit less, I don't know. Um, you, you don't get the, I'm banging the table right now, uh, right? You don't get any of that noise the base. that goes into all of that. If you if you have it on a telescopic the arm, it usually has you. an isolated head unit for the... <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's it. You don't get the, the random sports fans yeah. that come into your shack and start doing banging on the walls and doing Queen songs. Uh, but Yesu makes a number of desk mics, although some of their top end ones are like very expensive. They're they're more than a radio in some cases. Very expensive. Yeah, exactly. And they add a lot of features too. But yeah, I, I don't know. Go um go pro mic. Look in the Hiles. Look okay. in the Shores Hiles. I like Shores. I like Hile mics. Uh, get the conversion cable, 
you can go with uh, condensers over dynamic, but then you're going to have to get the phantom power. So keep that in mind. All right. Well, Don signs off. As for my physical mail, my shipping department is even worse than yours. I, I take offense to that. It's <sighs> terrible. I did. I usually know I... that when I do a giveaway, I'll get at least one question. I'll get I'll get a message from everyone who wins. It says, so uh, did you send that, uh, that thing I want out yet? <laughs> and then I just Fine. say, no, the shipping and receiving department. It's had a really busy month. Yeah. <laughs> it will go out soon. I have the items to send out, but need to package it up and send it to you. 73 Don KE5 ADX, the RF field tech. Well, thank you so much, Don. Uh, I will go ahead and disregard your insult of uh, our shipping department. In that in that game I started playing, Leah? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Death, Death Stranding with, yes. the, with the baby in the jar. Uh -huh. The reason why you're walking across the country is to create a network that allows you to actually ship physical goods over mm -hmm. the network. Oh. That's kind of what he's trying to do. So you're like the, uh, you're, you're playing that train game. <laughs> you know, what is it? What? That uh, all aboard trains unite what is that train game all aboard trains unite are you talking about the board game yes ticket to ride ticket to ride what does that have to do with sending physical goods over an electronic network well you're creating an electronic train a train a railway he's walking he's walking yeah, it's but... wireless. It's a wireless network. He's got a, a thing that he like can activate these stations. Why doesn't Why doesn't he just use ham radio? Because we can't send physical goods over the network. How is he going to send physical? It's goods It's the future, over... man. I don't know. Babies are in jars. What can yeah. I explain? <laughs> it's the weird. It's the crazy. It's a Kojima game. It's it's nuts. All right. Well, thank you, Don. <laughs> On to the next email. Gobsmacked. Okay. Is the title. And this is from Kevin. Stardate 2022-10-15. Oh, dark 30. Time to travel from the QTH in Leesburg, Virginia to Virginia Beach, Norfolk, Virginia area to pick up my daughter for mid-semester break home visit. What is that? Mid-semester break home visit. What? Like, ah, that's cool. Just keep them. What? You get a break in the middle of the semester? Like, just because? You know who needs a break? Who? During the middle of a semester mm. as a college student. Really take them out of that pattern that they've been working through. What if it's boarding school? What if it is? What does it matter? Isn't that college? Boarding they school? They go to college. Boarding school is not college. Yeah, but I mean college is going and boarding over there board over but there boarding school refers to not college age students you, younger than college yeah and you live at the school yeah okay dormitories yeah can you imagine <laughs> i don't mid -semester have semester break i do oh i cannot imagine a mid-semester break that is so especially so close to thanksgiving break i am uh i am gobsmacked I I feel that by Kevin's call sign, 
he is in the U.S. and his reference to his QTH being in Virginia. (laughs) Happen to live in Tokyo, though? (laughs) Kind of weird. Kevin says, a nice day to travel. Sunshine, no clouds. I planned on testing the FTM 400 XD I use as my VHF UHF base station as a mobile rig without a permanent install in the vehicle. Battery box with Anderson Power Connects works fine. Easy to transition. Pi Star with USB plug works fine off the same battery box. Already tested Wi-Fi to my phone, internet hotspot, so that works. 400XD to Pi Star, not so much. Mm. Okay. Oh, well. I flip to VFOB and scan the Virginia repeaters I have programmed along the way. Lots of chatter. I can't seem to join in the rag chews. I then start realizing these are multiple conversations off different repeaters on the same frequency. These were not being relayed from repeater to repeater either. SAG1 talking to NCS asking a question about a race start. Retirees or almost retirees chatting about work. Delivery drivers coordinating their meetup. Since I'm driving, it was hard to place where all of this was going on. Just outside of Richmond, Virginia, I was able to converse with an OP from North Carolina off the W4VA VHF repeater in Warrington, Virginia, about 92 miles or so from me. That's pretty good. And at least 120 miles from North Carolina or more. Okay. Wow, that's a pretty good distance. We had to clear the repeater for the 9 a.m. weekly net. I couldn't log into the net, but... I did enjoy listening to the net as I traveled east on the I-64 towards Norfolk, Virginia. Then, when the traffic starts getting too heavy to be messing with the rig, I switched to the latest HRCC podcast from the 14th on Spotify. I don't know what happened, but the track was running slow even at 2x. Couldn't restore it to normal speed. Yeah, it's out of our hands. Okay, back to Steely Dan, Robert Plant, and Other Rock. Nice. Sigh. Good choice. <laughs> Sorry we uh, could not be there with you on your drive. It was out of our... I hands. mean, we were there. We, we could have been there. But like in another m- much slower language. <laughs> That's... Yes. Yeah. 73, Kevin. W-A-4-K-B-M. Well, uh, thank you for the star log. I appreciate it. <laughs> and I hope it's fixed now. I mean, we'll know this episode. Spotify is real wonky, though. And I have an inkling that the reason that this happened with Spotify is because Spotify is making a big push to be kind of like the YouTube of podcasts. They want everyone to host on Spotify and and, or whatever the related uh, Spotify podcast network is. Okay. uh, So that they can run ads. So, yeah, it may be sabotage. Then contact us. Let's go. Go where? To Spotify. Mm. Yeah. See, that's part of the problem. The thing to keep in mind with podcasts is it it, it is almost more required to be posting constantly. Like, you have to do it once a week. Mm, A podcast is once a week. Mm -hmm. There's really no exception to that. Right. So, when you have an RSS feed, you have all these back podcasts. That's true. Right? So you have to merge them over to mm-hmm. the new hosting site. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. right? Or they or they just evaporate, right? That's true. So you, you have to do this whole RSS switch over and stuff like that. I don't even know what happened to the ones on SoundCloud. They could have been gone. I don't know. So hope you got them, I guess. I don't know how that works. Was but... I on SoundCloud? Mm-hmm. For a wow. while, yeah. Wow. That was the beginning of the journey. You lost it, Josh. Terrible historian. No archives to speak of. I don't know. I always feel like that stuff's out there somewhere, but who knows? Well, thank you so much, Kevin. The next email is titled Follow-Up Answers to Some Questions, and this is from Austin. Hello, all. Last time I wrote in, Josh had some questions about how the fire dispatch works where I live. To address the question about fire towers, BC doesn't have fire towers anymore. Okay. We used to, but they have been decommissioned when they did exist. We, as dispatch, would have been in contact with them. Okay. Nowadays, we rely on public reporting and aircraft patrols to spot fires. I'm sure it is a thing in the USA as well, but air traffic control can take fire reports from regular pilots as well, which will then be passed on to us here. Yeah. We have satellite systems, too, that can actually... AI if there's a fire. Man, so technology. You don't have to monitor. You don't have to have humans looking at it, right? Technology took a bunch of jobs away from fire watch people. It's really sad. Look at look at all the TikToks that aren't gonna get made now. <laughs> fire watch TikToks. There's so many fire watch TikToks. So many. People are fascinated by it. It is fascinating. I I I feel like I would have done it. If I had any lapse in my life where I had a period of like, I don't know what to do with my life right now. I'm going to go live in a fire tower. I would. I would have. Wow. Yet here we are. (laughs) No, I mean like when I was much younger. But I never had a period where I didn't know like the next thing. Like I never had a moment where I was like, and now I wait. Wow. It sounds like you're due for a midlife crisis. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting for my my breakdown any moment now. My mental breakdown is is overdue. I mean, you you are planning on buying an ostentatiously expensive car. So, is that the? I say ostentatiously. What do you think it said? Like? No, I just like what what's why is it? It's a it's a truck. It's a, an insanely expensive truck. All trucks are insanely expensive. We we got to talk about that too. That was a weird thing that little rabbit hole I did, dove into. What cafe standards for vehicles? What is cafe standards? It's an acronym, C A F E. It's basically the uh, byproduct of the major buyout, buyout or sorry bailout that happened under Obama. Okay. Cafe standards are this always improving efficiency scores that cars have to achieve. Mm-hmm. Well. When they were writing this in conjunction, <laughs> when the government was writing the cafe standards in conjunction with the U.S. government, the car manufacturers were like, "Well, of course you're going to have to give us some uh, like fuel efficiency." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to have to give us some, uh, I don't know, leeway on larger vehicles, right? Okay. So yes, there is. <laughs> larger wheel diameter vehicles, larger vehicles in general, et cetera, et cetera. They have these exceptions. Well, now we're starting to see a trend where the major manufacturers are now just manufacturing and 
creating vehicles that are much larger with bigger wheel diameters so they can get around the cafe standards. And that's why trucks are generally getting more and more expensive and larger. They have to be always above the cafe standards. The G-Wagon in particular is built specifically to get around the cafe standards. So that it can get crap fuel efficiency. They can basically do whatever fuel efficiency they want. So like five miles to the gallon. Well, yeah, I mean, within reason, <laughs> with the market would not accept. But yeah, right. What is the fuel efficiency on a G-Wagon? I don't know. They're making an electric one. Of course they are. So that's ostentatious. It is. We're going to have to go stockpile regular G-Wagons. <laughs> and I told you the whole story of the G-Wagon. The G-Wagon actually existed as a super like lightweight off-road vehicle. Mm-hmm. It was not very expensive. It right. only became expensive when it started getting import. When people personally started importing G-Wagons into the U.S., Mercedes figured out what people were doing. And it's like, well, we'll just start making them. But we'll make them our way. And then, you know, then the cost and the luxury of them went through the roof. And now we're at where we're at. The luxury. Oh, the luxury of the, <laughs> of the cardboard box SUV. People love the G-Wagon. I don't hate it. I like the old ones. I'd take an old one. Probably run forever. I don't know what the new ones look like. They look like the old new ones. Any of the ones you've seen are not the old, old ones that oh. I'm talking about. Okay. I'm not, anything you know of, the big boxy one, is not what I'm talking about. You're being real condescending right I'm now. I'm not. It, it's just, <laughs> there wasn't that many of them in the U.S., but when they figured out that people were doing that, they're like, well, we could just do that. And right. they did. Well, Austin continues, when a fire is reported to our call center, we get a pin on our map that shows where the report is. We take the report and notify the appropriate zone warden. My area of jurisdiction is broken into five zones and each has a warden. That warden will decide uh, what kind of response is best and send their crews accordingly. To arrest the fire and put it in jail. (laughs) Which they are the warden of. Yeah. Then they make the fire do manual labor. <laughs> Lots of forge work. That's that whole other thing. It's like our our. Uh, what wh- about the fire rights? <laughs> yeah, what about the fire rights. Exploitation. <laughs> what what did they call that? Where you know it's a privately owned prison. For profit prison. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's something like that. Yeah, the corporatization of prisons. Mm-hmm. We got these fires. See what the thing with a fire when you incarcerate them, yes. all they do is learn how to be fire better because yes. they talk to other fires and then they just they work learn out fire law. They work out all day. <laughs> they get these conjugal rights with women who are just addicted to these fires. <laughs> when the crew checks out from base, they call us and tell us who they are, their manifest and where they're going and what their next check in time is. We put the check-in time in the system, and it will alarm if they miss their check-in to prompt us to call them. Good call. Once on scene, the crew calls us and gives us a fire report detailing size, location, type, ground fire, burning up the trees, etc., road access, closest water source, and what their plan of action is. Well, the fire carjacked us. From (laughs) heading down Interstate 5. From there, we monitor them throughout the Ate day. Ate all my Slim Jims. I left them in the car. <laughs> and made sure make sure they are checking in and are safe. <laughs> That's... Yeah, good call. 
I also mentioned that there isn't a lot of POTA entities near where I have moved to. I've done some more digging and it turns out that there are roughly eight more parks that don't show up on the POTA map, but are in the database. You can nominate them. Go, you can do that on the website. Or I think you have to email. These are parks that have made it on the database, but for whatever reason, weren't given coordinates. I have started working on getting coordinates for these parks to submit them to POTA so they aren't quote-unquote hidden anymore. Good. While doing this, I noticed a shocking statistic for BC. In BC, we have 1,300 parks in the database. Mm -hmm. 705 of those parks don't have coordinates, uh, coordinates associated with them and as, and as such do not show on the map. Wow. That's over 50% of the POTA entities here that people don't know about. I have decided that as a winter project, I'm going to make it my goal to go to each of these parks and get their coordinates. I have started working on this, and according to my spreadsheet, as of writing this, I have 526 parks to go. Wow, you made good time. Uh, do you have to go to the park to get the coordinates? I, I thought that Google Maps gives you coordinates. Can't you, can't you? So I loaded up the sextant. Can you use the internet? <laughs> Could you, please? For the most part, it's, it has been pretty easy going. Oh, no, he absolutely does uh, use the internet. Okay. <laughs> Using Google He's Earth. Go to the park. All I have to do is type in the park name, drop a pin, and copy over the coordinates onto the spreadsheet. There are a few parks that not even Google Earth knows about, but luckily, the province of BC has done a good job of cataloging the various parks we have here. A Google search for the park usually pulls up what I'm looking for. Hopefully for the next summer, there are 700 more parks for people to activate that they may or may not have known were there. <clears throat> Wait a minute. So BC has... 705 state or national parks or province or national parks mm -hmm. that are not registered in POTA? That's what it sounds like. That... Am I mistaking the size of BC right now? Oh, it's huge. Well, I mean, Canada in general is huge. That's true. That's true. But Google Earth didn't know about some of these parks. So that's confusing to me. Mm -hmm. Because where we are, no matter what, if it's a state or national park, that would be on the map. Uh, right. I don't know if they have different organizations that are providing this information. How do you mean? Well, okay. I, I think it's the GES survey, geological survey. Let's just GIS. GIS. Uh, that likely has the coordinates listed. Mm -hmm. It sounds like in Canada, they have the park entity identified, but doesn't go to the same level of detail as maybe the GIS does. Mm. Don't know why. I'm making a huge assumption here. Maybe he mentions it in the email more, but. Well, Austin, I'm excited for you. What an adventure. You're yeah. Gonna, you're going to Johnny Appleseed the Do bc area with potas <laughs> oh i see i see what you did there uh -huh. okay yes very good potaflex mm -hmm. 
This past weekend, I decided to pull an old radio out of storage and see if I can get a park activation with it. My Yaesu FT7 has been packed away since we moved, and I wanted to take it out of the box and play with it a bit. I have attempted to activate a park with it before, but only got a handful of contacts, which wasn't enough to activate. This time, I wanted to make that happen, to prove that this 40-year-old radio still has what it takes to activate a park. I found an ATNO near me called Tunkwa. Nailed it. Tunkwa Lake Provincial Park. Packed the FT7, my FT891 POTA box as backup and two batteries. I headed out to the park and tried to activate. At first, it was all good. I set up my Chameleon Empaz light and called CQ and managed six contacts. But after that, the band seemed to dry up. I called and called and called and no answer at all. I didn't have cell service to see if I was getting spotted or anything. I decided to spin the dial a bit and see if I could hunt anyone. Nothing. There were people around, but no one would answer me. QRP can be hard sometimes. I decided to go back where I was and call CQ again. I managed my last four contacts good. and got the activation. Good, 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 good. The FT7 had done it and done it well. This was 10 contacts in 2.5 hours. Yeah. Nicely done. That's, I like your tenacity. What what radio did he say he was using? Some ham grit. What, what radio did he say he was using? FT7. An FT7. Interesting. But it's okay. 40 years old. Yeah. I have found that when you are sometimes running QRP and things dry up, it might be time to try another band um, or explore chasing other potas or potentially go move your antenna around a little bit like change the orientation move your antenna change change the orientation if it's a long wire or something like that because that sometimes will be the the major difference that will get those last couple of contacts out okay yeah well, Austin says, I have also been playing with recording my POTA activations and putting them on YouTube. Very good. Yes, nice. this was a shameless plug. So while I was at the lake, I had recorded the entire thing. But with the wind and other technical issues, it wasn't very good footage. I decided that on my way home, I would hit another park and try to get another video shot and get another activation for the FT7. Okay. This activation went much better and I managed 12 in just under an hour. And the video footage was much better. So as of writing this, that activation and a couple of others as well have been uploaded to YouTube. Unfortunately, the voice audio is a little low. I guess I placed the lav mic too far away from me. It sits between me and the radio to capture both. Okay. But it at least captured the FT7 doing what it does best, which is the main attraction here anyway. Yeah. If anyone is interested, I have posted a link in this email. I will drop that link in the show notes for you, Austin. Thank you. And congratulations on starting a YouTube channel. Yeah. The thing to keep in mind with audio, lav mics are bad, like, spatial microphones. They're not good for, like, putting in between two things that you want to mm, mic. Right. You almost want to mic them differently or use a different mic. And when you're outdoors, always use a dead cat. Even if you have a little foam bit on your lav mic, you can put another dead cat on top of it. And dead cats keep the wind noise down significantly. Right. So. 
Finally, I've had this idea floating around in my head for field day in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. At the start of the panoramic, a guy named Brent started chronicling his life in the ghost town called Cerro Gordo in Death Valley that he bought. I saw this. I have seen this. When people started staying at home and isolating, he decided to move up to the ghost town and stay there until the restrictions eased up. Well, he ended up staying there and has been working to turn the town into a tourist location. He's rebuilding one of the original hotels called the American Hotel and has a really cool YouTube channel as well. My idea that in the next couple of years, with Brent's permission, of course, is that we host a field day weekend up at Cerro Gordo. I would I would love this. Let me know how I can help. And uh, I've watched a ton of his videos. It's a really cool mining town with a lot of the old buildings still standing. It is up high in elevation and there shouldn't be a lot of noise either. A perfect location to play radio in my eyes. If you haven't heard of his channel before, I will link it as well. As mentioned in one of the podcasts, ham radio operators are generally interested in history and or old text. So I imagine that there would be plenty of amateurs interested in his content. I know I am anyway. I, yep, big fan. And that link is going to go in the show notes too. That's a very cool idea. Thank mm-hmm. you for the suggestion, Austin. Austin signs off. Anyway, this has been a jumbo email and I will leave it here. I love listening to the podcast and appreciate the hours of entertainment that I get from listening to it. Thank you. My review is 10 out of 10. Aw. Thank you very so much. That's so nice. That's an Asian A. I'm so happy to hear it. 10 out of 10? Uh-huh. It's not an A plus? No. Oh, because it was in AP credits? How can a 10 out of 10 be an A plus? Because you didn't get the, extra credit. That's the north side of A. Like A is, if if it was out of a hundred point scale, an A is ninety to one hundred. No, an A plus is an one hundred one or higher. What is one hundred one? What do you mean? It's one hundred one percent or higher. You have to get no. Like if you get a test back yeah. and you get an A plus on the test, uh huh, and there was no extra credit on it, what? how did you get an A plus? You didn't. So you're saying the maximum is only A. Yeah. That's not how anything works. Okay. The, the, an, a 95 is an that's, A. That's an American A. No, sh- that's- <laughs> You're coming up with credit that doesn't exist. You're pumping up stock with value that's not there. Anything that's north of 95 is A plus territory. Anything lower than 95 is A minus. And then when you dip into the 80s, the high side of 80 is a B plus. An Asian D. Okay, well, how does a B plus uh, exist? Where does a B plus? It's an 88 and 89. I don't know. It's wherever disowned children go, I guess. <laughs> no, it, it's it's out of a 100-point scale. That's it. It's it's not out of a 110-point scale. Listen, I guess you just don't understand Asian grades. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I bet you also uh, never went to your mom when you were nine and said i just feel like i'm such a failure right now (laughs) i don't i don't know that i did Mm -hmm. (laughs) you you and it really shows (laughs) (laughs) you have uh definitely the confidence of somebody who has never experienced childhood failure (laughs) i've definitely experienced childhood failure what was your childhood failure uh, I failed at a speech contest that I really wanted to win. 
It's not failing though. Yeah, no, I, I remember my first B. I just I came home crying, and like inconsolable. And my mom was like, "What's, what's wrong?" And I could I couldn't even get the words out. And then I, when I finally told her, she was like, "Go ahead and cry." <laughs> you shaved us all. Shame on the family. I, I don't know. I've always felt that my failures were based off of something that I built up to, not just a test I took. Tests are like, I hate tests. You, What are you talking about? Tests are the culmination of your knowledge. So you are absolutely, it with delivered. every assignment, with every study session, you are building up to that test. It, but tests are always... You're right. We shouldn't have to test for ham radio at all. I'm, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, what do you want to do? Demonstrate prowess? Yeah. How do we do that? Not with tests, apparently, because <laughs> that that's not something that's built up to. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? You sound ridiculous. Tests are necessary. No. Okay. Tests, no, 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 no. See, no, you're, you, you just understand <laughs> what I'm saying there. You, you sound ridiculous. You put too much, like. You put too much behind the test and, and, and being the best at the test, where I put the adequate amount of importance behind the test in getting past it so that I can move on with my life, mm -hmm. which is the same thing I say about ham radio tests. Okay. Like the people who are like, I want to ace the ham radio test. I'm like, mm -hmm. you don't get a ham radio plus ticket. Move to Canada if you want that. They have that. We don't have that. Once you hit 75%, you don't. You don't get more. You're not better at ham radio because you got You're hurting my soul. Right no, now. It, it, it it's it's meaningless. Just get seventy five percent. It's meaningless. So it's meaningless. It doesn't. It, like get get past it. Let's move on. Let's get to actually doing something. Build some memories. Build some actual knowledge, not some book knowledge. See, this is the thing with your cousins. This goes back to your cousins. A lot of book smarts. A lot of a lot of tested knowledge and how the world's supposed to be. Very little practical knowledge in how the world is. I have plenty of practical knowledge. Thank you. How many oil changes have you done? At least one. At least one. Mm -hmm. Really? Mm -hmm. I didn't expect any. Yeah, that's right. How about tires? I have changed one flat. On your own? Mm -hmm. Like on the road? <laughs> Where else would you change it? Like just for fun in your like, no, front you, yard? You pack like a <laughs> fix a flat and get enough uh, going so you can get home and then fix it. Like in your, you know, no. when you're home and safe. No. Okay. All, All right. right. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, and that's 73s, as always, from Austin, VE7QH. Thank you so much, Austin. And, uh, Yes, those links will be going in the show notes for both Austin's channel and Ghost Town Living. Yeah. The next email is titled Last Month in Ham Radio, and this is from Mark. Hello, Ham Royalty, Josh and Leah. Oh, man. Thank you. I feel like that requires a comma because you're like addressing somebody else and then also us, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you're talking to like Gordon West. I was going to say, we'll tell Gordon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah and Susie. Yeah. <laughs> For me, this has been a busy month. 
I know, I know. No more busy as Josh and yourself with all the amazing content the both of you provide. Oh, that's so nice. Thank you. Uh, I attended my first Central Division meeting. <clears throat> excuse me. At the HRO in Milwaukee, where I upgraded to extra. Oh. The plan being, if I did not make it that day, I was planning on attending a local ham fest the following day and could try again. But that was not necessary. Instead, I just attended the local ham fest to meet with friends, socialize, and win two hourly drawings. Does that mean, oh. does that mean you passed your extra? I'll just go ahead and say congratulations. Congratulations. Later in the month, I was headed to Kentucky to what I hope to be my retirement area when I came across a notice that in Katie's, Kentucky, they claim they had the world's largest ham fest. So only being 20 miles away, I had to go. Leia, please show Josh the attached pictures. All right, here we go. Okay, here we go. Rain or shine, you'll find us at Hamfest. Western okay. Kentucky's weather can be unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Maybe the town of Cadiz will be cloaked. Cadiz. Cadiz will uh -huh. be cloaked in patchy fog and light mist, or maybe you'll enjoy clear skies and short sleeves. But one thing is for sure, and then rain or shine, you will find us at Hamfest. Oh, we got some food. Our biggest festival of the year and celebration of all things pig. Okay. Oh. Oh. It's a ham fest. <laughs> it took you a second, too. Yeah. Ham festival. It's all about the ham. That's... I mean, I agree. That's a good looking pig. That's a good, really good looking roast pig. That's Trixie. It's real Trixie. I'm down either way. Did you roast your Balfang? <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> To my surprise, it was not about ham radio, but all things pork and barbecue. The food was fantastic, and for this little town in Trigg County, Kentucky, it was a nice gathering, but alas, no ham radio or accessories. Now, for the ham radio question. Okay. I have my antenna 80 through 10 and fed half wave. Mm -hmm. I'm planning on putting it up in Kentucky. I have close to three acres with some oak trees that have to be 80 to 100 feet tall. With the end-fed half wave, is it better to keep it a half wave length above the ground, or can I go higher? And is a sloper configuration okay with the transformer closer to the ground? Also, what orientation would you recommend, north to south, east to west, living in western Kentucky? Uh, living in Western Kentucky, I'd probably say the orientation of the wire should go north south because okay. it transmits off the broad side okay. of the wire. Mm -hmm. So you'd be transmitting more east and west, which I'm assuming is what you'd like to do. Height wise, uh, generally the higher the better. In your case, half wave is ha if you're a half wave on 80, you're, you're probably just fine. You're totally, totally fine. As far as orientation, sloper config is also fine. Um, you can also do sloper in the other uh, way, which I've heard is better, and I've been told that by Carl, who's the owner and developer of the antennas for Chameleon, Engine uh, Chameleon antennas. He generally advocates putting the transformer at the top and sloping the end of the wire down. 
There is a lot of voltage on the tip of that wire, though, so keep that in a safe location. I, um, yeah, I mean, this is one of those ones where if you have that much land, then you really are in the perfect situation to try it and tell us. Right. Right. Okay. This goes back to that whole, my whole comment on that's a lot of textbook knowledge in your head versus practical <laughs> knowledge. Uh, this is this is where you want, you've got the, the canvas to, to test. You should be trying it. Well, Mark. We letting can't, us know. Yeah. We can't yeah. wait for you to let us know. Yeah. Mark signs off. Thank you both for everything you do for the hobby. 73KC9FOC. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, so sad your ham fest didn't include radios, though. But looks like lots of delicious other ham. Yeah. The next email is titled Glitch in the Matrix or Noah Shadow Banning. Uh-oh. And this is from Fran. Mrs. and Mr. Ham Radio. Not sure if there's a glitch in the matrix or if this is the first step in Noah in a Noah-induced shadow ban. It could be. But I listen on Google Podcasts, and this week's episode is acting wonky. Oh, you're the first person on Google Podcasts to say this. If I leave the app, the podcast starts over from the beginning, and the ability to fast forward only by 30-second skips is grayed out. I've heard the first 15 minutes about five times trying to figure this out. I don't know why. <laughs> so we don't sorry. know why. I listened at 2x, normally a 1x crew member, and noticed Josh sounds like Ben Shapiro at 2x. Oh, don't. I also tried <laughs> listening on Spotify, and there the default speed was 0.5x, and you both sounded very drunk at that speed. I'm now listening while running errands and should be able to get through the near five hours in one shot. Love the podcast and the YouTubes. 73 Fran KC3QGE. Oh, Fran, I'm so sorry, and thank you so much for trying all the platforms. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I, it's, uh, hopefully this week will be better. Otherwise, we're going to have problems with Podbean, and we're going to have to leave their certain, you know, I, I don't know what else to do, because they're kind of like being like, whoa, whatever, man. What? They're like We they're literally not, pay them. I know. They're not doing They're like, you got you to gotta tell us what's wrong. And I'm like, we don't know. We don't know what's wrong. I'm telling you what people are experiencing, but I, I just upload the thing. Your job now is to figure out why it's not getting served. How insanely frustrating. It, it's very dumb. And then they don't really respond either. It takes like over a, it takes like two days before I hear back from them. Yeah. It's you kind should, of frustrating. You should hit them up on the socials. Oh, just start like tweeting at them? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. You should tweet about it. Yeah. The next email is titled Ham in My Hood. Oh. And this is from New Mommy Bunny. Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, Leia and Josh. Shortly after I got my tech license, I looked up my street address on Ham Info to see if I had any hams in my neighborhood. Turns out there's a gentleman ham in my subdivision just a few doors down from our house. Oh, wow. You could have your own mini ham fest. Just, you know, two hams. <laughs> and a baby. What? Yeah, that's, I have yet to meet him or his family, and I'm trying to figure out the words that should come out of my mouth on the fateful day that I eventually run into him, either on a casual walk or maybe at a neighborhood event. I obviously want to avoid seeming creepy or off-putting. Here's what I have so far. Hey, are you a ham? Any suggestions for icebreakers in a situation like this? Don't. Just talk like you're a normal human and then yeah. wrap up the conversation and then say 73. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, that's what I would do. He, like in 
in person, you're going to say 73? No, yell it at him through through the door. <laughs> Just like a normal person would. Right. No, I mean, like, well, I mean, okay. There's no way, like, what are you, you going to do? You can knock on the door and be like, sup? Aside, well, you a ham? It's because, like, it sounds like it's not because Bunny noticed the antenna. Because if there was an antenna on the roof, it would be right. It sounds like she looked at. I mean, that's what she said. She mm-hmm. looked up hams in their neighborhood and found out that there's one two doors down. So, Bunny, you should put up an antenna, and then he will come talk to you. Because it's impossible about... for hams not to exactly uh, anyone putting no, up an antenna. Impossible. They're drawn to it like yeah. moths to the flame. Yeah. They can't help it. It's true. That's it. Just start putting up an antenna. There you go. Just start fixing to put up an antenna. Two two birds with one stone. Yeah. Done. We solved it for you. Mm-hmm. That's the icebreaker. That's also the joke of like, how do you get found when you're in the wilderness and lost? Mm. Just start assembling an antenna. <laughs> Hams will come out of nowhere <laughs> to tell you what you're doing wrong. Bunny signs off. 73 and 88. Bunny K-O-4-R-Y-T. Well, 88 to you. 88. I mean, I'll say 73. Yeah, thank you. Leia would be a little. That's not. And I, uh, Bunny, I need more baby pictures. So thanks. (laughs) (laughs) The next email is titled, About That Question Leia Had About Stupidity. And (laughs) What, what was that question? This is from Tony. Hello to my favorite tag team. I always laugh when I listen to the podcast, and today was no different. When Leia asked her question about quote-unquote stupid women, and Josh chimed in with the fact that women do not have a monopoly on this trait, I realized I had something to share on that subject. Uh Uh-oh. Excellent. And it's true. It is most definitely not women. And I knew you knew that. I just said that strictly for clarification purposes. My daughter is a pediatrician. I am a lawyer. Well, this doesn't sound stupid at all. (laughs) This sounds like pretty elite intelligence. You you know what's going to be difficult, though, when society burns to to the ground and and we have to choose a side between doctors and lawyers. (laughs) You guys are going to be ripped asunder. Your relationship (laughs) could not survive. Just... Here's another complete inside inside story. Oh, my God. The most obnoxious woman I have ever met. No, I take that back. Top she's, five she's for sure. There. She's up Top there. Top five One sure. hand. She's in yeah, one hand territory uh-huh. for sure. At my sister's wedding. Well, after party. Wedding after party, I guess. She is the epitome of Catherine Zeta-Jones in the movie High Fidelity. 100%. How do, how do you mean? I don't like if you don't remember Catherine Zeta Jones' character from High Fidelity. Was she vapid? Yes. But very show offy. Yes. Oh, okay. Got it. <laughs> I, I, like if you, that's the, when, when I got in the car with Leia and I was like, she is Catherine Zeta Jones from High Fidelity, you're like, oh, what's up? What, oh, oh, what now? And I, like if, if you don't remember that movie, then there's no way you would have forgotten Catherine Zeta Jones' character. I liked High Fidelity. So, they did a reboot. Uh, what? With Zoe Kravitz, I think. Oh, okay. She was John Cusack. She wears vests very well. (laughs) I don't think John Cusack is wearing a vest in High Fidelity. Yeah, but in the new High Fidelity. What do vests have to do with any of this? I just wanted to know that she wears a vest very well. (laughs) Okay, continue with your story. 
Tony continues. She is all. No, no. I thought you were going to tell the story of the, the, that's it for the vapid woman. We're, we're good. Oh, well, my sister's related to her now. So. Oh, okay. Got it. Like maybe not so much slamming. <laughs> but Anyway, the conversation was about if society burnt down. And there were only doctors and lawyers left who would lead. Who would lead. Yeah. Uh, when you have no more society, there are no more laws. So, I mean, there are laws. No. There's human law. Okay. You but can't. You, you, don't, you don't need to pass the bar for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely not tort reform on the books when, when we're all. When we got Eviction laws. We got a sheriff or fire civil rights for how they're treated in prison. No, no offense, Tony. <laughs> Some of my best friends are lawyers. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're some of your best friends, too. They're lawyers. <laughs> you can only get so close to a lawyer. I actually... Um... Then you got to sign a contract. It's weird. I actually do really enjoy being friends with lawyers. Oh, I do too. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know what? It's because they can debate and disagree and just let it go. <laughs> like you can literally. Oh, those are literally the people that like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. It's like we, we had the conversation. We, we were diametrically opposed on this topic. No one's getting we're paid. Good. So why are we spending yeah, so much time on exactly. this? Exactly. Yeah. Well, Tony continues, she is often complaining about stupid people, but I tell her that if there are no stupid people, we would both be out of a job. Case in point, a woman goes into her office and says on Friday that Junior has been sick for three days. Why any mother with a brain larger than a BB wouldn't have called and come in on day one is a mystery to me. I can, in fact, explain this. Yeah. And also, that's true. Only stupid people have kids. <laughs> that's awful uh generally when my kids are sick i i take care of them the first day unless i feel like they're let's let's also break this down a little bit there are go no go symptoms right if the kid is rocking a hundred and something 103 plus fever it's call-in time 103, if not controlled by Tylenol. Which, okay, that, that's meaningless when it's the onset, right? Because okay. you're not bringing anything down that much, like, on the onset. If they're just coughing and also, like, labored breathing. Yes, labored and breathing, other things, absolutely. You know, you, that's a take them in. There are multiple indicators are, are go to the hospital, go to urgent. Right, right. But if they're just sick... Even really sick. That doesn't yeah. mean that you have... In fact, you're really not supposed to take them in in, in right. cases like that because you're just clogging up the ER and the and the urgent care. Yeah. If I think the way you said it was probably the best way is if over-the-counter medicine is is taking care of things, Yeah. then you don't just need to, like, go in. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I, I know that's not exactly what you meant, Tony, but okay. If the symptoms continue to get worse after 24 hours, that is, yes, you go in. But sure. But you can't yeah. take your kid to the doctor every single time they get sick. You just you, be at the doctor all the time. Yeah, I feel like you you get well. Maybe the maybe the the one kid families don't ever get over that. But when you have the second one, and I don't know, 
feels like everything gets a little too like let's eh, take a cold take a lukewarm bath let's see how you feel yeah i don't know i, I don't maybe know. yeah i i have definitely taken edison and ben to the er right for mm-hmm. multiple different reasons actually more edison than anybody i think there's um it comes with experience. I think as a young mom, I was always like, I need to go to a doctor for this. But as a more experienced mom, I'm kind of like, uh, I can kind of tell that this is just a, we need to rest and and treat with over-the-counter medication versus, you know. You, you know when you know. Yeah. So Tony continues, every now and then my wife fills me in at the front, uh, fills in at the front desk for our daughter. Stupid people always seem to assume that you are just as stupid as they are. Case in point, wife, your child's name, please. Caller mumbles something that vaguely starts with an S sound. Wife, could you spell that? Now the mumbled letters come out in less than two seconds. It sounds something like Sims. Wife says, did you say Sims? Caller, are you deaf? Wife, I am so sorry. Could you spell that again a little slower? Don't apologize. There's your your first problem. Don't apologize. Caller, shouting into the phone. S. M. I. T. H. Smith. Yes, but with three-second pauses between each letter. (laughs) Okay. Okay, English is my wife's native language. Her problem was the caller's phonation not being too dumb to understand. The saga continues. Wife, can you tell me what is wrong with your son? Caller, he's sick. Uh, Wife, yes, ma'am, I gathered that. Can you tell me what his symptoms are? Caller, I don't know. Why the hell you you think I'd be calling the damn doctor? (laughs) And uh, this is exactly why uh, they should teach more medical (laughs) phrases in school. Because also symptoms a reason to get all are, your children into scouting are not the same as uh, as a diagnosis. <laughs> They're sick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that is a, a binary uh, situation that they are in. I told my wife that she should hand out a sheet of phonetics to every new patient. <laughs> Alpha. The, uh, the ham lawyer. Yes. The most annoying human being. <laughs> you should do phonetics about it. Yeah. <laughs> This is actually something I have a lot of trouble with on POTA activations, particularly where there is a lot of atmospheric noise. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it takes two tries to get these 67-year-old ears to nail the call. I used to get really annoyed with people who would use kilowatt instead of kilo. I hate kilowatt. I hate it. I hate it. Because I always wrote KW. Me too. But having had the experience of operating in the wilds of Alabama, think Pokey Salad Annie, Alligator. I love Pokey. Got your granny. (laughs) Now I realize that using phonetics that stand out are very helpful. If someone doesn't get Alpha Delta Zero Delta Quebec, I switch to Alpha Delta Zero Dairy Queen. Everyone hears Dairy Queen. (laughs) 
Anyway, that can't is wait so funny for the next podcast. Tony AD zero DQ. That's amazing. That's that's a seller right there. That that sells itself. There you go. Good call sign for that for sure. I secrete the slow reacting substance of anaphylaxis, SRSA, in response to the airborne and painful insertion of apiary venom. Also mangoes. Oh no, you're allergic to mangoes. <gasps> I mean, one That's can get awful. one can get by with like not getting stung by a bee. Yes, but but mangoes, mangoes is like crazy. That is literally one of my favorite fruits. I don't even know how one gets a smoothie. There is a company called Miami Fruit. I never order a smoothie with a bee sting. Yeah. But I always get one with mango. Mucho mango. <laughs> there is a um, a company, Miami Fruit, that I have seen so many videos of because they do nothing but harvest like various tropical fruits. Okay. <laughs> this is what you do with your time. And they, they, I, I watch people harvesting tropical fruit. No, they cut it open and they eat it. After harvesting it. Yes. Like they harvest it off of the tree. Yes. You can also buy the fruit. Right. This is like a show off video. They're, yes. they're showing the farm. Yes. The freshness. They, they find the best example of the fruit, cut it, pull it out, and then eat it right there. They had the most massive mango with the smallest seed ever. And I was like, that is a high value fruit. <laughs> That's... I just so many so many i just want to go to miami to go to miami fruit i think that of like all the tropical fruits which you would call a tropical fruit mm -hmm. mango is probably my favorite not pineapple would you call that a i guess so right yeah oh how probably about, pineapple how then. about coconuts though <laughs> Of all the fruits, tropical is, is the best variety. Is a pineapple a fruit? I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Yes, a pineapple's fruit. Is a coconut a fruit? It is, right? That's just the seed in the middle. The coconut itself it is, is the, the seed. seed of the fruit. Okay. We are eating the seed. Yes. Even though technically that is inside the seed, so it's not really the fruit. What? Well, the seeds are in the fruit. So I guess so. The mango is seed. the mango flesh that you eat of the mango is outside of the right. seed. Mm -hmm. You could technically take that seed and plant it and make right. a mango tree. Uh -huh. I don't even know what the hell a pineapple seed is. So pineapple might not be a fruit. I don't know. I think it's actually a part of a flower. It, I think it might be because it's not actually a seed. You 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 take a pineapple. Okay. You can regrow a pineapple, but they only give you one. Right. That's why pineapples are kind of a pain in the ass. What about dragon fruit? Well, hold on. Let's go back okay. to coconut. Okay. <laughs> coconut has a pithy exterior. Technically, that is the flesh. Okay. So the, the the hard thing in the middle is actually the seed. Right. You're eating the seed, not the flesh of the fruit. Okay. Right? Sure. Is that right? Am I working this I out? I mean, there's flesh inside the coconut. But that's the seed. You're eating seed flesh. Then what's the juice? That's like, <laughs> it's got the juice. It's got it. Uh, that's like a, a, like a sunflower seed. You crack the seed open and there's the little meat in the middle that you're eating. So you're eating coconut meat. 
Okay. Right? Sure I'm going with this? Yeah. Right? Because mm. I'm okay saying like the part of the fruit that you eat that's before the seed is like the flesh of the fruit. Sure. So what is the interior of a seed? That's seed meat. Okay. <laughs> you can't call it seed flesh. That doesn't make any sense. Okay. All right. What, does that? I'm with you. Okay. So then, then you said dragon fruit. Thanks so much for this, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> so you said dragon fruit. Dragon fruit is the coolest and best looking, most flavorless fruit. Not in, yellow dragon fruit. In the tropical fruit. I'm not going to. Okay. I, I so do not accept this. White dragon fruit, worst dragon fruit. Period. Yeah. You can't change my mind on that. Okay. Red dragon fruit, I would put next, okay. and then yellow. Yellow is the best of the dragon fruit. Yes. Just like kiwis. All the other kiwis. I'm not a fan. Green, of red. For those all of, of those that, are awful. For those of you that are not on the kiwi, the yellow kiwi train, okay, I don't like kiwis. Never have. I never will. They're too tart. With that said, yellow, yellow kiwis, kiwis are so much better than green kiwis so as someone who they're, does not like a kiwi they're everything that you want a green kiwi to be it's like the difference between a granny smith apple and a fuji apple they are very good yeah and again it is it is still very good above not something i don't like so it's right. still in i don't like it territory but it is much better you don't like yellow kiwis? No, not a fan. Man, I spend a lot of money on yellow kiwis. Yeah, you do because like... Edison takes like two bites and throws it out and goes like, hey, no, I'm he doesn't. done with this. He scoops out like almost all of it. Now, but that's where you spend all that money. It wasn't me. I don't eat those things. Man, you're really missing doing. out. Also, yellow mangoes are the best mangoes. Yeah. As opposed to what other kind? Red, green. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, red, green, again, looks the best. Right. Right. The juxtaposition of the red skin on a dragon fruit and you cut it open and it's the white with the little black seeds. It's always disappointing. Looks the best. Most disappointing dragon fruit mm. ever. Which is a bummer because that's the dragon fruit your mom has. Yeah. It's the white one. It's always like, oh, yeah. It's fine. It's it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. All right. The next email is titled Corrections and Ham Stuff. And this is from Ken. Okay, Ken. Let's have it. Greetings, Josh and Leia. Hope your week has been going well. Hope your week has been going well. I hope everyone's week is going well. I know that by the time you read this, I will have been the seventh or eighth person to point this out. But here we go. <laughs> Josh was correct. Uh oh, wait. I thought this was about our satellite no. job of the hut. In the wizarding world, as in the real world, it would have been extremely likely that American wizarding would have different slang than British wizarding. Thank you. At the point of the Fantastic Beast movies, there was probably more than 400 years of magic history That's in right. the U.S. So the language would have evolved much as it has in real life. Here are some examples. American. Truck. Car trunk. Elevator. Apartment. Tennis shoe. Sweater. Cookie. British, lorry, boot, boot lift, lift, flat, trainer, jumper, biscuit. Yeah, I lost et cetera, et cetera. Those are some of my favorites. Lift as an elevator, boot is a trunk, lorry is a truck. There's a bunch of Hugh lorries running around. 
not knowing how a, uh, a an automatically cycling pistol works. <laughs> One of my favorite gifs. Hugh Laurie <laughs> on some movie set. Mm-hmm. He's got like a I don't know. It's like a 1911 or a bread or something like that. And he pulls the slide back and lets uh-huh. it go, and it just shoots off the end. <laughs> And it's you, Lori. So it's like, it just cracks me up, man. Um, I would concede that some of the things may go. evolve. Let it go. But like so much of it, like all the core things that are most likely the technical names for them are given different names. What is a technical name in the wizarding world? Like a portkey, yeah, they use the same name. Sure. Okay. Wand, yes. What what else you got? What what's the problem? Uh no madge versus muggle. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Okay. Fine. That's literally talking about American people who have a completely different colloquial base than the okay, British. Fair enough. Who are literally the source of lorry versus lift versus spanner versus wrench, flashlight versus torch, the whole thing. Okay. To me, the differences in American and British magical terms makes it that much more rich and believable. I agree. All right. You sold Again, me. world building. Mm-hmm. Now the ham stuff. I recently changed the eight meter element for my DX commander. I'm sorry, eighty meter I was element. Say eight. <laughs> eighty I meter found, element. I found a new band. I'm harvesting new bands. The elites don't want you to know <laughs> that the bands at the park are free. <laughs> I've got eighteen new bands. From my DX commander, <laughs> as I was not using that band much, just listening. I replaced it with a 30 meter element, not expecting to do any digital modes, but primary to, primarily to use it for the harmonic bands. Anyway, despite thinking I was not a digital mode guy, I downloaded WSJTX for my Mac and started making contacts on FT8. Actually, pretty fun. Started making contacts on eight meters. <laughs> it's all aliens. <laughs> Nothing but. <laughs> I figured out how to probe me through my radio. <laughs> That's where they've been depositing the QSL cards. <laughs> 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 They're calling it my P.O. box. <laughs> Okay, I gotta stop. That's, that's horrible because you know that aliens have gone paperless. <laughs> I think they sent some self-addressed stamped envelopes in there. And they got a couple of green notes as well. It's, it's not good, but I made a lot of content, so uh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm getting my extraterrestrial DXCC. <laughs> Who knew? Oh, yeah, that's right. Everyone knew except me. Anyway, thanks for talking about all what are we talking about? of amateur radio. There is something for everyone. Thanks again. 73NZ9KB. P.S. How would Leia read my call sign? Nuzcub New Zealand Cookie Biscuit? Oh. Uh, no, that is New Zealand Kilobyte. That's <laughs> a kilobyte. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. You got it, buddy. <laughs> That's... That's Thank a, you for a your kiwi email. Kilobyte. 
<laughs> it is. It's a crazy exchange rate. <laughs> no, it's for New Zealand. Yeah. That's the Kiwis. It's a crazy exchange rate for an American kilobyte. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Don't look into that. <laughs> the next email is titled Goose Flector. And this is from Douglas. While going to tech school in the hydraulics class, I designed a turret for hydraulic turret to mount an M60 or an M2. This design could be modified for Canadia geese. <laughs> Canadia? That's how you spelled it? Okay. Or you could use a couple of Yesu rotators for the job. They don't go fast enough for those geese. PETA, this is a joke. I don't actually want to shoot geese unless they attack me. Anyway, my radio hiking uh, pack-in is coming along. Good. Douglas. Well, thank you. Um, in the U.S., we don't have a problem shooting geese. Yeah. Yeah, because... I'd argue. I mean... We don't have a problem shooting most things. It's... um. Also, the Christmas goose is still actually a thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you don't shoot it, where did you get it? I mean, I don't know. There's a, <laughs> there's a certain level of freedom just being able to shoot stuff in America. Like, I don't know. That's 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 some of the best times <laughs> is when you can just shoot things. I, I, I know it sounds so dumb what I'm saying, but it's like it's pretty amazing. Like, I don't know how to express it to people that don't know it, like, haven't experienced you it. You mean I can just make shoots of? <laughs> like, fish in a barrel. <laughs> like, yes. Like, just, it, it is not in a barrel, literally. But, man, when I was, uh, I think that was what got me hooked on, like, shooting was when I was in Scouts. And Ed Fowler. Skills Fowl Day. No, no, oh. no, 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 <laughs> no. Jeez. Ed Fouts, Scoutmaster. Uh, we had a, everybody had to bring their camping bedroll, their little foam mat, and you, everybody had to lie down to shoot, which to this day, I think is actually a really solid way to teach people to shoot because they can't just like swing that thing all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. they, they've got to, they got to point down range. Mm -hmm. The rule was everybody points down range. You take the, take the firearm, you know, you learn how to load the magazine. While laying down? While laying down. Wow. Um, work the, work the charging handle, all that stuff. And they had this fantastic uh just assortment of steel targets mm -hmm. and they went way all the way out to a big gong what and i had you didn't ricochet off the gong my dad bought like I, I think it was like a thousand rounds of 22 which is two bricks it's basically two bricks mm -hmm. and i swear i just kept going back to my dad i need another i need another box just, just, just <laughs> i just have all of it just give me all the, the bullets and i just shot so much i was i've never just, heard this before oh i was so it was so much fun they had the, the dueling trees i was dueling people you know what a dueling tree is no it's a it's a vertical stand mm -hmm. and they've got little flippers and the right side is like your side the left side's their side or you know flip-flop whatever uh -huh. it doesn't matter and you shoot basically pretty much as fast as you can. And the, and the Skymaster didn't care as long as you weren't just going like f like feathering the trigger, you know, mm -hmm. just sliding your finger back and forth. But if you're shooting fast and you were fine, it's okay as long as you're pointing down range. And this was this was back when we could do this. I don't think we can anymore. They call it Skills Day now. 
but regardless. <laughs> and the dueling tree is you try to get all the flappers on their side. Okay. If you shoot all the flappers on their side, you win. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, we were doing all – there's the one where it's a vertical screw and it had like a nut with two flappers and you'd shoot the flapper and it'd spin around and go back and forth. Oh. It was it was so much fun. And I would sit there and the scoutmaster would say, who can hit the gong? And I'd be like, I'll hit that gong right now. And I was like, bang, 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 bang. And just ding, 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 ding. It was oh, so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. Still one of the one of my most uh, memorable days as a as a scout. And that was it. I was like, dude, this is shooting things. Just make shoots off. <laughs> and then you like take, you know, pumpkins and random stuff and just shoot it. Just it's it's, oh, it's so much fun. Where did you go for this? Uh Joshua Tree. Nice. I mean, I bet there are still those things. Yeah, you just got to be on, like, uh, BLM land. Okay. Yeah. Well, Douglas has a follow-up email titled, Funny. When Leia makes herself laugh, it reminds me of when my dad and I tell jokes. I find it funny. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> when you make yourself laugh. Gears. I wonder how she got to getting inside gears and cogs shows that she is a tired mother aka mother mother my brother and i tired our mother out on a daily basis it seems she has said that we were great boys selective remembering it seems. mommy brain drugs <laughs> is what we call that i wouldn't mind a two-hour podcast occasionally but not all the time ham radio is you cool have the choice douglas Espe <laughs> especially hf Douglas. Thank you, Douglas. Thank you, Douglas. I'd love to hear some of your dad jokes. Mm, day two. Happy day two to you, Leah. Happy day two to you as well. How okay. Are how are you? I'm okay. I've got a busy day tomorrow. Yeah. Gonna go hang out with Not a Rubicon. What time are you leaving? Uh, I'm supposed to be there by 10 a.m. So you're going to drop the kids off at school. Then. I'm going to drop the kids off yeah. from school and then I'm going to boogie. Yeah. I don't know that I'll be able to pick them up, though. FYI. That's okay. I have to be on campus for a magic show. <laughs> they invited the parents of the top fundraising earners, Aww. which is essentially like you gave the most money on behalf of your kid's name. Congratulations on making your money disappear. <laughs> Congratulations on paying way too much to attend this magic show. <laughs> Just like, oh, really? Thanks. Thanks so much for magic. I didn't even know the magic show was a thing, though. I didn't either until Edison came home talking about it. He's so excited about it. So excited. Yeah, that's the thing where they sold raffle tickets for $50 a piece. <laughs> and they both went in on that Nintendo yeah. Switch Lite. Yeah. <laughs> and They pooled their tickets together. And the reality is that they wouldn't get unfettered access to it even if they wanted in a raffle. That is it's... Ben's <laughs> biggest problem. Okay, I have two cell phones. I have my personal cell phone and I have a work cell phone. And I happen to go with an iPhone mini for my work cell phone. It's very tiny. It's cute. He thinks it's just the coolest thing because it's so small. It's kid size from his point it's of view. It's for a kid. 
And Why do so you have a kid's cell phone? He is That's just, a cell phone for a baby. <laughs> he's just blowing me up asking how much it costs and start my own <laughs> business so I can make money to get that. And I'm having to explain to him like service fees, like monthly service fees, all that. He I have explained that to him. And I just repeat it over and over again. But his point of view is he just wants something with Wi-Fi so he can kind of do whatever he wants with it. And I'm like, do you think like if you screw up, we're just going to let you hang on to that thing? Yeah. And, he, do, and do he's you like, think well, I bought it unfettered access to the internet he's like well if i bought it no like oh absolutely no, not no. you're you're all upside down on this yeah <laughs> so man all right today well, i got vertigo you for hours you did you were out of it yeah i you know i couldn't I, go into the office i had to take the kids to school pick the kids up i was supposed to go in like there was stuff i was supposed to do oh no yeah i'm yeah I may go in on Sunday. I haven't decided yet completely. But your dad's in town on Sunday. Oh, jeez. Okay. <laughs> There's no time, man. Why don't you go in tomorrow? Oh, because you're going to see another Rubicon. I'm going to see another Rubicon, and Saturday's the stream. Oh, man. That's crazy. And it's a short stream on Saturday. I just quit. I keep threatening to it. I just do it. It's a short stream it's on Saturday. It's the same length of stream. The stream is the same. The show is always the same. Oh, the, the after, after chat. chat's just not happening. Yeah. The after so spoiler alert for everybody listening. Happy birthday, Pop Pop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pop Pop. <laughs> Somebody had said in the uh, podcast channel, um, do you, <laughs> have you ever seen Community? 100%. That's where Pop Pop comes from. Yeah. Pop Pop. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's get going because we, we're both tired. We got to get down to the uh, voicemail annex again. <laughs> we're walk oh, we're walking all the way down again. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm, good. We needed mm -hmm. the cardio. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, it's true. Hi, Josh and Leah. Uh, this is Matt. And uh, it, it, you can't call it Leah's Love Line or Love Lounge or whatever that was. It's got to be ham related. So you've got to call it Leah's Love Shack. Nice. <gasps> Um, so I have been back to that park one time. That park ranger was not there. Misconnection. Uh, they were just uh, opening the park, and one of the other rangers saw me and asked, "Are you the radio guy?" And I said, she was yes. talking about you. She didn't see anything else, but just had a big smirk on her face. No idea what that was about. There's another uh, woman. Wait, did I, don't I get that? I don't want to keep going back there. I don't want to be creepy. I don't want to be stalkerish. Uh, I mean, I will go back a bit. See, it's uh, when, I, when I intend to actually play radio there for uh, for the sake of doing radio, though. I have so many. Uh, so, sorry, no updates. I just don't want to be creepy. Fair. And uh, that's about it. K7YEG out. Okay. Thanks, K-Yag. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about this. Um, you, can, you can go back to a place more often than not and also not be creepy. This is true. And it's only creepy if she sees you repeated times. If, the, if you go multiple times mm -hmm. and she only sees you once. <laughs> like if you that's go. That's normal. <laughs> if, you, if you think about it. If you get right down to it, a work week is five days. And if you go like once a month, that's yeah. totally reasonable, completely yeah. reasonable. Mm -hmm. 
but here's the thing. Okay, here's the thing with all this. If you are kind of like trolling around and not really, but she was talking about. That's him. what I'm saying. That's so. That's hold on. She we're getting mentions that. him. So to here's here's where you got. You know, I'm already. I already know that I'm I'm making this too much, right? You obviously can't just be like hanging out in the parking lot, staring, waiting for her to show up or something like that. Right. Right. It's right. got to be an incidental meeting. It has to be effortless. The whole thing needs to feel and appear effortless. Mm. So it needs to feel effortless, but in fact, you have to make some effort. <laughs> I'm saying on her part, it needs to feel effortless to her. Right. Right. And to appear as though you are yourself being effortless while also initiating can be difficult mm -hmm. the one thing i would say is stop overthinking it like you are already saying like i don't want to be weird and you are you know how like sometimes people like are on the left most far side of an issue mm -hmm. and the thing they worry about the most is becoming the farthest of the opposite side of mm -hmm. the issue mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so he is the farthest thing from creepy or weird right now mm -hmm. it was one time in, out, I'm gone, I gotta go. Mm -hmm. He is not weird or creepy at all. To become weird or creepy, you're gonna have to go all the way to the other side mm -hmm. of where he's at right now. Mm -hmm. So if that's the thing he's worrying about, stop worrying about it. Mm. You know what, everybody, don't listen to Josh oh my about God. this right now. Okay. Because Josh, the first time we met, would have been considered weird and creepy. You came up to me. No, but then you called me like five times the first night you got my number. I was I was drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so don't listen to Josh. <laughs> it did not seem effortless. <laughs> right. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. But that being said, if like you're coming to the park with a purpose, you want to go play You're radio. not going to see her. Right. If when you're rolling out of there and you stop and like then you spark a, a conversation, mm -hmm. then it's like no big thing. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Then it's like, again, effortless. You came to do the thing you were going to do. You mm -hmm. did the thing. Now you're leaving. Right. And then you chat for a little while. Cool. I think the natural evolution of this is you go you go play radio. If she's there, you say hi. Maybe you uh, become better friends. Maybe one day on your way to the park, you bring her some Starbucks. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> Maybe. That feels... That feels a little creepy. No, like, oh, I accidentally got a second Starbucks. Do With you your name it? on it. <laughs> Cute park ranger. <laughs> that's what's on the... I mean, that's a play, but I feel at a certain <laughs> age that stops being, like, the play. Why? Why? Know. Why at a certain age would just courting a, another person suddenly need to be n not courting? If anything, it should be more courting, <laughs> you know? All right, well, look forward to your updates. And thus far, not creepy. And also, you found out she was talking about you to her coworkers. Yeah, so you're good. Yeah. So, sounds like there's interest here. Yeah. On to the next voicemail. Mm -hmm. Hey, Leah and Josh, it's Ham Solo here, K0FYR, K-Fire. Hey, K-Fire. So I was listening to the podcast, and I don't normally respond to uh, things that y'all are saying on the podcast, but y'all were talking about the attic antennas, and I want to say that all of my shack antennas are attic antennas right now. So I have a 71-foot random wire up there, and I have an eight-band vertical MFJ uh, 
antenna up in the attic, and I know that I just talked to the Cayman Islands on that eight band vertical uh, uh, at 10 watts. Mm. And then last night on 40 meters, I talked to Cape Town, South Africa with 100 watts on my IC7300. Very respectable. So I uh, appreciate my attic antennas, don't have any problem with them, just wanted to say uh, I can get out with those. And so this is Ham Solo, K0FYR73. My attic is on the top of a 74-story building. (laughs) Hey, guys, Ham Solo again. Uh, Just thought about it, if I didn't mention... uh, when I was talking about Cape Town, South Africa, I Cape talked Town. to them single Cape sideband. So, I thought he said Cape Town. I was like, I didn't even know that there were that many Koreas in you thought South Africa. K-Town. Cool, cool. <laughs> You're gonna have some. K-Town. They've got some bomb dukbuki. <laughs> awesome. Not using a digital mode, just to clarify. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm on the way to Houston. I'm driving to the airport right now. Uh, but after that, I should be back up in Spokane, Washington, uh, flying up there. And I plan on uh, trying to activate my summit and park in Montana and a summit and park in Idaho on that trip. And uh, I'll report more once I get those uh, those under the belt, hopefully. So, again, this is Ham Solo, K0FYR73. Listen to some K-pop while I'm... You know... <laughs> You, you know, the gumption of K-Fire. He's like, I couldn't activate that state, so I'm going to activate that state from that state. <laughs> You're right, right, right. <laughs> With a handheld. I'm going to work all states. <laughs> I, I will I will note, um, okay, so you know how there's like, there's like the best way you can do something, and then there's a way you can do something that's totally fine, and it, the people who worry about the best way of doing it start to look a little weird mm. like sound a little weird like why like i just i just did this from my attic why are you giving me all this like fuss about putting the wire up <laughs> 60 feet in the air and you know all that stuff right you know what i mean right so I, I would like to point out that for the next five years or so we're gonna have tons of stories like this where extremely compromised antennas are still gonna make contacts and that's great that is that's the way she goes, right? Mm-hmm. That's just the way it is. Now, if you were on the opposite end of the solar cycle, um, the attic antennas won't do as well. That's just the reality of it. So, yeah, absolutely. Enjoy enjoy the propagation now that we have it. The propagation is all up uh, north of 100. And that's that's fantastic. That that's a yes, absolutely. You can make it. You can make tons of contacts with compromised antennas, and that's cool. Um, you know, on the flip side, and, and then obviously eighty meters during a solar high high point will not be that great. Um, but but still, enjoy it. Yeah, if it works for you, go nuts. Like th- this isn't like a um, I I I, f- I think less of you because you run an attic antenna. Right. Exactly. Far from it. Far from mm-hmm. it. I'm I'm generally coming from a place of I want everyone to get as many contacts as possible mm-hmm. i want it i want it to be effortless for right. you to make contact you don't want the bands to think you're working too hard i don't want the bands to think <laughs> a try hard creepster <laughs> right so yeah so that's part of it all right well yeah. thank you so much k fire for your voicemails and for uh clarifying your Attic and test Thank you. Situation. Yeah, and, and good job on the single sign bed. I thought that's what you meant, but but okay. Yeah. 
All right. Now we got to make our way back, oh, back up. Back up. Hiking on up. Can I jump in with an email I got that uh, they Absolutely. didn't know your email address, so they sent it directly to me? Solid. Okay. So this is Hurricane Ian for the podcast. Okay. Said, I couldn't find Leia's email anywhere on the HRCC website. Well, that's why you listen to the podcast, and it is Leia at hamtactical.com. I think it's in the show notes of the podcast. <laughs> show notes of the podcast is another way. Hello, Josh and Leia. This is in response to the guy saying it was hot after the hurricane. I don't know what part of the state he was in, but here just south of Tampa, the weather was nice and cool right after hurricane passed for about three days. We had the windows open. I was monitoring the SAR network before the hurricane and had a funny story about it. They were going over the network talking about how it would be used for just important messages and there shall be no casual communication until it's over. They went on for about a half hour checking people and towers in, then cutting off towers that people were kerchunking on or not following the rules. So when they finally got done in 73, someone played about 20 seconds of what sounded like porn audio. <gasps> then then the, Why? They then came back and said that would not be tolerated. Sounded all serious. I found it hilarious. It was the laugh we all needed. When facing such devastation, it was some relief to hear something that was not serious. I'm working on my tech, about 76% aptitude on hamstudy.org. That's your that's your cue. Go take the test. You pass 75, you're good. I work as an electrical engineer. Okay, even double that. <laughs> Just, he, he sat down on a lunch break and took a practice test. Go forth. Yeah, you're good. Uh, so many of the questions I already know the answers to. I've been listening to your podcast for probably about a year. So the questions wow. I didn't know, I have learned from listening to you guys. Wow, well, that's fantastic. Welcome to the you're tower. Go take it. Go take it. Welcome to listening. Welcome to podcast. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Great podcast. Keep up the great work. I'm allergic to bees. Oh, no. I've never had Skyline Chili, and Hawkeye is the worst Avenger. Thank you. 73. Thank you. So he's definitely listened for a while. Yes. He knew all the things to say. <laughs> well done, Chris. Um, although I can't believe you didn't catch the email. It's Maybe you should give it again. Yeah. Leia at hamtactical.com. <laughs> all right. Take it away, Leia. Thank you for letting me jump in with a... Well, thank you for your email and good luck on your test. Hey, by you're the way, gonna, you're, reminder: don't email me you're gonna your name. emails for the podcast. I just got lucky on this one and I caught it. Yeah, I just got lucky. That's it. So straight up, this is a, a well-tuned system now, in <laughs> yeah. which Josh doesn't have to check his emails for the podcast. I, I, yeah, don't <laughs> don't put that on me, guys. All right, the next email is titled "APRS is great." It is great. And this is from Kenny. Hi, Josh and Leah. My business trip last week from Boston to San Diego, your favorite airport, allowed me to put in some productive 1x hours of podcast oh, listening. Oh, putting some work in on well, the thank air. thank you. Nice, nice. Yeah. I finally caught up on the last couple of episodes while at 30,000 feet. Oh. Phew. Well, thanks for having us in the skies with you. Josh. <laughs> Also, everybody stop assuming I don't like San Diego Airport just because Leia does. We don't share a brain. I'm fine with that. Airport. I think he was talking to me. No, but other people have been like, hey, Josh, your your most hated airport, San Diego. And I'm like, I, hey, man. I hate it. <laughs> I've got nothing against San Diego Airport. Josh is like, I look forward to the day. I, I, I like I like bumpy landings. I like turbulence. I like the whole thing. You're such they, a weirdo. I know. I, I, it doesn't bother me. I, I don't know why this came up. 
mm-hmm. on my my reels feed because mm-hmm. I'm not on TikTok anymore. <laughs> I found the algorithm too effective. It was too good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I've got reels, which that algorithm sucks. It's literally a guy with with old microfiche. <laughs> it's like, <seems laughs> like gonna like might... this one. It's an old silent film <laughs> from nineteen tickety two. Do you want to see my vacation pictures? <laughs> it's just me and slides. Hey kids, remember slides? I play smoke on the water as backtrack. <laughs> so. Uh, we're we're obviously far enough out from nine eleven in terms of a date, right? Like the point in time, because every every year on nine eleven you see all of these videos again about the calls that were made from planes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and uh, there's one that always gets me, okay. and I didn't see it on nine eleven this year. Okay. Okay. And I was like, oh, I vaguely remember that. But at least I spent the entire holiday not devastated for this woman and her child. Mm-hmm. And then it came up today. On your reels? Yeah. Today? I know. Okay. And it was, uh, it's basically a message that um, a man was leaving. Uh, she, he called 911. I was mm-hmm. like, do you still record? your uh do you still record every call they're like yes and it's like okay i just have a message to give to my wife and the 911 operator is about to stop him uh but he's like listen i'm on a plane i'm fairly certain it's going down mm-hmm. i just need to leave a message for my wife she's pregnant right now oh and i'm my not goodness. gonna see my daughter's lifetime uh. right like and i'm just like oh my god why did you do this to me today i have vertigo <laughs> This is very sad. But anyways, every time something wonky happens on a plane now, mm-hmm. and I, I don't, I'm not generally a nervous flyer because I, I spent like a ton of time yeah, flying. Yeah, you, you, right? you did. Yeah, you have. Um, But now, because I fly so infrequently and <laughs> I just think about all of, like, not everyone on the plane could have known exactly what was going on. Do you know what I mean? Like there, there became a moment of realization. Okay. And so for me, when like there's turbulence or some weird plane maneuver, I'm like, oh no, is this? You think it's a jacking? Or 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 a, a plane crash in the end? Like it's always, it's never smooth sailing, and then whoopsie, right? <laughs> there's some things that happen beforehand that are okay. tip you off that things just aren't quite right. Okay. So I don't see plane rides as the roller coaster that you do. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I, probably the same reason I don't really care about going to Scary Farm. Mm. You know, <laughs> there's not that uh, thrill. I'm also not super into roller coasters anymore either. I think the last big one I went on was uh, Hang Time with You. And I was like, oh, no. This is obviously a young person's game. <laughs> a young have, person's game. I have too much. To and then you watch for. my dad running on a, a roller coaster with our kids. He really does love it. So Kenny continues, Josh, your recent video on APRS really resonated with me as I've fallen in love with that mode as well. I still have plenty to learn, but I am enjoying my APRS toolbox, which includes a Moby-linked TNC3 paired with an FT65HT in my home with the fabled $100 lap, uh, tablet. Okay. 
um, and an FTM 300 mm-hmm. in my Jeep. Sending texts and emails to my friends and family over RF is a ton of fun and hopefully a gateway drug for someone in my circle to get licensed. Mm-hmm. Not holding my breath on that, though. Just recently, I came across something called APRS Thursday, which seems pretty neat. While reading up on it, I'm learning about APRS servers, which is how this weekly APRS net operates. You can apparently subscribe to APRS servers and receive messages and alerts from a group. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? This net uses the ANS RVR server. Are there others we all should know about? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we talked about WinLink. We talked about SMS GTE. There is a uh, there is a way to spot yourself on the soda network with APRS, and I believe you can also do POTA activations. You can spot yourself in POTA with APRS. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Kenny says, also, you quickly mentioned getting WinLink alerts via APRS message. Yes. Do you have a video on how to set that up, or can you throw me a pointer on how you do oh, that? Oh, it's, it's literally, it's on the video, the APRS video, believe it or not. So when you beacon with mm-hmm. APRS, you have a little text phrase that you can type in. And I use, like, hashtag HRCC or Ham Radio Crash Course or mm-hmm. watch me on YouTube and, you know, blah, blah, blah. If you just type the word WinLink, that's it. Just WinLink on your beacon. It'll oh. fire back a message with all the, the emails you have in your inbox. Oh, cool. Yep. All right. Well, K- Kenny signs off. Many thanks and long live APRS. 73 Kenny KC1 IIQ. I like it. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, I love I love talking to people who are kind of like discovering the wider world of APRS. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not that wide, but the point is is that a lot of people have radios or the capability to do APRS and they kind of thought, "Oh, this is beacon only. I don't want people to know where I'm at." Mm-hmm. That's like the nothingest part of it. Like don't beacon. You don't have to beacon. Right. No one cares. Mm-hmm. It's all this other stuff you can do that's really really fun. So if you haven't seen my video on that, go check it out. All right. Well, Kenny, hope Josh answered your question and thank you for your email. The next email is titled Attic Antennas, Hams in the Wild and English versus American Words. Uh Oh, here we go. And this is from Edward. (laughs) We're going to piss a lot of people (laughs) off. Here we go. K-U-3-R-R-Y. Okay. Hey, Leanne, Josh. I feel like I'm bordering on harassing you guys, but I'm really enjoying the postcast and love hearing your banter. I wanted to email a few items that What's I a thought of. What's going on now? I'm assuming it's podcast. Does he bug our house or something? <laughs> What's going on here? I wanted to email a few items that I thought of while listening to your latest show. Mm-hmm. Attic antennas. Mm. Before I got my license, I was asking around about installing antennas in the attic, but got the impression attic antennas just wouldn't work. My reasoning isn't to hide my antennas from the post-apocalyptic Mad Max gang zombies or the HOA. Mm. HOA is pretty much as bad as gangs and zombies, though. (laughs) But that's just Karens. (laughs) Oh my God, zombie Karens. You can never get rid of them. Just keep reanimating. Oh, <laughs> just... my God. It is pro- to protect them from 150 to 170 mile per hour winds that come with hurricanes. I would like to lower the risk of my antenna being 
becoming part of a finder's keeper situation. <laughs> you can do both. And we just heard from K-Fire how it was K-Fire, right? Mm -hmm. was, yeah. Um, how, how well he does with his attic antenna. You can do both. A little wire. Sure. You can put up a cheap fan dipole in your attic as a good backup. Your attic likely has a point where it's tall enough that you can cram a two meter and 70 centimeter antenna in there as well. And you know what? That's totally fine. The only thing you have to worry about with attic antennas is any kind of galvanized steel roofing. Any kind of metal roofing above it, that's a that's a Faraday cage. Completely will kill you all your, your signal. Oh, no. Won't get out. Won't get in, won't get out. All right. Radiant barriers do that too. Well, Edward says... Uh, but I have been quite happy with my two meter dipole and my Slim Jim two meter in my attic. Great. In my most humble and newbie opinion, the best antenna is one you can use. I'm currently telling myself this to get on more bands and recently built the ARRL and fed half wave antenna to throw up a tree. Good for you. Good antenna. Good kit. Right on. Good little kit, $45 kit, mm -hmm. 6 to 40 meters specified, but I'm able to tune 6 to 80 meters using the FT991A internal tuner. I have a live email update. Live. Okay. Podbean just replied to me. Okay. They said, thanks for your continued patience. As for the fast forward issue on Android apps, our tech team has fixed it. The function should have worked well now could you please check thanks for your understanding in advance thanks for being a pod bean user so i don't bean. i don't know if that's been a week <laughs> damn near killed it damn near killed the podcast um i so i don't know if it fixed all of the things but um i'm hearing back from pod bean that they went off and looked into it so i find that very interesting. well they fixed that and broke something else now it doesn't work on the Apple platform. Now we're just, yeah. now we're all at 2x speed. Yeah. <laughs> Locked in. Now, fast forward works, but you can't go back and it's at 2x speed and you can't slow it down. <laughs> so that's how they got around that problem. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Jeez. Hams in the wild. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, I was, watch out for those feral hams. I was also at the Ozone Ham Fest in Slidell and met Wes the Leatherman, and I had no idea who he was. <laughs> Just a really nice guy with some cool stuff. Don said hi. He remembered Wes. We talked about it after Ham Nation. Awesome. So right on, Wes. <laughs> you made an impression for Don. It must have been the Ashless Chaps that he was yeah. <laughs> Just it was, the, the chaps were so finely tooled. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The best tools. Yeah. Who wouldn't remember? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> It wasn't until you read my first email that a local ham told me he heard it and that he met Wes also. Even Damn, then, Wes meeting everybody. I didn't relate Wes to your podcast. Just thought this guy must be really popular. That is, until I heard you read his email last week. Now it all clicked together. This isn't really hams in the wild as it was a ham fest. It's, it's Wes in Can the I, wild is really what it is. Can I still count it? It's funny, and I wanted to say thank you, as it is clear you guys are doing a really great job entertaining the ham community. Mm -hmm. It, I mean... Thank you. It would be hams, like, in person, but a ham in the wild is where you're just minding your own business, mm -hmm. and then suddenly you happen upon another ham, unsuspectingly. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's Other, in the wild. Otherwise, that's Otherwise, all. you'd be caw the whole time you were at a ham fest. 
That's still not a thing? No, and it's not going to be a thing. We go, Kerchunk, Kerchunk. Okay, fair. Kerchunk, Kerchunk. You should do that. That should be the call. The call of the ham. (laughs) No. I don't think so. so when you see somebody else who is a uh, an HRCC member in the wild, you go kerchunk, <laughs> and they've got a kerchunk back, right? Right. Uh, the fun thing to do when you were at a Target for baby wearing mm-hmm. is you'd be in an aisle mm-hmm. and just randomly you would hear someone go caca, <laughs> and then you would caca back, and then uh, you try to go find each other. Based on the location of your call, and then your babies do a fist bump <laughs> from their carriers. Yeah, no, because you don't use forward facing. That's carriers. right. We don't use crotched anglers. Yeah, they must there be- was probably some people listening that were just yeah. offended. <laughs> it's just it's not good for their hips. Mm-hmm. Not good for their hip d- development. So, is that actually true? Um, I I mean, it looks it looks like you're gonna snap a baby's leg off. Like, I, I just feel I'm going to hook a leg on something and just rip the whole leg right off. That's possible. It's the same reason you're not supposed to go down a slide with a baby. Like, oh, you shouldn't you scream that at me. And I'm like, we're fine. No, because the a kid's leg could get stuck. And then if they were riding by themselves, mm-hmm. they would be fine. Right. But your weight And then I is slide dragging. over the top of them, just breaking no. all the leg and parts. Lots of broken legs from that. Though. Yeah, because they're not holding the kid right. Sure. I literally okay. held the kid on top of me. He wasn't like between my legs Listen, in front of me. Baby things work yeah. off of lowest common denominator, okay? I get it. You got to make it so that babies won't die if in the care of stupid people. I get it, yeah. All right, so English and American words. It seems for the past few episodes, you have mentioned a few things about British words. I think lift versus elevator and mate were a few. Mm -hmm. I grew up in South England and moved to Louisiana 10 years ago this month. (laughs) No. That's actually pretty interesting because then you got like a Creole influence potentially, which is like a French influence. There are so many words that are different, and still today, I get the odd occasion where I use the wrong phrase or word. So here are some memorable ones I have. English, torch, American. Flashlight. Flashlight. It was also the first time someone had used the phrase, you're not from around these parts, are you? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You know what's really funny is my best friend Sarah, who is, she has a brilliant mind, okay? Mm -hmm. Typically, top of her class... uh, from you know an early age mm-hmm. when she started using because we didn't actually have this is really going to date us but we didn't have word processors when we started writing papers in school we had like handwriting and typewriters and i, I had a hot minute where i had a couple of essays that i did on typewriters mm-hmm. so the ability to use like a something like word to type up your paper mm-hmm. didn't really happen for us until after we had already started writing papers for school, right? Mm-hmm. So when we started using Word, there are multiple dictionaries. Yes. Right? Instead of choosing the U.S. English dictionary for her spell check, mm-hmm. my dear friend Sarah chose the UK version of the English dictionary. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Okay. So when she went through and the guy spell checked everything, it corrected a bunch of words that she got marked wrong on her paper. Okay. So, uh, and I laugh because there are certain words that Edward is spelling a specific way in this email. Like what? Give us an example, because otherwise this isn't going to make any sense to me. Like torch. There's a U in it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's a few different things in this email. Um, and it wasn't until he said that he grew up in South England that I was like, ah, not wrong. <laughs> there. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, the next one is English. Rubber. American. Eraser. I found this out at work as I was going that around means something else in the in the, in the Americas. I was going around asking my colleagues and assistants for the stationery that I needed. <laughs> yeah, guys got a rubber. I need a, I need a rubber. <laughs> I really have to rub this one out. <laughs> I got I got a complete document right now. And that's how I met our lovely HR representative. <laughs> English rubber ring. American, inner tube, thing for the pool. Mm -hmm. My realization of this word, having a different meaning, came about when a group of us went tubing and I couldn't get a straight answer when I asked if we needed to bring our own rubber rings. (laughs) Good. English, chips. That's fries, we know that. French fries. I knew this long before I moved here, but at one point I bought a burger and chips. I have never been so disappointed when they opened a packet of crisps, (laughs) potato chips, and dumped them on my plate. There actually is not anything more disappointing than eating potato chips with a burger. It is. uh, (laughs) Okay. We, We do employee appreciation. You know, we have an event at work. Yeah. And they have the Habit Burger and In-N-Out. And they're, they're trucks. They're catering trucks. Okay? They had six In-N-Out trucks mm-hmm. and six Habit trucks. Mm-hmm. That's how many people we're talking about feeding, sure. right? Uh-huh. And because of it and just the, the volume that they're moving, they don't do fries. They do a bag of chips. It's insulting. And it's almost like, it's like I, yes, I like the burger, but I really do like the Habit fries. The habit yeah. fries are better than In and Out fries. Mm. Yeah, they are. Like they are. In and Out fries, they're all animal fries for me, and that's it. Like I don't really like. I, I like fries how otherwise. real potatoey the oh In and Out fries. Are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you see them, cut them, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh, see, that's they're fresh. emo. That's. <laughs> I saw them cut themselves. It's like just just bring a couple more trucks, and make the fries. <laughs> like have fry trucks. It's the time it takes. You're talking about thousands and thousands of people. Okay. So you par fry them and then you have palm frites. This is in it. Well, actually, I think in and out does a, a double fry. I could be wrong. All right. Maybe I'm wrong. I might be wrong. Keep, keep going. Sorry. You're just going to crisp them up. No, already no, no, no. Just crisp them up. Now you're crazy. Yeah. I, I don't think that works. <laughs> Not at volume. There are lots more, but these are the ones that stood out. And yes, mate, a common phrase in my part of England you can use if uh, love or hate someone. Y'all right, mate? Said to a friend or acquaintance. Y'all right, mate? (laughs) Said to someone that has you upset uh, and you're about to get in a little tiff with. It's a very versatile word. For whom you are about to glass. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's all for now. Thanks again for the giggles. Cheers, 73, Edward, K-U-3-R-R-Y. And Edward, your call sign is Curry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. That's perfect. Well done. Very well done. Thank you so much. I, I'd love to hear more stories about embarrassing times that you used British words. <laughs> That's... Well, there's one I time I was it. trying to get a cigarette. <laughs> All right. The next email is titled Art in Public Places. Uh, yes. And this is from Douglas. While I disagree with public funding for art, if it exists, might as well make it very functional, like amateur radio for public safety. Douglas, KI7LIK. So normally I would tell you public funding mm -hmm. for art. Like, I think most of that should actually come from nonprofits, 501c3s, that. Uh, we that agree specialize that in this. We do not want the public funds going towards art. Right. I, I think we both agree. And I, I don't. Uh, By the way, that's not what we were talking about with Cerritos. It kind of is because a fee is essentially a tax and you're required to pay it if your development oh, is because over you're a paying certain... the you're telling the business they must pay to put the art in. So that is basically so either the they put That's the true. art in or they take that money and give it to the city yes. for them to do it. My fundamental rule is I do not want the government to pick winners and losers. Mm -hmm. Period. Mm -hmm. I just don't want the government uh, getting involved mm -hmm. with most things that involve the exchange. Of we money. we are very much ron swanson <laughs> like very much ron swanson in a non-ironic way that we we were this way before parks and rec it's very difficult because i uh i'm also very like socially you do you yeah you know sure and fiscally I want to do me with my money and the government <laughs> shove off. Okay. Kick rocks. I'm, I'm willing to pay for shared services. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, but I almost think it should be like uh, not so much taxation, mm -hmm. but like my water bill or my... Um, there are instances where I'll even go so far as to say socialized systems work because you have a group of people that are all on board. Yes. Sharing our funds. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have no problem with that. No problem whatsoever. Yeah. It's when the government does government things and makes people get into these arrangements because they have to. It's the only way they can they can get the costs to work, right? Because in my mind, the government is basically now a company and every government employee from the politicians and they don't down. work that way right we don't we don't get we don't get an end of the year statement on how they did right right we, we don't get to vote to get rid of bills that aren't actually working to do the thing like the war on drugs how much yeah. money do we spend try on to repeal something that has been passed that's so that's why i've that always thought that worst. like taxes and laws and other things expiration have have, dates have, they have to have a stipulation that you bring it back it's got to come back right and unless you do something to prove it actually did the thing you wanted it to do mm -hmm. it gets canceled yeah nullified that's yeah. what i want i want that more than than many many things that's what i would like to see 
I think that there is a ton of overhead in the government. There has to be. There has to be. Because there is just, there's, it's very hard to get fired <laughs> from a government job. I mean, with with the with the whole working your wage thing that's going on. Oh yeah. Can you imagine what that must be like at government institutions? That's got to be. That's true. And I'm not even I'm not even against these people. I'm not even saying don't you know no no you got to go work real hard. I'm not even saying that. I'm sure that for many people their jobs are an absolute nightmare. Right. No question. Mm -hmm. I'm not attacking them by like, you shouldn't be doing the work in your wage thing. But because of like, I, I, there are so many processes in my job that I absolutely hate. And I just, how much, how much juice do I have to squeeze to go after all these inefficiencies? It's impossible. Right. Right. But then you face a situation where because you cannot trim the fat, it's just too big. Yeah, absolutely. And then you have politicians who are fully aware that if they take the government money Mm -hmm. and they spend it on certain like special interests, I'm not not even talking like lobbyist special interests, but just by and large, like a specific group of, um, of voters that always show out, right? A a vocal minority or a a special interest group that is vocal. Right. Or has a lot of sway in some way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That it behooves politicians to now take public money and spend it on special interest because right. they're buying votes. That's that's literally picking winners and losers. It's awful. That so it's... like all those grants that the that government gives to do like special art projects and stuff like that. Mhm. Do you know how many starving artists there are out there? Right. They all want a piece of that action, but only mm-hmm. so many can actually get that money. That's picking a winner and picking mm-hmm. a loser, right? Yeah. We, we're giving the money to these people to let them win, to bring it back to the art thing, right? There are – how many how many sculpture artists are out there that does sculptures for Cerritos? I don't think there are that many, actually. So they keep going back to the same people, but arguably there's probably more sculpture artists – that work in bronze, I think that's kind of difficult, actually. Bronze? Like top top tier bronze. Uh, a a metal that you can cast. Mm. Bronze is a casting metal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not. You I'm still not, have to sculpt it to make the cast. Well, you got to build. It, yeah. Depending on how big it is, at some point, building a mold for that is re- completely ridiculous. Anyway, what I'm saying is, is that. Do I think the city is actually going out there and finding the most downtrodden bronze sculptor out there? No. I Am I saying they should? Bid. Yeah, they go out to bid, and then it turns into the whole government, you know, dog and pony show. And, just, and, and the bidding process, we know that's not 100% fair. We know that. It's not, because... By like, definition. How many people actually have time to go and check the bids no. constantly? But but even know? then, like, not everything that's done in a bid is purely based on the merits. Right. It's not based on just pure price or... No, of course pure, not. Yeah, exactly. I know that... And, and that's the other thing is everybody's like, well, it's always the, the one who has the lowest bid. It is not. Oh, and this is actually the worst part of the whole thing, is that once somebody gets a government contract, oh, a yeah. lot of times... They're like the preferred... Like an additional 
contracts mm-hmm. will actually be shoved under a already bid contract right. as a change order. Yeah, because why not? We already have somebody that's fully pot committed. They already are mobilized and working. Right. And it costs it, money it to go out to bid. Yes. It's, it's a huge uh, like endeavor for people to Particularly draft RFPs. If you're trying to meet a schedule yeah. as well, mm-hmm. and you know that it's going to take you six months down the pipe before you even get some of the drafts back. Yeah. Your proposal is back, and then you can down select. It's, yes, it's like we got this guy who's got a bunch of bronze. And, and give it and, to that guy. And anybody who's worked with contracts, you know that change orders are actually billed at a much higher profit much percentage, higher. much higher. than an, an original. Oh, I was bid. already almost done. I I turned my bronze heater off. Yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna have to sacrifice a goat to, <laughs> have to beat so many goats to get this going again so in your mind bronze statue artists don't live in modern day yeah no <laughs> no they're living in some kind of time war ye, ye old and, roman land <laughs> so they just take these rfps and chuck it into a time machine <laughs> and well, that's then... gonna require us to climb up to the oracle <laughs> they've got to read our fortune It might as well be that, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Our proposal, as always, will come back to you in the form of a vellum scroll. (laughs) And then Poseidon gets in the mix. Well, he delivers it. Everything's wet. He delivers it. We're in Rome. Yeah. (laughs) How do you think you get this? What is a Cerritos? (laughs) Cerritos has been in so many TV shows lately. There's like a new one called The Neighbors. And then the guy's talking about where something could be. And he starts listing uh, cities in like the South Bay and like South LA area. And then somebody goes, are are you thinking about Cerritos? And he's like, I wish it was Cerritos. (laughs) If if it wasn't a Cerritos, that'd be great. (laughs) And that's the first time I heard anything positive about Cerritos. Cerritos is okay. It's, I mean, it's good. I don't like living here. I don't think that it's like a destination location. No, Cerritos is like um, a very well-balanced suburb. It's not like Stepford Wives, like Irvine, where you feel like you're driving through a simulation. <laughs> right? Like Stepford Wives, but it's 50% Asian, 50% white. It's, I think it's more than 50% Asian now. Right, but the Stepford quote. They literally have multiple Chinese schools in Irvine oh that are my God. very well established. That's like 50 Chinese people. Chinese schools are like thousands of I'm people. Ki- I'm kidding. Like, God. God. Just, oh, oh, God. Uh, but then, and but Cerritos has this kind of like, we've got great schools. Our houses aren't outlandishly priced. I mean, or, they're outlandishly priced now. But that's not in comparison to everywhere else. I, we got, nobody we got moved okay, to California. <laughs> nobody moved to California. I'm not saying I don't want you to move to California. I do. But it is like, it's way too expensive here. So one of my best friends works for Edison. And Edison has no business. <laughs> Southern California Edison. That's, not our that son, child. Edison. That's half no, of the problem. Though our kids joke around about how you work for Edison. <laughs> Everybody does. Yeah. Like, no, I see it. I see it. Yeah. It's got big plans. So uh, there was a conference out in Kansas 
last week that she had to attend for. She spent a, uh, like a week in Kansas. Wow. Okay. How'd she do? And it's because she works in recruiting. She does. Yes. Okay. We, uh, we, she and I have had actually really interesting, funny conversations yes. <laughs> in recruiting because she's on the the, acqui- the 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 talent acquisition side of it. Yes. And I'm the management hiring side. Yes. Of it. And, and you guys oh just my god. Fight and fight. And no, we don't fight. It's just <laughs> it, it's it's really interesting to hear the same stories but from a different viewpoint. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's the same game. But anyway, keep going, sorry. So we're really drawing this one out. So she uh goes out and there's lineman games out there at this event line so, linemen like electrical yes linemen li- so they do things like who Climbing can climb the pole, the pole yeah. and do whatever the fastest the rapid Just, splice and i'm like who who erected all those poles <laughs> like why there's so many poles out there because like i'm watching oh, her videos oh, okay okay i was these like things. yeah 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 and she was like yeah you know i was just out there to kind of recruit people and i was like you went to kansas to recruit people like you are not getting people who live in kansas to come to california I, but i That's... i do have to say like if you are working for a power company yeah going to the lineman games seems <laughs> like the Super Bowl. Yes. That's like the Super Bowl of power company. That's a very fast lineman. Let's make him an offer right now. That He has management material all over him. So she was like, He's joining yeah. the special forces yeah. of linemen. She goes, yeah, actually, uh, we don't have very much luck recruiting people from other parts of the state but we meet people from california who go to the lineman games and that's who we're trying to poach that is the weirdest (laughs) that is freaking wild man that's crazy and i mean they can't openly poach right because like they absolutely well they there's this uh they all know honor amongst power companies (laughs) honor amongst thieves is what you meant to say so I just thought that was interesting. I was like, you know, Helen, you could save yourself a trip. My favorite. If you just do the Lyman games in California. <laughs> could you imagine? My favorite no honor amongst talents acquisition. Yeah. Just to show you how different aerospace is. Freaking Raytheon pulls yeah. up in our parking lot. Mm-hmm. Ice cream truck. Ice cream truck. Yep. <laughs> and to get an ice cream, you had to give them your contact info. Yep. What? absolute a-holes i was so mad when i heard that i've heard of boeing doing things like this too they boeing had a well now everybody knows where i work boeing had a car like i wasn't going to give another company i still had a you know well i guess you got a 50 50 plenty of companies there's Eh. aerospace oh yeah that's where i work (laughs) there's uh tyson krupp tyson krupp yeah, or is I it love Thiessen their, Krupp? I love their chicken. <laughs> yeah. Thiessen Krupp. Like a... It's definitely Lockheed Martin. That's where it Yeah. <laughs> Boeing had a... You know you could get those trucks that had the TVs on the side? Yes. It was just playing an ad, mm-hmm. and it would drive around the campus all day. That's all it would do. <laughs> Check us out. What the actual like, hell? <laughs> Heard you were miserable. Look at our sign. <laughs> We got a plain thing, too, that's all black. <laughs> you want to come work on this black plane? It's pretty much the same. <laughs> this one's a bit bigger. This one's a bit smaller. This one doesn't have anyone in it at all. <laughs> but it's a black plane. 
I saw a meme where somebody was like very upset that a plane was painted can- camouflage. Oh my! <laughs> but it makes sense if the top of the plane is painted camouflage because things from above it, it would. Yeah. Right. And then below it has to be painted sky. Right. Yeah. So let's <laughs> take a moment here to belabor this already long <laughs> tangent we've gone on. Um, when is a plane most vulnerable? When it's parked on the ground, easily to be bombed, or when it's doing 700 miles an hour in the sky? And it doesn't matter what color it is at that point, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, we, we camouflage them based off of what could bomb them, generally. So they should be black because they sit on black tops. No, right? they're, they're black because they're they're radar. For night. No. Well, yeah, they do. They do often work at night. That yeah. is true. Um, but because they're, you know, they're they're stealth, stealth planes. Mm, yeah, mm. Yeah. All right. Well, the next email is titled Poda, Joda, and G90, oh my. And I want you to know how absolutely stupid Gmail is because this comes from um, Todd Fish, okay? All right, Todd Fish. And I wouldn't normally say Todd's last name. You would not. You would not. That is true. Except it gave me a phishing warning. (laughs) I don't normally get phishing warnings. And I'm like... What? Oh God! <laughs> the trials and tribulations you must have gone through in your life, and it's got this massive or a yellow warning: report phishing. This is a really dumb hacker. <laughs> Suspicious fish in the in the title. This guy's literally the dumbest hacker alive. <laughs> but we still gotta warn you. All right. He tried to throw us off with Todd, but we we knew what the game was about. <laughs> Todd starts out new email. Who dis? <laughs> a hacker. That's exactly what a hacker would say. This is Todd, the car- the cargo shorts wearing ham. <laughs> Do you like my new email address? <laughs> Google does. I'm now a cool kid with a call sign email account. We'll see if the name com- comes over correctly. It's just your name, Todd. <laughs> like, I didn't see a call sign, but I, let me check. Oh, yeah. Nice. Maybe maybe the issue wasn't Todd's last name so much as it was a series of letters and numbers. He was using elite hacker speak. He had a lowercase x next to an uppercase x in the front and the back of his name. (laughs) Hold on to your butts. This might be the longest email I have ever written. Okay. I just have to share my experience from this past weekend. I'm a cub master for Pac-13 out of Piedmont, South Carolina. This past weekend, our cub family was our cub family weekend. Mm-hmm. We take the Cub Scouts up to the BSA camp nice. where they hold all the council's big events. For those who aren't familiar with scouting, just imagine the camp from any movie that you watched as a kid about summer camp and you have a good idea of what this place is. The scouts it's a lot of scouts. The entire day running around, learning how to start fires, fishing, playing games, shooting BB guns, shooting arrows, and just having fun being a kid in nature. Every and mother's nightmare. And that's fishing. like Fishing with BB guns. No, that's, 
That's fishing with a pole, not fishing with an email. Fishing okay, for, <laughs> fishing for credit card number. <laughs> this event has been on the pack calendar for a while. When I found out it was the same weekend as Joda, I was a little disappointed. You would think it would be a perfect opportunity, but as a cub master... Cubs don't do jamboree. I will have 12 children and 12 adults to keep track of. Cubs get invited to Jamboree, but mm-hmm. Jamboree is boys is scouts. Mm-hmm. Um, answer all their questions about scouting and cook for. Not to mention spend some quality with time with my own child, who is a wee below, we be loyal scouts. Mm. Did he put that or you did? He did. Okay. <laughs> The short story is that the committee chair convinced me to bring my stuff, quote unquote, just in case. Bring your stuff, man. We're going <laughs> to we're going to steal some identities. <laughs> I've been to this camp many times in the past seven years. I have two sons in scouting, a 14 year old and a nine year old. Oh, you've got a bear. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Or no, is that that nine? would be nine could also be. No. What comes after bear? Well, we below. We below one. Yeah. And then we below two in fifth grade. And then they go. Like an electric boogaloo. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, so uh, oh nine... I want to get you into the log, but I'm going to go ahead and need your social security number to lock that in. <laughs> and your date of birth. Thank you very much. So uh, you have a nine-year-old we below. Got it. Okay. I have Because a... Ben's late in the year. Yeah. Right. No, he's first in the year because he missed the September 1st cutoff for birthdays. So he's like one of the oldest kids in his class. Okay. I know the noise floor up there is non-existent and I've made some good contacts from there in the past. So I think, what the hell? We'll give it a shot. I pack up my G90, a not so random wire antenna and a battery. I throw my true SDX, uh, and a CW key, just in case they want to practice keying their names in Morse code. I love it. I love that. The kids, day kids arrives. I love that. Luckily, the camp stuff is hauling each pack's equipment to the campsite. It's always a good day when you don't have to lug your Blackstone grill and propane tank halfway up the mountain. We attend the camp's opening ceremony and then head to the archery range. After the kids realize that archery in real life is way harder than Minecraft, we head over to the meadow where they play games. Ben loves. Oh, I archery. would. I, I would sit at the archery. Loves archery. The ar- When I first started going to camp, when I was a young scout, I would just stay at the archery like the whole time, because I don't think first years could do the rifle shooting. And then the next year, I was at the rifle shooting range all day. Um, I don't know that I actually competed. For, I don't think I got any of the shooting merit badges. Wow. I just went to shoot. I didn't want to, like, get all fancy with it. I just wanted to shoot. That's all I wanted. Ben loved archery so much when you guys went to Skills Day Mm -hmm. that I almost enrolled him in an archery class. Yeah, because we're not doing it in our backyard. No. (laughs) He was bugging the crap out of us to, like, set up an archery target. I'm like, dog. I'm like, you are going to hurt some people. (laughs) You are a liability. (laughs) Uh, we head over to the meadow where they play games, a.k.a. try to run the energy out of them. Next is fire starting, again, harder than Minecraft, and not tying. Turns out we have an amazing, self-sufficient group of parents and well-behaved scouts, or at least well-behaved for grade schoolers. Mm. During lunch, I'm able to throw a line in a tree and hoist my random wire antenna up high enough that no one will run into it. 
<laughs> Good call. It is just long enough to make it to a bench for me to set my G90 on. I get everything hooked up and turned on. The radio is already on 20 meters. Check the SWR. It's a little high. I hit the tuner button. After a brief clickety-clack sound, I check again. Flatlined. One-to-one, baby. We are good to go. I start turning the dial. Poda station, Poda station, Ragchu, Cuso party, some HF net. There is no one that seems patient enough to talk to some eight and nine-year-olds on the radio. Then I hear it. A high-pitched voice talking about how long he has been in scouts Perfect. and that he is a tenderfoot. Bazinga, we did it. This is going Bazinga. to be awesome. I look at my watch. Crap, time to go fishing. After fishing, car racing and BB guns. It's back to the campsite for dinner. Oh, wait, I have 30 minutes until I need to cook dinner. Time to play radio. Poda pileups, QSO pileups, jump down to 40 meters, same thing, back up to 20 meters, same thing. Wait, what was that? Something about one more scout? This could be it. Nope, never mind. The troop is being kicked out of whatever area they're in. Hey, that looks like a booming station on the waterfall. Let's check it out. Somebody speaking Spanish. Sadly, after three years in high school and two semesters in college, I can't. It did get the attention of some scouts and a dad who proceeds to come over and ask me a lot of questions about amateur radio. Time to make dinner. After cooking... I ignore him. <laughs> I just leave. After cooking, eating, and cleaning up the grill, there's no time left for radio. Off to the campfire to watch skits and jokes, we return to the campsite. By now it is super dark. Everyone wants a fire. I get one going. I have pretty much given up on making any contacts. I tend to the fire and make small talk. A little time goes by. A dad has stepped up to tend to the fire. The scout moms are having their own conversation, and a couple of dads are chatting about something else. I have some free time. Off to the radio I go. Since 20 meter and 40 meter were a bust, I decide to move up the bands. 17 meter, nothing. At night, no. 15 meter, POTA station. Wait. Did he say California? I need California. I put my call sign out. No luck. He completes a contact. I put it out again. Bam. He comes back. We exchange signal reports. At this point, I think I imagine that he's in California. He says he's in Park K0640, but I don't have any cell coverage to check. I keep looking. I find someone having a very laid-back conversation. They're talking about what radio and antenna they're using. I start writing down the call signs. One of them is W1A something. Then he starts another QSO. The call sign is W1AW something. No, what? The QSO ends. I throw my call, a call sign out. He comes back W1AW slash six. Uh His name is Bill. He says he's in California. W1AW. Okay. So he it's is the, the ARRL. Hmm. Okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. He is more than willing to talk to some scouts. I call them over. They all take turns dealing with Mike Fright. Bill chuckles at the one-word answers to his questions about scouting and what they have done today. Finally, the bands start to fade and the scouts move on to playing manhunt or some other type of game that is way Snipe more hunting. fun in the dark. Snipe hunting. What's snipe hunting? You, you've never been snipe hunting? What is snipe hunting? Well, it's finding and hunting snipe. It's a, it's like a, it's a name. Like a rodent. 
yeah. rodent. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. You've never been snipe hunting? No. Why would I ever go snipe hunting? Well, they're scared of the dark. Okay. That's the first thing you have to learn about snipe. Why would they be out in the dark if they're afraid? No, I'm saying like, sorry, they're scared of light. So you have to, <laughs> you have to not have like headlamps or flashlights on, right? When you hunt snipe. Okay. And the way you, um, it, their call is kind of like soft tapping of rocks. Okay. So you have to go find generally smooth rocks. Okay. And you kind of bang them together. Okay. And you'll hear them. And they're generally... And they'll bang back or... Let's... Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a call and... <laughs> and so you send a bunch of scouts, 10 or so is really good, with a bunch of smooth rocks mm-hmm. into the darkness <laughs> and tell them to call and receive banging rock noises anymore <laughs> they're just doing it to each other <laughs> don't snipe they are the snipes they are the snipes <laughs> one year <laughs> when do they realize one year uh there was a how long did it take for you to realize what a scam this was it's <laughs> <laughs> like immediately um one year they were in like Joshua Tree or something like that. And one of the kids, again, because it's in the dark, you're specifically told you can't have a flashlight, just walked right into a cactus. Oh, no. Like a hundred <laughs> spikes in, in his body. And so that was what people got to do is it, Scoutmasters had to remove. That kind of stuff doesn't play anymore. You can't you can't do that stuff in Scouts anymore, I, I believe. Uh, but yeah, he, he got a... He, <laughs> he got prickly. He, yeah. He, he got, <laughs> the snipe is sharp again, mommy. <laughs> like, so you can't even use red lights for the snipe. This mm-hmm. snipe also. No, oh, they, yeah. they, they're scared of that too. <laughs> so you send children mm-hmm. into woods where there are wild animals. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no. It's, Without it, light. It's very responsible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All of it across the board. Good good old-fashioned scouting is what I had. That was probably the last, the last couple of years of, of getting away with that kind of shenanigans. Really build some, uh, some survival skills. Yeah, right, right, right. Because you weren't getting saved. Right. <laughs> you realize really quickly that no one has your back in this world. <laughs> I have to learn everything in this handbook because I'm it. <laughs> I did it. I managed to get some kids on the radio during Joda while putting on an actual pack event. Too bad there is a no alcohol policy. This would have been a great time to have a beer by the campfire. I don't Can even you know. really not bring booze? Yeah, to I don't a, even know. A, to a, a Cub Scout camp out? Is that really... Like, people don't even sneak it as contraband, like with a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Is that like? So as a scout, I don't know. Because mm-hmm. that was the last time I went to a scouting event like that. Mm-hmm. But I think that's true. I mean, I know it's in the rules. Okay, I, I, I get it. I get that it's in the rules. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. But it's kind of like. hear me out. How like on the beach, they tell you <laughs> you're not supposed to have alcohol. Right. But people still or at the city, uh, you know, concerts in the park. Concerts in the park, <laughs> no alcohol. Yeah, and you're and, and you're handing out beverages <laughs> to people to uh, people who actually work at the city, <laughs> like that or no? <laughs> you know.
know, I'm starting to get where Edison gets this from. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't. I get mad at him. I do. But it's like. I, Some rules are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not saying. saying that everybody should get tossed. But like. You know, just something by the campfire. That's literally one of the best parts of camping. <laughs> Getting warm and toasty on the outside and on the inside. <laughs> you know? Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, Todd continues. Once I get home, I check on the call sign and park number. A1AW is the AWL HQ Operators Club. Mm -hmm. Slash six appears to be the West Coast chapter. I'm not sure who Bill is, but he made some Cub Scouts over here in South Carolina very happy. What a fantastic contact. Coast to coast on a G90. Good job. Nice. Also, Park K0640 is Pinnacle's National Park, which happens to be in California. Of course. Two cross-country contacts on single sideband with 20 watts and a wire. Can't complain about that. Nope. I also love that my radio talked to California while my phone couldn't reach a local tower. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty amazing. Anyways, just had to share. Thanks for all you do. You might hear from me again after I teach a radio merit badge class this December. 73 Todd KO4 WTF. That. That's just its own call sign name. Yeah. That's yeah, a good call sign, Todd. That's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> that's that's really funny. You're like, uh, all right, children, listen up. We're teaching you <laughs> ham radio merit badge. <laughs> call signs are really important to this. <laughs> you're just going to say you're going to use my call sign. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to speak it proud. <laughs> WTF. I know your parents don't let you say that. <laughs> but I'm the I'm the control operator, so you have to use my call sign. That's awesome. So one of the things we are trying to figure out is obviously Josh streams on Saturdays. Yes. So for us to go to Cub Scout campouts, mm -hmm. there's one this coming weekend that we we can't do because there's a scary farm thing. But I think it would be cool for you to do a stream from a Cub Scout camp out. Very difficult. I'm sure. Because of the kids. Yeah, but also probably reception issues. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. And we won't get Starlink. No. No, we will not. <laughs> there's ways. There's, there's um, quote-unquote off-grid cell phone type setups that have much better bandwidth. Or, you know, they've got better antennas and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So I, I may look into something like that. All right. Well, thank you so much, Todd, and well done getting some scouts on the air. The next email is titled Catalina Island, and this comes from Douglas. The last time I was at Catalina Island was going on 30 years, possibly 1992 or 1993, at the Catalina Island Marine Institute south of Willows Cove on the east side of the island. Mm -hmm. I thought he was going to say the California, the Catalina wine mixer. <laughs> Lena wine mixer. <laughs> the best kept secret. While en route to the island, I had too much candy and ended up vomiting on the ferry. We saw at least one whale. 
We saw deer and other wildlife while on the island did some snorkeling as well. If I remember correctly, we saw an eel. I remember having fun despite some of the junior high stuff. I may, despite California's silly laws, visit Catalina Island for some amateur radio and to visit the two of you. I mean, yeah, we do have some really dumb laws. Yes. A lot implemented by some really dumb politicians. Yes. And we are in campaign season right now because there's, you know. So st stupidity is on tour right now. The amount of mailers we are getting. Like full sheet color. Yes. Like pr very professional glossy mailers is Very insane. expensive mailers. Insane. That are just slinging mud. Okay. We are deep in raced bait. Like, a, it, uh, no, it's red bait country because we have two candidates that are accusing each other of being commies. It is so crazy. For anybody who doesn't know, um, we fall within the same voting jurisdiction now as Little Saigon and Garden Grove. We go South L.A., our our city mm -hmm. in South L.A. has been absorbed into the congressional district that covers North Orange County. Oh, really? Okay. So we get all of the mailers uh -huh. that are the biggest voting demographic for us is uh, the Vietnamese in Little Saigon. And I would say the Koreans mm -hmm. that are in like North Orange County. So that's like Buena Park all the way to uh, Garden Grove. Okay. Okay. Fun fact about these two communities. Very conservative. Hates communism. Hates Because it. you basically have like people who suffered to get North Vietnam. Right. Like North, North Korea Vietnamese and North and Vietnam. North, exactly. Yeah. So they... All of their ads right now. I'm seeing it on Facebook. It's like I'm Asian McCarthyism with communists. It's like, crazy. Like you definitely a communist. If you even threaten communism, <laughs> yeah. it's like what was the one where where uh, you were like there was there was a video or something, and you're mm -hmm. like, what's wrong with this video? Oh, it was a picture. It was a picture, and it was um, it said something about how uh, one of the candidates um, was honoring the communists in vietnam right and the picture though was like a group of people that appeared to be on a stage but they were flying the south vietnamese flag which, which we is know is not anti-communist <laughs> if you're flying that flag you're definitely not pro-communist right right very much so yeah. yeah my one of my it always cracked me up when i saw this car in in garden grove mm -hmm. the guy who had like the corolla painted as the south vietnamese flag i don't know that i saw that it was yellow and had the red stripes over the top okay okay hilarious i yeah. think he i think you told me he worked at the newspaper oh that's that might be possible it must have been like over a decade ago you're talking about it was pretty old corolla yeah. <laughs> because a lot of the newspapers have actually shut down i mean print is dead it's true so but Freaking Hughes is still out there slinging, slinging his trash, throw, printing his blog and throwing it on your <laughs> So it's uh, it's really fascinating. One of the most recent ones, um, somebody I know is actually running for state assembly. Mm -hmm. It is a picture of her. <laughs> yes. And uh, 
somebody from the the most notable person, the, the Viking from hat guy the with the horns, insurrection, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, the Capitol Hill insurrection, and it says something about, "Do you like white supremacists?" <laughs> just like boom, just like no holds barred. Just she auto- is a Korean woman. <laughs> Uh, what? <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. I want to collect these from the. Normally, I just toss them out. I I normally just toss. Yeah, yeah if you mail think about out. like if you think about like crazy stuff, like parents would keep. Like they give you this, give you this newspaper from like <laughs> sixty years ago, and it says something completely acidine. That is completely acidine. That should be kept. That you can just hand it to someone to go. What even is this? Like who's just... this guy? Who's the grand poobah from the Elks Lodge with the American flag paint? Like what the hell's going on? I kept these flyers from the off cycle election. <laughs> And it's uh, what's particularly awkward is that every single person that has these insane flyers, I have already met each one of these people. I know. (laughs) And you know what? I failed to ask them about communism. (laughs) But did you ask about white supremacy? Yeah. Their thoughts on the the superiority of the white race. (laughs) Good Lord. Somebody was recently honored at a school board meeting. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, the person that I know that's running for state assembly, she's president of the school board right now. Yes. So she presents this longtime like local leader with an award uh-huh. for being, um, you know, a good public servant or whatever. <laughs> and Whatever that guy. <laughs> 40 years, whatever. And so that person comes to accept this award and then goes and tells the person who's running for office that presented her with the award, you can never take back the things that you said about slavery. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Yeah, because uh, I think that this, uh, the person who's running at one point had said, um, we just, you know, slavery happened like 150 years ago. We need to just move forward and forget about it or something, something to oh. that effect. Like, oh. or, or you can't keep using it as an excuse or something like that. It was just, people lost Is their Is this the Quintanera woman? Yes. Same yeah. woman? Yeah. She, she should not ever go off script. Yeah. So the same woman. That woman should only be on teleprompter with vetted speeches. Yeah. From now on. This same woman um, had, like, was at a speaking event about critical race theory. Oh my god! And uh, against critical race theory. Yes. Let me be. Let's be really clear. And she had a question from the audience about asking how the Latino population could become more competitive because in our area, Asians are super like competitive for and. Obviously, because we we stuff our kids in all kinds of activities and supplement and do all this. Failure is not a, an acceptable answer, right? And and like we parent around grades, mm-hmm. right? Like that's academic achievement is number one. We all this other stuff, whatever. So um, she goes, well, I would advise the Latino community to stop having quinceañeras and stop going on vacations. <laughs> 
which is so brutal. People got so angry. So brutal. And then it turns out that uh, one of the people that were speaking at the event alongside her, I think the person who was actually running the event um, or moderating it, was somebody who had recently been pictured with the Proud Boys. And she is also running for office in Huntington Beach now. That's insane. And supposedly she had said anti-Semitic things, which I've never been able to get a straight answer about. So I don't think it happened. Mm -hmm. But everything else is like, it's like these things absolutely happen. That's there's, insane. There's proof. <laughs> so. Now, uh, I will give that as a bit of like Asian privilege. Because if a white person said that. What? All the things she said, if a white person said that, they'd be canceled. They'd be done. The fact that she's still out there is I don't crazy. I don't know. Um one of the things about Cerritos is that you would think that being a Southern California city, it would be pretty liberal, right? Like cuz most of the population um the statistics in Southern California is certain people over a certain income level tend to be liberal, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I want to say that three to four of the five of our city council members are actually conservatives if they're not registered conservatives. Uh, yeah. And that's very rare if, if, in a Southern California if city. If Bruce said any of the things that she said. No. He'd be no. done. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. Come yeah. on. No. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I just I, I don't no. I can't get behind this at all. I mean, I don't really particularly like Bruce for my own reasons, but he has served for so long and he has so much support. And at the end of the day, if like other people don't who are in leadership don't get upset, then nobody, nobody says no. anything. I can't see it. Yeah. Doug continues, I would have left reviews if I could figure out how to on Apple. I guess I'm too smart to figure it out. I'm sure you can do it, Douglas. Yeah, I don't if know. You can we may figure have out to... ham radio. You can figure out <laughs> Apple Podcast. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb. Yeah. <laughs> that hams have no excuse to not do things on an Apple platform. November 11th and 12th, I will be at the Agua Fria a national monument north of Phoenix for POTA and to try to contact y'all during the weekend. Oh, yes. So listen, guys. Yes. Spot, spot Douglas, November 11th and 12th. But also uh, spot us because we're going to be on a camp out with K6ARK. Just to remind everybody, we're going to go to Thomas Mountain. Uh, I believe, are we posting the link in the uh, show notes, Leah? Mm -hmm. Well, that's not good because that's, <laughs> that's kind of your job. Uh, so we'll post the link in the show notes. We'll be there the 11th, 12th, and 13th. I will have, one, the Buddy Hex, Hex Beam Antenna. Two, my Go Box. Three, an exp experimental is the wrong word. Final prototype of a very special chameleon antenna. Chameleon. Chameleon. And uh, a really cool gigaparts mast and rollover system for um for mount for like mass support hey do you know how chamois is spelled <laughs> chamois right it's like yeah. c-h-m-o-i-s-e or something like that chamois <laughs> i i I've like chevy <laughs> that was that is purely 
100% one of those like how to tell if someone's a book reader. <laughs> What's that word? Oh, it's chamois. <laughs> no, it's chamois, dog. I, I dried my car with a chamois. It's a chamois. <laughs> And that email came from Douglas, K-I-7-L-I-K. Thank you for your you, email, Douglas. The next email is titled Antenna Moving Correspondent, and this is from Give It The Beans, Drew. Hello, Leah and Josh. Having some more time around the QTH while I'm waiting for yet another round of doctors, MRIs, and opinions on my right wrist, just going on over 11 months with no real answer. Oh, Trump, oh. so sorry. Gave me time to ponder how my NFED half-wave antenna setup might be improved. As I'd hinted at before, it was an inverted V with the peak of the V in a tree with a max height above ground of about 25 feet, run west to east feed point on the west end before being connected to a rope tied off to another tree. Mm-hmm. The transformer box was hung from lattice work from my front porch, and I had two 52-foot counterpoise wires run. Mm-hmm. Okay. Briefly, I turned off the tuner on my radio and set it to AM 5 watts and selected a frequency on each band to key it onto to check SWRs. I made a note of all of these numbers. Also, just for giggles, I tuned into the Denver clock on 2.5 megahertz, 5 megahertz, 10 megahertz, 15 megahertz, and 20 megahertz, and made a note of the noise level and a general readability or signal report. I then moved the wire so that the peak of the V was on a pulley I'd put on a standoff near the top of my 40-foot push-up mast that my 11-meter ground plane is on Mm -hmm. and tied off to a different tree making the antenna run more southwest to northwest. So also, obviously, the peak of the V is at about 39 feet. After repeating the above test and noting some improvements, while other numbers remain very similar, I then moved the transformer box to a pulley on the 20-foot push-up mast that my X200 is mounted on and again repeated the test. This time, mostly all of the numbers were worse, so I dropped the transformer box down to about four feet off the ground and tried again. Much better. In fact, this was the best set of numbers yet. Okay. Unfortunately, in the process of moving things around, one of my counterpoise wires broke. Oh, no. Fortunately, I had a bunch of 18-gauge wire because I had been planning to redo the counterpoises at some point anyway. Okay. Well, that's good news. Yeah. That's that's, that's one a of planner those, right there. Like, uh, being prepared. What is it? Like uh, 90% of luck is actually preparation. Yes. Yeah. This just forced my hand. Now with six 52-foot wires out and two 32-foot wires, I mean, I had two oh. leftover lengths of sure, wire. Sure, sure. Why not? I w- was I not supposed to use well, them? Come on. Who wouldn't? <laughs> Callum said it's about the total length of wire on the ground after all. And Josh says just put a crap load of them out. <laughs> not how long or short each wire is. And right. who am I to argue with the With the, the Lord Callum. You cannot. <laughs> Surprise. My SWRs dropped even a little more. Suffice to say, I'm happy with my antenna moving experiment. To give just one antenna of things I consider a success, being from Virginia originally, I tend to try every POTA I see spotted from Virginia, but have never been able to hear one until after the move. Wow. My first day hunting POTA after the antenna move, I got a Virginia park. 
Well, what? congratulations. So this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. What you is get it? out there and you experiment and you try things mm -hmm. and you'll be shocked. Wire antennas, they love experimenting. They love it. It's their favorite thing. It's, how, it's how they know you love them. <laughs> Sometimes you wear some costumes. <laughs> The roles you play in this scenario are oh, you saying that what? wires are furries no you are the furry <laughs> oh, oh uh so you you gotta move things around try things out get, get just try it you likely will find so two things will happen either one you'll find a better answer and you'll have a better setup or you'll learn that your setup you had was very good Mm. And and that gives you confidence in what you already have because now you know you can't really do much better. But you got to try because if you don't, that little voice in the back of your head will always just nag, 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 nag you. And it, trust me, just do do what was done here. I love this. This is great. Well, Drew signs off. I've rattled on long enough. I hope I've inspired someone else to maybe take a look at what they're doing antenna-wise and ask how they might improve it. I think you did. I also hope you both know that myself and many others very much appreciate the podcast, the YouTube channel, and the community you both nurture. Thanks, 73 Drew, K-O-4-T-W-Q. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate that. Well, thank you so much, Drew. Mm -hmm. And thank you for walking us through your antenna moving. I'm glad uh, it had a happy ending. <laughs> <laughs> the next email is titled, The Curious New Ham. Mm-hmm. Hi, Leia and Josh. I hope all is well. As the title suggests, I'm brand spanking new to the hobby. I'm not at all mechanically inclined, so I'm very curious and like to know why. Why is it necessary to solder the center connector or tip when making a new coax connection? Does the solder improve the performance and or longevity of the connection? Not necessarily. And there's actually, and I'm I'm the wrong person to answer this, to be honest with you. There's two ways you can do a, a connection on coax. You can do a crimp connection, which requires no solder, or you can do a solder connection, which obviously requires solder. Some folks just like doing the solder method, and some folks just like doing the crimp method. I've done both. I kind of lean towards the solder method. Solder, particularly if it's like a stranded center connector, feels like you're giving all of the stranded wires a hug in in solder which mm. brings them all electrically connected together okay versus if you're doing a crimp job uh, with the crimping you yeah they're all electrically connected because they're touching each other but that good positive connection of the of the center connector for the coax right for the connector you want that like the best possible way right that you can do and soldering is the best no no no. In fact, I believe there's people who've done studies in comparing the two and mm -hmm. figuring out which one is the absolute textbook best example. I think the long and the short of it is it's really your personal preference that matters. Okay. If you, and this goes back to antennas and everything else, if you weren't already going to make your own special cut perfect length coax because you didn't like solder connections, because you thought they were the better ones, and so you were going to avoid crimping, if, if that's what's keeping you from making custom runs of coax, go with crimping. It doesn't matter. It's all it's all semi-relative. It, 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 it's not something that you can really figure out which one is the, the better way to go. So Can you crimp and solder? Uh, I believe you can, but now you're just 
Now you're putting a hat on a hat. <laughs> I, I don't think it matters. It, it really doesn't matter that much. Just do what you like and you're fine. Well, Robert has a second question. Okay. Can you suggest a coax f to use for POTA? No more than 50 feet from a Wolf River Coil or Buddy Stick Pro to an ICOM 7300 or Yesu FT891. Um, okay, so those are all HF. So you're fine with RG8X. You, you can go with RG8X. Okay. Yeah. Well, Robert signs off. Thank you for your time and assistance. All the best. KA7. WDW, mm. that's so Cat Walt Disney World. Let, let me, let me <laughs> I, I realize I made that just very easy. That was way too easy for a ham radio answer. Anything that is commensurate in diameter and flex to an RG8X by ARG or Messi and Poloni or insert other company here, anything that qualifies as similar to or equal to RG8X, particularly for flex and diameter, will be fine. A lot of those companies provide better options that are less loss. And so those would be the ones I would look at, but you're likely paying more for that. 50 feet is, is not too lossy, uh, particularly at the HF frequencies. But if you go with a lower loss one that's still flexy, um, that's fine too. For POTA, I think that's fine. All right. Well, Robert, welcome to the hobby. I hope Josh answered you. your questions. Thank you very much for emailing us. The next email is titled Neurodivergency and Mike Shyness, and this is from Blake. Mm -hmm. Hey, ham fam. Last week, Leia, you mentioned popcorn math. This is something my mom did when I was a kid, and I think it was critical in my math development. I am diagnosed dyslexic and potentially a few other things as definitions for certain conditions have broadened. Mm -hmm. She was a teacher and realized I needed a bit more help outside of the class to achieve my potential. When you are quote-unquote bright... And learning disabled as a kid, a lot of schools, when I grew up in the early 2000s, tended to ignore your condition as you do well enough. Many teachers just see you as smart but lazy. I was lucky to have parents that recognized it and helped me get to where I needed. This is so wonderful, Blake. And even like without neurodivergency, it, parents need to help their kids outside the classroom. Yes. I we, mean, we can't expect the teacher to do everything. Nor can we expect our kids to come home and do their homework. What? Nor do we expect our kids to just come home and do their homework, like remember every time and not need any help and be accurate right. in doing it every time. Because how many times do you read something and then you have to go back and reference it? Or how many times do you watch a video and you have to go back and watch it more than once? Right? If it's like a sh bad B movie. I only need to watch it once. I remember. No, I mean like an instructional video. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on now. And what's really bizarre to me now is that the kids come home with workbooks mm -hmm. uh, for them to do their homework. They don't come home with the textbooks anymore. And it's like, well, you have all the questions here. They have given you no reference right. material. I know. It's to use. nuts. <laughs> so we had textbooks and then blank sheets of paper exactly and we wrote the things on the paper and the paper was turned in the textbook was the the whole thing the whole jam mm -hmm. the the how-to was in the front of it right and then all the problems mm -hmm. on the back half of exactly. the chapter like where is all of that why why are we doing this yeah especially with common core which i i genuinely love common core they moved over to an even newer math curriculum I, for the schools this year i i kind of um i will have to say that i got bit by some of the propaganda against common core 
mm-hmm. right? And like everybody views it as kind of a bad thing and oh, why are you changing math? But the more you kind of understand what they're trying to do, and particularly for young developing minds, it allows them to play with numbers. Yes. It allows them to take and this the grouping concepts and mm-hmm. how you look at like getting to tens and how you look at like grouping numbers up to either subtract, even into multiply and divide and, and right. add and all that stuff. We did math by like rote memorization. So yeah, much of and it. there was really like one way, one method to get to right. the answer that they taught. Right. But in reality, math is highly easily manipulated to get to the right answer and it depends on how your mind uses those numbers but but here's here's the thing right if you if you let the kids explore with playing with numbers mm-hmm. now and they understand that numbers are something that are they're variables really yes you can adjust them then that transition into algebra and later math becomes so much easier Mm -hmm. because i had a very hard time with um algebra to agree to a degree but but later math variables had me in tears like as as somebody who was stellar at math for like my entire academic career when they introduced variables i had a mental breakdown but but here where i'm going with this the problem i had and and you may have shared this is that when you get to that level of algebra or whatever they explain a way exactly and it's concrete and locked in and Mm -hmm. you cannot do anything else and if you want to give me the like pemdas argument and all that stuff that's fine i can take that order of operations i think that's fine but if you can play with math, then you can start to see why this concrete way mm-hmm. is actually actually the most viable way. Mm-hmm. But if you don't do that and you come from rote memorization land, yeah. then you're just forced into another rem- rote memorization land mm-hmm. in a place where there's so many misunderstandings. Like yeah. when you get to matrices and stuff yes. like that, it's like, why? Like, why are we doing it this way? Mm-hmm. And no one's explaining why yep and the common core is actually explaining why Mm -hmm. it's giving you a foundation of like you can play with these things and they can go together in different groupings yeah and you can take them as different chunks or you you don't have to take them as as different chunks you can go take them as ones or tens or Mm -hmm. whatever like and and oddly enough the common core thing is almost to me kind of a carryover of what the kids were doing in like montessori it is. And and that's and by, very effective. By second grade, you can already see the foundations of algebra being laid down. Yes, yes, exactly. They're you know? already doing it. And it, it's it's amazing to me. They understand the concept of variables technically because it, it they are they're already doing it by leaving a blank. Yes. They're like, how do you get there? That's yeah. the ver the, the, the blank is the variable. Right. That's right. it. Uh so Ben third grade, uh They've started introducing not blanks anymore. They're question marks. Right. Well, oh, which, wow. will, which will eventually be X's and, and Y's. Y's yeah. and, right. Uh, but I always felt that like it because we learned multiplication by just you went straight into the multiplication tables. Uh, yes. That's how I learned. And so. Drives me nuts. You just, you just memorized it. Right. And that's it. Right. right. And they don't even introduce the multiplication. You are not allowed to memorize your multiplication table, really. I had to do that on my own where like I was a kid. I'm like, oh, I have a six. Mm-hmm. We're going to do six, 
times six, but I already know six times five. Mm -hmm. So if I just add another six, isn't that six times six? Right. Like they never said that though, like explicitly. They never drilled it into right. people. It, mm -hmm. it just freaking crazy. Like I uh, anyway, I know there's a lot of people who are like Common Core is the devil. I it's really not. It's really not. It has forced parents to look at the math in a different way. And if you weren't strong in math, oh yeah, it's not. Then yeah. you're not having a good time helping your kid with their homework. <laughs> because a lot of it does seem odd. Yeah. Like, oh, you got to group by tens, and then everything's like left over, and then you got to use that to do blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever. And and yeah. so that is a completely different way of looking at math. But it's but that's actually how it's kind of holistic. I don't it's, know. Maybe that's how I do way. math in my mind, though. I do, too. We learned it. We all do it. Shortcut. Yes. It's like the shorthand of writing yeah. for math. Yeah. That we all do. But we never but then, taught. But then we want to force our children to yeah. like, no, no, you have to memorize yeah, your they've, sixes. They've kind of embraced. It's, it's, yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah, let's, how, let's, yeah. Let's play with numbers. Let's group them all by tens. And then what's left over? Let's use those little pieces left over for something. Yeah. I think the so, difficult great. thing is that because they show all of these different paths to get to an answer now, um, that when a child is exposed to like a, a specific question, they had already learned one way to do it, mm -hmm. right? And now they're learning another way. And they're like, I already know how to do this. And it's like, no, dude, you don't understand. You're learning all the ways. <laughs> Just stick with it. Show yeah. your work. Like... <laughs> This is like this has been respect already, the process. I already I already know how to answer this. Respect and I'm like, you know how to answer it one way. We right. are going to answer it different ways. Right. Okay. So anyways, that's a So there was our common court yeah. rant. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks all for listening. But I think it's actually much more inclusive now, also. I don't know when inclusivity fits in. How does that work? What are you talking about? Because it allows people who are neurodivergent to do math the way like the way that they would have done it is embraced as well sure right because you're not being forced to take just one path to an answer yeah okay i mean the, you are when they're teaching you one specific path mm -hmm. but, they're, but you don't you're eventually have reason. to you don't eventually have to stick with it they just need to right it. it's not the concrete foundation of your entire house of cards right exactly. it is it is just one way to get there exactly yeah so blake continues now uh, as i teach lab sections and tutor engineering students so many students um don't come in with high school math literacy and they believe they're just, quote unquote, bad at math, as if you're born doing calculus. Right. It yes. really is no different than leading, uh, reading literacy. I firmly believe that the, pap uh, the popcorn math made me literate in math no different from the books I was strongly encouraged to read. I was thrilled to hear a parent helping prep their kid like that. It's anecdotal evidence, but I truly believe it made a big difference learning disability or not. Uh, this is a really good point, and one of the things that they're not good at teaching in schools is mental math, where like right. you you figure it out in your head in the pathways that you have learned and understand it, versus like always having to write it down. So we had this game, and it might have been third grade when mm -hmm. we had it, the multiplication game, mm -hmm. where the teacher will throw out a multiplication question. Okay. And one student will stand up, mm -hmm. and they'll stand behind a student. Mm-hmm. And they'll throw a question out. And the first one that answers it moves to the next student. Okay. And if that means the one that was standing has to sit and the new one gets up and move. Mm -hmm. So 
the teacher would throw the question out, mm-hmm. right? And it would be, you know, the sixes. It'll just be sixes. Okay. I, I, I keep sticking to sixes, but sixes. And we'd have kids that would just go the whole room. They could go the whole room, mm-hmm. right? And I got up, you know, as everybody gets a chance to go up. Sure. And I get up, and the teacher says the question, and I go, three, and they go, three times six. And I go, three times six. And the teacher would say, don't repeat the question. Never oh, repeat the question. Really? Never repeat the question. But what if you didn't hear the teacher correctly? No, you did. Everybody, okay. Everybody's silent. We're all waiting with bated breath to hear her question because it's a time-based thing. Okay. Right? Nobody's talking. Everybody's like a pin drop. Mm-hmm. The moment she said, don't repeat the question, changed the whole thing. I started running the whole I, – I would – run the whole class really with the multiplication why was that because i'm only doing it i'm only internalizing it her voice to my brain it starts interesting this is the whole concept of why i don't do us and ums okay it's because i'm not i'm not trying to get space immediately go just immediately start going okay right and and that's when the kids when, when i'll say like i'll give them the the, the popcorn math type of things or you know, the very few times I've done mm-hmm. this. And they'll hit me with the repeating me. And I say, don't repeat me. Just think. Mm-hmm. Just immediately start thinking. Just put it right in your brain and start going. Mm-hmm. And once I got that going, I was like, oh, this is this is easy. Fantastic. So anyway, there you go. But this was all straight. This rote. is our parenting this is, corner. This is all straight rote memorization. Yeah. <laughs> After last week's discussion of Mike Shyness on the pod and the discussion of it on the after chat, I was inspired to step away from digital and try a voice cue. So Sunday night, I put an antenna back up. The MFJ octopus was still in my kitchen from the hurricane, from Hurricane Ian, if you remember. We do. And I tuned around the band. There was a lot of rag chews going on on 40 meters. I finally found a guy calling CQ. I took the opportunity to listen for a bit. I know what I'm supposed to say, but I wanted to listen a bit and tune my audio. Prepared for the conversation, looking at the S meter, then looked up at the frequency, and to my disappointment, it was in the extra portion of the band. I went chasing waterfalls. I gave myself a deadline to make a voice contact in, of um, a voice contact. Uh, and I needed to make into the podcast. So it forced me to fire up my radio. I took everyone's advice of going uh, through a contact that is very structured. I went and started hunting podas. Yeah. The exchange is short and it's pretty well structured. Mm-hmm. I got into a pileup and broke in on my first call. There's not some giant revelation at the end here. It is as simple as everyone says. Just want to check in. Oh, I just want to say check in and maybe put some positive pressure um, on the other Mike Shy hams. Yeah, there's no secret sauce. There's no like, I'll show you the 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 hidden secret to get over Mike fright. It it doesn't exist. Structured structured cues are where it's at to get your training wheels kind of mm-hmm. going, mm-hmm. and then you just stop thinking about it. All right. Anyway, seventy three Blake. K4IWF. Thank you so much, Blake. Hope that you inspired some people to get over their mic shyness. Well done. Yeah. 
The next email is titled Late Night Poda Hunting, and this is from David. Hello, Hamaholics. Well, I'm hunting po- some poda tonight, fiddling with the Nano VNA and doing some soldering and battery box projects. I've learned so much through your videos and podcasts and continue to expand my understanding. Notice the time and I was like, hey, I might have time to get into the email mix. Hey. We've got faith you can get your general, Leia. Oh, thank you so much. We all have faith. <laughs> David signs off enjoying some adult beverages myself and ham radio. 73s from Iowa, KC0NRD, David. What's the uh, what's that TikTok thing? I'm getting drunk tonight. It's, <laughs> I'm chasing Poda tonight. <laughs> Well, uh, I hope you got your POTA contacts you were looking for, and uh, let us know what battery box project you're working on. The next email is titled Antennas in the Attic, uh, which is kind of funny because this is from Norman, and his icon is a flower, which reminds me of flowers, flowers in, in the, the attic, attic. I was... which was a time. That was a real... That, is a... that was a time in... I think I, that's how did young adults get why a lit? Yeah, that's why did uh, young adults get that book to read? I am uncomfy. That yeah. is, that was early House of <laughs> not House of Dragon, uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> right? Why? Because that was Game of Thrones. I think is one of the first times some people are exposed to a long range story about incest. <laughs> Okay. All right. That that might also be why we were more accepting of what was happening. We weren't so thrown off by the incest that has gone all the way to House of Dragons. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Good evening. As always, big fan of the podcast. In the last podcast, Josh was speaking out against putting an, an antenna in the attic. Wow. So many attics. However, I think there is one good reason. I said, reason. if you can help it, if you can That's help it. That's what he said. I know. I just, I'm just i reiterating the point, yes. However, I think there is one good reason to have an antenna in the attic. I have several antennas outside, but there are two antennas that I purposefully put in the attic. One is a Comet GP3 UHF VHF. Okay. We have a good deal of thunderstorms in the Houston, Texas area, and having this antenna allows me to monitor and transmit on my local repeaters during these storms. Several times during the year, I will be listening to a local net on two meters, and a storm will roll through. A number of folks on the net will have to drop off as the storm approaches. I am able to switch to my attic antenna and stay on the net. I even have taken over net control during a storm using the attic antenna when regular net control had to go off air. They have to go off so that that the thunder or the lightning doesn't strike their antennas to their radios, right? Uh, Yeah, but I would like to just say, do do you think that that wood roof that you have is (laughs) stopping the lightning from finding a path through your antenna possibly no the the lightning can't see it right yeah it's (laughs) it's, that it lightning don't work like that the lightning can't see it right okay yeah 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 it's camouflage right right it's like invisible to lightning yeah exactly for the same by the reason, way I, I i'm only i'm not trying to poke fun but i don't want people to think that a root uh, an attic antenna is like 
protection from lightning. Is it actually worse? No, I'm, I'm not saying that either. I'm making no <laughs> statements here. And I would like to point out that no one should make a statement without actual evidence <laughs> to back it up, right? I don't think that just because you have an attic, like a, uh, an antenna in an attic, mm -hmm. that it is lightning proof or even resistant. I have no evidence to support it's, that. You're saying that it's not safer than an, an antenna on the roof? It probably is, yeah. but that's probably because it's just lower. It's like lower. But also protected by the roof. No, the roof is doing nothing. <laughs> the, the, the lightning don't care about the roof. <sighs> Fine. For the same reason, my disco and scanner is in the attic. I especially like to monitor the public safety channels during storms. Having the disco in the attic allows me to do this without worry. If a lightning strike goes through my roof and hits the antenna in the attic, I'm going to have bigger things to worry about than buying a new radio. <laughs> okay, he knows that at least. All right. Okay. I, I mean, I you don't have a metal roof. Right. So we know that, yes, it's a functioning antenna. So it doesn't stop being a functioning antenna for also lightning. Mm. It'll listen to lightning real good. <laughs> I tried putting a 20 meter dipole in the attic for the same reason, but ended up removing it. I was picking up tons of noise from the AC unit in the attic and had issues with RFI in the house. Sure. There were a couple of remote control fans that would magically turn on when I transmitted. <laughs> also, the AV receiver in the living room would pick up every transmission yeah. I made over 20 watts and blast out the speakers clear as day. The dipole is now 20 feet outside of the house, and that solved both noise and RF issues. Yeah. 20 meters didn't perform well in the rain and lightning with all the static crashes anyway. I do agree that stat uh, that attic antennas are compromised. I have the same GP3 dual antenna on the eve of the house, and it gets out 10 to 15 miles further than on the same one in the attic. Yeah. And the small gaggy on an old TV rotator on the other side of the house blows both of those out of the water. Right. End of report. 73 Norm KC9CSC. Okay. Good Thank email. you, Norm. That's, good email, I, Norm. I think you hit all of the points you did. that Josh you did. loves. Yeah. Yep. Well done. The next email is titled New Toy Arrived. And this is from John. Hello, Hamily. Today, when I came home from work, there was a box in the foyer from Ham Radio Outlet. It was the G90 that I ordered on Sunday morning. Wow, that was quick shipping. I have been wanting one for a while now. I usually carry my IC7300 out for POTAs, but it is a bit too heavy and limits my travels. Mm -hmm. I have a vacation coming up and I think it will be perfect. Now I need you to spend more of my money. Let me send your money. <laughs> I need a small LifePo battery, something I can take on a plane. I can I cannot take a 20 amp hour. I think you're familiar with the G90. Mm -hmm. What's the smallest you would recommend? I cannot imagine I would have more than an hour or so to operate at any time. Family time comes first. The other thing I would need is a compact charger. The one I have for my 20 amp hour battery is much larger than I would like to carry in my luggage. For antenna, I will likely get or build an NFET Halfwave, my favorite antenna at the moment. Well, the charger I might not be able to help you out with, but I mean, go, go to the BioNO website and, and likely for only one hour, you could probably get away with like a even a three hour. 
uh, but let, let's give you a bit of space. So six hour slash nine amp hour is probably going to be the limit. Six is probably fine though. They, they don't really have small chargers though. They're kind of like laptop chargers. What do you mean? They're like laptop chargers, you know, they're like brick. Those are pretty small. Well, I mean, he already has that. I'm guessing that what he has is already that. So if he's looking for smaller than that, then I, I don't know that I can help him. With that said, you could build yourself a light 25-watt solar panel with a charge controller, and you could use that to charge the battery up. So mm. you charge it up before you leave home, so you keep the charger at home, and then you got the solar charger that you connect to the charge controller. You can connect that to the radio, and you have the panel charging the battery, so you have you know, all day you will be able to run no problem with the G90. And then it'll keep it topped up and you're good to go for the remainder of the trip. Cool. Well, John, can and that, that is bulk wise, that's going to be bigger than just the charger that you left at home. Mm. But you get multi day capability that you could run in the field all day if you decided to. So there are options, you got options. All right. Well, John continues, I will learn my way around using the new radio this weekend. My club, the Philmont Radio Mobile Radio Club, is holding an OKT POTA Fest weekend at Fort Washington State Park, K1352, outside of Philadelphia. The plan is to do all things radio. Club members are going to be doing POTA, but also demonstrating and teaching digital modes, WinLink, packet radio, satellite, and anything else someone wants to share with the club. I plan to set up on 10 meters so the technicians in the club can enjoy some DX contacts. Right. We'll spot ourselves in the usual places. Hopefully we can make some good contacts this weekend. So everybody go out there and uh, spot John and his club. Indeed. And that's 73s from John WB3JAC. Very good. Congratulations on the new radio. Mm -hmm. And now it's time. It's the final email. Okay. Who could it be? This final email is titled Glitches, Police HTs, and Connections. And this is from Volunteer Podcast co-producer <laughs> Nathan. All right. He got it. To the pro-Apple conspirators, greetings. The pro-Apple conspirators. Leia's not a pro-Apple conspirator. I, I am. am just lukewarm on I, it. I think Leia has like been forced to adopt Apple from my point of view. The ecosystem like, is just too far reaching. No, but like literally you're rocking my hand me down uh iPad Pro. It's true. To do the emails. You did by the you did get the phone on your own accord. But I don't think you'll ever do an Apple laptop. I don't think you could probably do that. No, I wouldn't. I also have a Apple Watch though. You do. That's and then true. the Apple pen. But that goes with the iPad. Yeah. That's a that's just I'm I'm reluctantly an Apple user. <laughs> Yeah, I would yeah. say so. I don't know that you're, yeah, yeah. I did really enjoy Android when I had it. Mm -hmm. The phones just actually don't have the longevity that Apple phones do, I think. Apple phones will continue to work very smoothly. Every time I had an Android phone that was nearing its end of life, which is really a two-year span mm -hmm. in cell phone speak, <laughs> um, the phone would start crashing and it wouldn't hold charges. 
Uh, right, right. And that might be a Samsung issue. I don't know. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Greetings. I would like to first mention appreciation for all of you, everything you both do. Well, thank you, Nathan. Appreciate it. To say that you both are the best is an understatement. Aw, thank you. Truly exceptional. Whether you want to skip forward to your favorite part of the episode or skip forward to your favorite part of the episode. What? <laughs> You two are truly podcast purists. The true podcast listener will experience the podcast straight through, no skipping, no pausing. If you do, back to the beginning you go. I really don't understand oh, yeah, how the- it impacted <laughs> multiple podcast apps. I don't know either. What did they do? What did they do to the to the actual file? Well, we're going to find out tomorrow or when you want to listen to this. I think the podcast is too short. Listen to Spotify on certain devices. Change the pitch. Slow it down. <laughs> That's... Thanks so much for all you do. Don't you just love technology? Yeah, I feel very bad for... Why? <laughs> so that's one thing I don't feel bad about. Sounding like Jabba's? I don't feel bad about that. I mean, we did our best. I put out a product. Yeah. The people that we pay to handle the product failed us. That's true. I blame them completely. Mm-hmm. All of your torches and pitchforks, anger, aggression should go towards them directly. And it sounds like a lot of you did. So good job. I, I literally exactly was who, taking yeah. your comments and forwarding it to Podbean to have yeah. them fix this. So we're all going to see when the, when this goes live. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Next, something radio related from a TV show. Leia, have you watched the latest episode of The Rookie? Without spoilers, one character is trying to get another character to answer on their police HT. They are not getting a response. They kind of hear a voice delay repeated back to them from a far off area. They have all other people present turn off their radios. They call on the radio and with a slight delay, they hear themselves. Now they find the radio, but no person. Do you think this was just a convenient plot point to best find a hidden object? Or was it actually an error on their part, thinking the radio is far away, so radio signals must take time to travel there? Or do the police (laughs) use some kind of digital radios that delay a few seconds while sending as chunks of data? These were HT to HT contacts. Thanks for any thoughts. I have not watched the latest episode of The Rookie. I was hoping for a hot take on this from you. With all your radio experience, you'd be able to like figure this all out. So I can't speak to you on either side. I might have to watch this episode now. I like The Rookie. I know you do. I think you give Nathan Fillion a lot of credit. I don't even know why. Like what? You know, I think it's just I like his um, swagger. He's he's a little bumbly like okay and but he's got like a real good heart deep down like good guy kind of thing going on do you feel that nathan fillion is kind of like the brandon frazier at home Mm. like think of brandon frazier from the mummy okay just peak brandon frazier no, I don't think of Brendan Fraser as like uh, as witty as Nathan Fillion is. Did you watch the Mummy? I did. It's witty as hell. Uh, Brendan Fraser, national treasure, was on an episode of The Nightcap though, and that was very funny. 
That's, Nick uh, Cage is going to steal <laughs> Brandon Fraser from a museum. He's a That's national a treasure. A national treasure. <laughs> Brandon, I mean, he, Brandon Fraser is in real life a very good a, guy. Literally a national yes, treasure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think he's, like, on par with Keanu Reeves just yet, but he oh, has I don't experienced, know. like, a deep tragedy. Yeah, he, he has actually experienced great tragedy. Keanu Reeves has coasted through his entire life on wow. looking amazing. Like, Keanu Reeves actually, is a incredibly attractive male. I actually do not find him attractive. I, I find him attractive. <laughs> I don't know how. It's, I think it's because you have a thing for Asians. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. That, that I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see, I don't, I don't see how you don't see it. I think I can, like, objectively, I can see why people think he's attractive. Okay. I do not see him and feel an attraction. Okay. But then I do see a lot of gay men <laughs> that I'm like, that is, he is very attractive. <laughs> I don't know what that is. That's I don't know what strange. that says about me either. <laughs> <laughs> After that whole Keanu comment, I guess. <laughs> I did. I told you that the reason that I was like comfortable talking to you is that you were wearing a non-threatening Mister Ver- Rogers. So I didn't take the non-threatening to mean oh he gay. I don't. I don't. You. I didn't think you were gay. Oh okay. Okay. But that might also be the thing that I like about gay men that they are <laughs> non-threatening. Like okay. This you know it's not happening. It's <laughs> so, not happening. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, good. Great, I'm, I guess. I will not be in danger in this scenario. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay, okay. So, continuing on, Uh huh. Nathan Fillion, I think, is also a national treasure. Just a delight. Uh, I don't know. I don't to, um, to sci-fi fans, and now people who like very old rookies. <laughs> entering into I like, a career I, of course i like firefly and when i say firefly i mean also serenity but like what else was he really good in he's just nathan fillion he was in um in that so felicia many... day thing uh dr sing-along. horrible sing-along yeah that's not felicia day that's <coughs> excuse me that's doogie what I'm talking about doogie Doogie Hauser. Oh, Doctor something or other? Yeah. Um, so I looked it up. Uh, he doesn't have that great of a filmography. No, no. I've seen him in a lot of things. But oh. His, my three favorite roles for him were actually Firefly, I take it back. Castle, and The Rookie. And, and tis the season for this. He was in one of, like, possibly one of the best Halloween movies, Slither. Oh, was he? Do you remember Slither? No. It was so good. So horror good. movies are in and out for me. No, this is, from... this is one you liked. It's it's because it's kind of semi comedy. It's kind of like gory, but also like a mm. comedy. And he plays himself, mm. or or who you think he is, yes. you know, in actor form. Mm-hmm. Uh, Slither is really good, really really good. So that I will give him is probably his best thing after uh, Firefly. All right. So okay, I, I've come back around a bit. All right, so uh, I can't actually speak to what happened in the rookie 
maybe Leia did not watch this episode. Yeah. <laughs> the so, episode in question. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna guess that the writers don't understand radios. As <laughs> most writers don't. Yes. It is a convenient plot device. Yeah, it, yeah. it is physically a prop. Yes. To them. <laughs> That, that voices come out of. They can make it do whatever. They're like, you're telling me I can take a video of a box and then I can just ADR the voices over the top of it and put a, an, an audio filter that sounds like a radio? Amazing. Could you imagine if I just did that on my YouTube? Like, I just had a picture of a, me holding a radio and it's <laughs> like, hey, what's up, guys? It's me. It sounds really good. This is really good audio. And it's all, like, <laughs> done in the... The you complexities mean, of all those videos that I made. You don't do that? I don't do that. But now it's <laughs> just really opening some doors for me. It sounds all right, right? I mean, it's good. <laughs> Nathan continues, a few days ago, I got an email from Chris KN6MZX, K-Muzax. <laughs> K-Muzax. I was surprised by some connections we have with each other. After re-listening to some of his voicemails, a lot of things clicked in place and made a lot of sense. We have the possibility of trying at a mutually convenient time to perhaps make a contact on 10 meters since he is a technician. If that doesn't work, maybe a linked repeater system we can both hit. Last resort, echo link. So that means I have either met in person or have some connection with three of the four known Vermont podcast listeners and contributors. Very nice. I think you guys should have a meeting over pancakes. Once you get the fifth, you'll have all of them. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Vermont ham listeners. <laughs> Vermont ham. Mons. <laughs> I'm just going to leave the the musical stylings to more proficient oh, well, writers. Then <laughs> so Nathan, I don't know. There's a hint for what your next song is going to be. <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> How does it go? Something so true. <laughs> Something to follow you. You teach <laughs> me and I'll, I'll teach you. you. Pokemon. Vermont <laughs> That last line is very indicative of the tower, though. <laughs> you teach me and I teach you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lastly, the contests of note forecast. October 21st to 23rd, uh, VHF UHF phone pioneers, QSO party, CW phone digital. Apparently, you looking... must have a Davy Crockett hat to participate <laughs> in this. <laughs> You you must travel by covered wagon. <laughs> you must own an oxen. You must know someone or have suffered from dysentery. You must either be a banker from Boston. Uh, pioneering by the way doesn't yeah. imply the Oregon trail necessarily but yes <laughs> but we had to do it yeah of course it's too too low a fruit to not let go by apparently looking at the rules it is for contacts between telephone pioneers and also some non-pioneers they get ten... we're not answering what any of that means at this point I don't know what that means they get 10 extra points if they explain what a telephone pioneer is to a non-telephone pioneer. Want Nathan. to know what it is? Yes. Go ahead. Are you going to bury the lead? 
check the UHF VHF frequencies for these people to tell you. I have no idea. October 23rd, North American single sideband sprint contest phone and many more, but CW. And that's 73s from K1 MAZ Nathan. Everybody laughs the same in every language because laughter is a universal connection. Yakov Smirnoff. Because you know what happens when you say hello or good morning, you make a connection. And isn't that what being human is all about? Philip Rosenthal. I've had, is Philip Rosenthal the guy from Somebody Feed Phil? That's <laughs> Not a good show. He's, nobody has stepped up to fill the void that Anthony Bourdain has He's left. not it. No. He's not it. I still get sad about that. I would almost just rather watch Anthony Bourdain experience traveling than me go travel. <laughs> no one is cool as this man is. There's nobody that exists. I will live. This, it's, effort, it's, it's effort. Okay. So again, why is Keanu so cool to people? It's mm -hmm. effortless. I do. I actually do find Anthony Bourdain very attractive. Oh, I yeah, I, yeah. Effortless though, yeah. Very effortless. Mm -hmm. The way he approaches everything, it's like he was just kind of meant to be there. Yeah. Even when he rolls into an area where he is completely a fish out of water, absolutely. He's just who he is. Does it respectfully? Exactly. And it's just effortless. Mm -hmm. it, it. I. I get it. I get it. So, that's a real sad loss, and that <laughs> might not even be the same Philip Rosenthal. But here we hey, are. Here we are. <laughs> Now I, all you got is that weird foods guy. Yeah. <laughs> Who was like so disrespectful. I, yeah, no, no. I've had moments when I've thought about somebody, picked up the phone to call them, and they are already on the line already. I think that maybe there's some vibration, some connection. Clint Eastwood. Last, last, lastly. 254 days until the questions are altered. That's eight months, 11 days, or just 36 weeks and two days. A mother could not go full term in your time left. From your previous discussions, you seem busier during the holidays, which as a Walmart associate, I can tell you are upon us. Maybe get that audiobook from Audible and learn passively. Post holidays and Chinese New Year, you will have a mere 159 days or 22.75 weeks. Have fun. Mm. Well, the pressure is really on. It is. I, uh, you know, I think I'm probably just going to cram it eventually. Yeah. that's. I think you'll cram it eventually. That's just a question of like, what is the the last straw for you that, that starts the... Uh... The cramming. I think that's what we all are curious about. Mm. I I will mention uh, there is one contest I will be participating in. It's in the month to, month of August. I generally August August. Whoa! Wow! November. Sorry, November. <laughs> I don't even know. What You're I'm really looking ahead. <laughs> Way ahead. Get ready, guys. It's close. Uh, November. I don't know why I said August. Uh, the the AWRL sweepstakes. I generally like the sweepstakes, and it's mm. because it's so freaking hipster. What? Why is it hipster? So it's still a contest. Like you still go in there, you compete, try to make as many contacts as you can. Blah, okay. Blah, blah. The the exchange, the actual exchange of information, mm -hmm. is like one of the longest in contacts in contests. It is like an esoteric 
long exchange mm -hmm. to, to make the contact, mm -hmm. right? But, but here's the thing. If you can make a contact in every ARRL division, you get a clean sweep. That's what the sweepstakes is. Okay. And if you get a, a clean sweep, you can buy a coffee mug for that year. And you are short on coffee mugs? I've never, you, no, I am not short <laughs> on coffee mugs, but I want that coffee mug. I want a clean sweep so that I can, from, from Southern California to be able to get the entire, all the divisions is actually pretty hard. Mm. So I, I, I view that as a challenge. I don't know that I, I'll do it, but I would like to try. I'd like to continue to try to do it, so. Okay. Leia, would you like to take a test? Sure. As a reminder, a couple of ways to learn with Leia. We're obviously using hamstudy.org, which is a free testing application. All of the testing questions you're hearing is coming off the website. Leia is literally using her iPad. You can use your phone. You can use a computer. Really good stuff. We also recommend two other ways. If you are a book learner, there will be links in the show notes to get the Gordon West books, mm -hmm. particularly for technicians, they're brand new for the new question pool. Which HRCC has is a part of this year. I'm, I'm in there. I'm in there, everybody. So check that out as well. You can get that on Amazon. Link in the description. All of these links will help out the channel. So thank you for clicking on them. And if you are an audiobook person, you can consider joining Audible. And we really, I personally highly recommend the Fast Track series, which you can get for general and extra I know of for sure, but I think also technician. Uh, really, really good audiobooks that will help you go through the process of learning the material and also passing the test. All right. There you go. I am on question 22 of 35. Why is polarity of applied voltages important for polarized capacitors? A, the capacitor could overheat and explode. B, all of these choices are correct. C, Incorrect polarity can cause the capacitor to short circuit. D, reverse voltages can destroy the dielectric layer of the electrolytic capacitor. I selected B. All of these choices are correct, and I am correct. Because the answers are all subtly the same. Mm. The one answer it didn't give is, it just won't work. <laughs> and then you have to re-solder parts. Which of the following describes how a speech processor affects the transmitted single sideband phone signal? A, it increases peak power. C, it increases average power. C, it reduces intermodulation distortion. D, it reduces harmonic distortion. And I was wrong. The answer is B, it increases average power. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that a speech processor... It just normalizes in everything. Increases average power. There you go. But it does. Mm -hmm. What is meant when memory is characterized as non-volatile? Oh, <coughs> this is a computer question. A, the stored information cannot be changed once written. B, it is resistant to high temperatures. C, the stored information is maintained even if the power is removed. D, it is resistant to radiation damage uh i selected c the stored information correct. is maintained even if power is removed and that is correct that is right what is the one thing that can be done if evaluation shows that a neighbor might receive more than the allowable limit of rf exposure from the main lobe of a directional antenna give them hot dog a post a warning that is clearly visible to the neighbor <laughs> 
I'm sorry you're my neighbor. <laughs> B changed to a non-polarized antenna with higher gain. C take precautions <laughs> to ensure the antenna cannot be pointed in their direction. D use an antenna with the higher front to back ratios. I selected C take Correct. precautions to ensure that the antenna cannot be pointed. Give it the beans <laughs> is the wrong answer on this one. More gain. <laughs> More gain. Right into my neighbor's head. Uh, what unit is used to measure uh, reactants? A, ohm, B, farad, C, Siemens, B, ampere. And I selected A, ohm, and that is correct. Good. Doing good. I'm doing okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what combination of a mixer's local oscillator, LO, and RF input frequencies is found in the output. A, the ratio, B, the arithmetic product, C, the sum and difference, or D, the average? Uh, C, the sum and difference. I, I selected the wrong thing, but it is C, the sum and difference. I have no idea what a local oscillator That's on a for mixer. A super heterodyne radio so there is an rf oscillator mm -hmm. for the input frequency and a local oscillator and they get mixed together in the mixer mm -hmm. and the output of that is your your signal wow that is a thing at least i think was that the output was that transmit it was a sum and difference wasn't it what was the question again sorry what combination of a mixer's local oscillator and RF input frequencies is found in oh. the output? Okay, yeah, RF input. So implying that there's a, uh, that's the receive side. Which of the following direct fused power connections would be the best for a 100-watt HF mobile installation? A, to the battery using a resistor wire, B, to the alternator or generator using heavy gauge wire, C, to the battery using heavy gauge wire, D, to the alternator using resistor wire. And I selected C, to the battery using heavy gauge wire, and that is correct. Correct. Very good. Well, thank you. Is that five? I think you went beyond five. Look at me. So there you go. All right. Well, thank you again, Leia, for continuing to pursue your general amateur radio mm, license. Look at that. Look at it. I had a lot of sleep today because you, of you the have vertigo. slept a lot. So I feel like that's probably the reason for you, my you took, better than average <laughs> you, <laughs> performance. Today. You called Kaiser, and they're like, "Well, we'd like you to come into the urgent care." And you're like, "Well, what else can I do?" It's an option too. It's a hot <laughs> option too. And they're like, "How about a Benadryl?" They were, yeah, they were like an antihistamine, like Benadryl or Claritin or a Dramamine. <laughs> All or of Dramamine, but you specifically wanted the one with tea. Yeah. <laughs> a Dramamine. <laughs> and uh, then she told me to absolutely not drive myself anywhere. <laughs> Just have somebody drive. Oh, me. really? I had a lot of forklift work to do. <laughs> In the afternoon. I'm a certified for forklift operator. Forklift. We're going to lift some forts. Because we're uh, working on our pioneering. 
so he gave you the Benadryl and you like passed out for most of the day. You were like in and yeah, out. Yeah, I spiked yeah. a fever too though. You did, yeah. So I don't know what happened to you, but you got some stuff going on. You gotta sort that out, okay? Yeah, I was like still, but everything was still moving. Like I felt like I was on a boat, man. You were like drunk all day. <laughs> and I couldn't like walk straight because I was dizzy. Yeah, you were like literally holding up against the wall for balance i'm like did you just balance yourself with the wall <laughs> like i did like oh man this is bad she may have to go to urgent care you were very worried i was incredibly yeah all right so today's discussion point is ham radio every day carrie we've talked about this before but um so here, here's what happened today so i had to take ben well i had to take the kids to all their stuff today uh, but ben, was that fun for you? That's like my everyday. I, was that great for you? <laughs> so when I dropped Edison off at okay. the tennis, uh-huh. I went in my car and I fell asleep. Did you really? I so, set an alarm. Okay. But I was feeling tired, so I mm-hmm. I just fell asleep. I don't generally do that. I was like, man, I guess I'm also sleep deprived. But when I took Ben to cub scout meeting cub scout meeting today was tools like learning woodworking tools yeah and i was the saw guy i was explaining how to use saws for the mm-hmm. kids because a lot the, of people use them wrong uh they do and we had it we had like five different saws so i could explain the difference we had a hacksaw with a metal blade and they're like i want to use that one and i'm like shut up noob this is for metal <laughs> it's a good thing that you went because i would not have been oh able to no do yeah this was straight out of your wheelhouse darren like, must is... have been so grateful yeah that uh the assistant den leader didn't show and up he's today. like so he had all he had a couple of saws and i had a couple of saws and other tools and he's like so what do you want to like do he's like i think about like i'm gonna have everybody like teach something and i'm like i don't care what do you want me to do and he's like can you do saws I was like, yeah, sure. He's yeah. like, okay, yeah, please do saws. Saws. Saws like, all. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I brought a... my reciprocating saw. <laughs> Let me show you, kids. This is called the universal key. It'll get you <laughs> into anything. It's my favorite tool. Uh, anyway, before the, the meeting started, I had my go, my yeah, everyday carry bag. Go bag is the wrong term. Uh, everyday carry bag, which generally now has been including the Kenwood D74, a my jankopotamus laptop nice first aid kit a couple of snack bars and i i think i've got a camera gimbal in there like for my cell phone mm-hmm. just in case some sure. something really cool pops up and then yeah, i gotta record like a it. fight yeah hold on <laughs> let me get my gimbal set up i want to get some 360 panning shots of, of, <laughs> of the violent aggression that's unfolding but before the show the the show but before the meeting started bust out the jankopotamus Set up my THD 74 and, and I was at a different park for this meeting. Okay. Because I did a video talking about doing uh, packet radio on my D74 and were, was not successful. We were trying to do this at Don, Don K. Nab Park, right? Oh. Different park. Yeah. Made made connection. Downloaded all my emails uh, for WinLink right on the laptop did it in a couple of minutes before even anything got started. Had a couple of kids walk up and go, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's a radio. It's communicating to my laptop right mm-hmm. now. And they're like, wow. Got all my emails off of WinLink, closed up the radio, put it in my bag, closed the laptop down. the meeting was at CPE. It was. That's what I'm saying. Different park. I shot a video at Don Knob Park. Oh, okay. Right. 
so that's kind of now a bit of my like EDC, right? Okay. Everyday carry. So my question, and, and this is for everybody listening, and I know you can't answer me directly, but you could email us, lay at hamtactical.com, on what is your like everyday carry for amateur radio? And then like, what are your, what's your actual functionality you're trying to hit? Mm -hmm. Because everybody has kind of like a different benchmark for functionality. Mm -hmm. The way I look at it is like, you know, I can always take any radio and I can do simplex with it. Or I can use any of the repeaters that are programmed on the radio and be like, hey, I'm connected. We're good to go. But when I start splashing in other capabilities like this packet radio capability um, or doing APRS on my laptop with the same radio, like all of a sudden it's like, oh, hey, that's, you know, that's just that's gravy. That's extra points. That, that's the extra capability that goes above and beyond just the standard fare that is working repeaters, doing simplex and all that stuff. And so you're like, okay, cool. Everyday carry can just be the simplicity of doing voice. And so that means like, how do I keep this radio running as long as possible? Do I keep a battery on hand? Do I recharge the battery frequently? Or do I run the solar option where I have a, you know, eh, you don't need more than like 25 watt solar panel. And then you have some kind of charge controller and some simple battery to keep your HTs topped off if you want to go down that road. And then obviously, the, you know, the question always comes up in everyday carry. It's like, yeah, sure, you're going to have a backpack with you or you're going to carry something in your pockets or maybe you just have your, you know, your Baofeng that's clipped to your belt or whatever. That could be your everyday carry. But you also drive places, right? And your car becomes like a really good extension of yourself in many of these situations. of Drive places. Right, yeah. So what does that mean? Does that mean like you have a VHF, UHF radio in your car? A lot of people do that. Are they um, full duplex, full duplex capable? A Meaning, car is just like a big purse. If you get right down to it, yeah. <laughs> I like the crossbody cars myself. <laughs> so I can carry it with me, George Jetson style. I like it when you push the button and they fold up. <laughs> you can just carry it with you. Uh, but in your car, right, you could, you could put a myriad of radios and you can set them up to be semi-remoted. Uh, to where you can do repeating crossband repeating if you have it set up with your hts appropriately or it can be like your hf radio location so maybe you don't have to pack a bunch of wire and you know portable wire antenna in your bag and some qrp radio you can have a full up 100 watt radio in your car and so then that's like your quote unquote everyday carry because you really don't go anywhere without your car at least most people don't so I, I would encourage you to think about that as like an extension of yourself it's like okay hey my car is my everyday carry the things that go in it and I'm sure that you know you carry water in your car possibly food and first aid kits and uh, survival stuff possibly maybe even your go bag or 73 hour kit so your radios can just be an extension of that so really, this is more or less just to get the, the, the juices flowing on thoughts on what everyday carry means, right? So the VX6 has been kind of my go-to radio for going to work. Um, I've got all the repeaters down where I work loaded and also home, and it's in a super small radio. It does a lot of very simple functionality stuff. So I kind of set it up when I get to work. And by setup, I mean I have a telescopic antenna that I connect to it. And I just let it scan and I listen to repeaters. Sometimes I'll talk, but most of the time I just let it like do its thing. Uh, in my car, I have a Yaesu FTM400 and Yaesu FTA91 for HF with an ATOS120 antenna. That seems to do very well for me. So that's generally what I run. 
And I don't need much more than that. But when I'm not like to and from work, then, you know, now I can splash in my backpack. Whereas when I'm going to work, I've got, you know, a messenger bag with work stuff and work laptop and all that. Um, but just privately, right, that's when I've got the, you know. You have many bags. I have many, 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 many bags. Um, so, I, yeah, I guess that's my uh, my overall question to everybody is like, think, you know, think about what everyday carry looks like for radio because you're probably already doing it to some degree. Or if you are doing it and to date you've only been focusing on things like uh, just analog, uh, doing repeaters, doing simplex. So, yeah, that's great. There's no problem with that. But there might be more available to you with all this talk that we've been doing on APRS and WinLink. You might want to consider that as well as a fun little way to add extra features and capability to fun. what you're already doing. It's all fun because, you know, you get to explore new areas of ham radio and we always love that. So anyway, I think that's all I have really to say. I really just Excellent. wanted to have a little discussion there, get people thinking about something. So Leah, anything you want to mention? No. Okay. We're wrapping things up because we're going to bed. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us feedback means a lot to us. 73. 73.